then you can go back to bed? <laughs> sure. Okay. Patricia, my darling Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia. You could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Oh, Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling. Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. Everybody, it's Saturday night, May the 6th, 2017. Hope everybody have a good day. It did rain in Kentucky Derby Day, but it didn't stop the horses from running on the mud. But that's okay, because we have the best mother in the world here on Yesterday USA. <laughs> yes, we do. You're mama. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And, uh, it's true. Your mom is the best. She is the best. She is the mm-hmm. best. You know, she she looks after everything. She looks after everybody too. That's she true. can wear herself out. That's true. That is so true. She I is. know. Anyway, so I'm Walton Hughes, and over there, three, I'm not over, <laughs> over there, three thousand miles away. The the yes. the mouth of the South, the the somber yes. the somber of Florida. The, the writer of the state of Florida, the historian of the state of Florida, the New Jerseyite who lived in <laughs> upper New York, 
the one that just... the one that loves to be near near the military West Point to hear the the, the cannons go off every morning. Oh my goodness, yes. I see. The one that loves to plant plant her flowers and see them grow. Oh yes, one, I miss that. The one who loves to play with kitty cats. I miss that too. The one that the one that loves to play with mountain lions. Well, yes, I miss that too. <laughs> Those were my stupid days. <laughs> Here she is. Yes, well. Here she is, the adorable one. The first lady of the Saturday Night Show and the rest of the station seven nights a week. But she is mine. She's all mine, Casey. <laughs> Get out of here, everybody else. <laughs> here she is. Oh, the, you are funny. Here she is, the adorable one, the beautiful, the talented, the 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 one that that the one who is the big mystery of the whole planet. Because she only goes by her first name. And you ever write in for her picture. Good luck. Here she is, Patricia. Don't, don't count on <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here she is. Hi, Patricia. Hello, Walden. Hi. That was quite an introduction. I really am Patricia. <laughs> when we got to the end, I still was. How are you doing? I'm we're, we're Miss Survivable. I'm just a little jockey today. I just I slept most of the afternoon and slept a good hunk in the morning. And it was just one of those weeks that I, that you know, I just needed to get some sleep in. So we we got some sleep in, and I'm working on the Spurback Luncheon in November. So I'm working through Christmas shows, and you know. I still, I still have, I, I, I've been pulling out Christmas shows I've never heard before, so I... Ooh, really? Yeah, yeah, so I'm... I did not realize that Buick had two Christmas shows. I've never listened to the to the Buick Christmas shows, so it'll be no. something I'll be doing over the next couple of weeks, just to make sure I'm not missing any hidden gems to, before we move on and figure out what we're going to do in November. So that... So, Patricia? Yes, Walden? You know we got two guests coming up? Yes, we have um, Tom. Let me check my calendar and make sure I say the names correctly. Tom Dresden. Yes. And Cynthia Myers. Yes, and Tom. We have Tom next Saturday on the 13th. Right. And Cynthia Myers, our expert on old-time radio advertising and the advertising agencies, and she's also going to talk with us about Frank and Ann Hummert. I have mentioned them several times, and every time I do, I say, we've got to get some information on them. They were the most un unconventional writers of radio. And what did they have, 125 shows by the time they ended their career? Yep, uh, Jim Cox had like 130 of them. That's 130. That's close, yeah. yeah. So she will give us some information about the Hummerts, and that will be great fun. You know what that means? And that's means? what I've got on my calendar. You know what? what? You, know, you know what that means after Cynthia? What? I, I have to get busy, get busy start working on plot ideas for July. Christmas! Yes! Christmas in July! I'm, I'm definitely going to call my cousins 
in Iowa to get a Christmas tree grower. We need to get a Christmas tree farm grower on this July. We need to try to get that yes. done. Yes, we must. We must. And maybe, and maybe we can take down the Santa Claus school or something this year and try to get that done too. So it also mm-hmm. a couple of potential ideas that we'll try to work on everybody to see if we can pull that off. And maybe Cantor Prosnitz uh-huh. for Hanukkah because Christmas and Hanukkah come close together. I don't know why we shouldn't be able to celebrate Hanukkah at an odd time as well. We could do that in September and October or, you know, we could do it any time when he's available. Mm-hmm. We are, I think perhaps after July would be best. You're probably correct on that. <clears throat> and um, Toys for Tots? Toys for Tots. You know, probably the tougher time for Canada Pot is probably September because Rosh Hashanah. Because, you know, that's probably the, you know, the biggest of the whole yeah. days for them. So probably need to avoid September for him because that's probably when he's really busy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, everybody, I have the phone off the hook, so you can't get in when you call 714-545-2071. But when I do put the phone back on the hook, that number will be good. But, you know, Patricia always has words of wisdom. So I do. Here she is. (laughs) (laughs) I just had words this week. (laughs) I don't know about the wisdom. We're fresh out of wisdom this week. Unless, of course, you ask for some. Oh. Uh, would, would you... And then... Would you... Would you... Would you... Did you have a lot of wisdom when you were a little kid? See what? Did, did I have wisdom? Uh-huh. Well, if I did, nobody let it out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had great wisdom. I think you probably did. <laughs> Maybe I did, but nobody heard it. Well, I think you kept yourself out of trouble. So I think you had you, you followed your own with 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 thematic d- devices. <laughs> yes, my 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 wisdom what? With thematic devices. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my goodness! Everybody, be prepared. <laughs> be prepared. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Hussy. This weekend, everybody, is, I'm assuming we might get a phone call from Chad tonight. Because Chad should be in the Kalamazoo Nostalgic Convention. And they should be No kidding. Up. Yep. And so. Oh, my gosh. So he'll probably call He's us. He's going to have to start charging fees. I, I know. He's hitting the circuit this year. So, yes. <laughs> so, so, so I'm assuming if everything goes right, I mean, I haven't officially heard from Chad about it, but. He's always pretty faithful being a roving reporter, Chad Blue, mm-hmm. what he can. So I'm hoping that's a possibility. So we'll find out. Um, so that's, that is a potential. I don't know how long Michael Beale will be with me tomorrow night because he's on the road going to, te- to Texas. So he, that might be a fairly short spot for him tomorrow. Um, he's going to where? He's it, going to San Antonio, Texas. That's what I thought you said. Yes. Good grief. And What's out there for him? It's the, it's the art convention, the Rail, Rail, American Rail Historical Society. I don't know what the name of the group is, but it, 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 
where all the academics get together to talk about recordings. And uh, oh, so it's almost like a convention. Uh huh. Almost. So he's threatening. He's threatening to drop in and see Bill and Kim. So we we'll see how that turns out. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, he he'll be in Texas tomorrow somewhere on the road. So we'll see how long he is on. We have Michael Drexman on tomorrow for a half hour to talk about his new books. And then everybody put this on your calendar in about two weeks on the on Friday, May nineteenth, you'll get to hear the first time the interview Patricia did with Jimmy Stewart's daughter Kelly. We're gonna we're gonna run that as part of our Jimmy Stewart look two part special starting on Friday, May the nineteenth. And so we're gonna feature Patricia's interview with with, with with Kelly, play a six shooter, and then play an interview that I did with the curator at the Jimmy Stewart Museum. And then the following week, you'll hear the double interview with Charles and Erna Reinhardt, who wrote the book on Jimmy Stewart's radio career. So there'll be a lot of Jimmy wow. Stewart two two Fridays in a row, May twenty sixth, May nineteenth, and May twenty sixth. That is very excellent. Yes. Jimmy Stewart, I don't think, ever got the accolades he deserved. You know, everybody loved him. Yes. Nobody did anything about him, you know? And having Kelly on was really a treat. It sure was. But, yeah, but overall, many of the other actors got more notice or more, what's the word I'm looking for? Not accolades, but more recognition. Uh-huh. That's a good word. More recognition than a lot of the others. And it's nice that everybody's giving high fives to him this That's week, right. next right. week. That's right. Yeah. It'll be fun. So you want to put our topics on the table and we'll open the phone calls? Or what would you like to do? do? <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to make Walden put his out first. Okay. We were, we were brainstorming what to say, and Patricia had two on the table, and I, my third says, I think the third topic we should, they, we should ask the family, how much do they love us? And I heard a pause from Patricia, and I said, hmm, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might be dangerous. <laughs> I think a better approach would be, if you love us, please call in. You know, it's, it's kind of like if you support us, honk your horn. <laughs> if you don't, never mind. <laughs> so, oh, golly. So that, that was, that was Walden off the wall topic of the day. But the one that most likely that will have response are, my dear? Well, the uh, what did I do here? Yes, I did. Today is beverage day. And it is also Free Comic Book Day. And it is also National Tourist Appreciation Day. Hmm. National Nurses Day. Ah, I know. And, yeah. What? I know an adorable nurse. She, she, even though she doesn't practice it anymore, she's still adorable. Oh, one out of two is good. <laughs> as long as the, the first one is the one. <laughs> Oh, dear me. Well, John in Florida sent a little, oh, you know, like a graphic mm-hmm. with, with lots of sparkles and things that move. I don't know how he does that, but he goes out and finds stuff in 
it must be the unusual places because after I, I gave my comment about the preacher I heard on the radio as I was traveling north, and he had the wisdom <laughs> or the, the wise words to say, a bulldog can whip a skunk any old time, but some things just ain't worth it. <laughs> and John found a picture of a bulldog and a skunk together. <laughs> I don't know how you do this, John. <laughs> and he sent me that picture. I just, uh, anyway, John, I don't know if you know that I was a former nurse or I am a former nurse. And so it was really special to get the Happy Nurses Day graphic in, in my email. And I thank you very much. And lots of other nurses thank you, too. So the last one is National Diet. Oh, no diet day. That's today. Boy, let's just stick with the with the 6th. We'll knock out National Tourist Day <laughs> with, with great pleasure. Okay, so we have Beverage Day and No Diet Day both of which I really, really like. So what's your favorite beverage? I don't care what it is. Maybe I should care what it is, huh? Mine is soda pop, probably. Yeah, moonshine probably isn't. No. no. Uh, actually, um, okay. I, drive a, I got to drive the bus around here yesterday, USA. I think I at least to be somewhat intact. Sober. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> if this is sober every Saturday night, we better not ask about anything hotter than that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so what's your favorite beverage or what's your favorite diet that you're not on? Oh, well, I know the diet that I have tried, but I never, lo I never lose weight on it. But it's my favorite diet. Yes. I like the Aikens diet, all that all you know meat diet, but I never if a couple times I try it, I you know I must not be the right chemistry because I don't lose any weight on it. Well, why should you? <laughs> well, when my dad tries it, he loses weights on the on the darn thing. You know. Well, it doesn't work. What do you eat in place of it? I just try to be very sensible. No, that's not the question. <laughs> what do you, what do you eat in place of it? Well, I don't know. I I feel a fudge coming up. I don't I don't Are know how pressing? to answer that. Why? I don't know. Is you have a favorite diet? Yeah. None at all. Well, I like that, too. But you know what Tommy Lasora's favorite diet was? What? The seafood diet. Really? Yeah, what it was, see any food he likes, he eats. That was his favorite diet. Works for me. <laughs> I bet that there must be a couple of things that, oh, my mother used to eat Limburger cheese with her mother. Mm -hmm. and And they would do it between lunch and dinner so they could air out the house before anybody got home. Um, so that that was pretty awful to smell. I don't know how it tasted. You know, some cheeses are really poof yep. to smell and they taste very good. Yeah. So I don't I don't know about Limburger. I was just never interested in trying something that smells so bad. 
Oh, well, I remember what was it? Dave King was saying on a show a few weeks ago that he has no sense of smell. Mm -hmm. So I guess he can eat it. Oh, you know, that's really awful. That, I mean, you really get robbed of everything. Taste of food, um, perfume that you like yep. or would like. Yep. There's so many things that you miss out on, especially eating, because you really don't have a good sense of taste but when you lose your sniffer. But sense of taste, which is unusual, because I thought that's the only in the same column. I think my Uncle Jim has some of the same issues. He doesn't smell. <laughs> he cannot smell. Yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't smell. I wasn't next to him or anything, but I'll bet he doesn't. <laughs> You're so funny. Oh, uh, anyway, are the phones open? Where is our family out there? 714-545-2071. Give us a call the evening free. And, you know, if not, we'll have to create things to, to entertain you. <laughs> we can do that, you know. Oh, yes, we can. Oh, yeah. Someone so, beverages, diets. What is the craziest diet you ever heard of, Patricia? Oh, say by the Oh, there are so many. I'm not crazy about, is it the Atkins diet that says all meat and nothing else? Yep, no, no carbos. None. No carb, no veggies, no nothing. Just meat. Hello there. Well, a lot yeah. of people. Who's there? Who's Hello there? there. You're on there. And meat and Jack Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> That's your favorite diet, John, is Jack Daniel? There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Why, Patricia, I didn't know you were a nurse. I didn't think you did. Many years ago, my first wife that passed away to young... Uh, Age was a nurse. Wow. His son is a nurse. His wife is a nurse. My, oh my goodness. My wife is uh, uh, a practical nurse. Her children are going to be nurses. And my brother-in-law, who is a great heart research doctor. And I... Oh my goodness. And I covered up all their mistakes. <laughs> oh, Better fill people in on that. A funeral director. <laughs> oh, you are so funny. How are you doing up there? Can't complain at all. Good. We, we had a little rain um, yesterday or today. I can't remember which. But we've had very little rains. And when we moved to Florida in 1974, or it seemed like we had rain about every day from 3.30 to 5.30, somewhere along that range. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, we just started slowing down, and these past few years, we haven't had the rain that we needed. Nope. Just hurricanes that we didn't need. <clears throat> how, how did you fare? I'm ashamed to tell you this. Where... Are you specifically, and I don't, I don't mean town or anything, but like um, in the middle of Florida, northern Florida, south Florida, where are you? I'm in my office. <laughs> now, John, get a grip. Winter, winter Haven. <laughs> I know where you are, but where, oh, Winter Haven, that's up near, um, oh, that's, near uh, Disney World. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're about uh, half a mile from Legoland. 
Okay. All right. I know where you are. Cypress Gardens was. Okay. Why did they close Cypress Gardens? It changed hands several times, and uh, I don't think that uh, they they could make out, you know. It's like a guy started something 100 years ago, and he's got $100 invested. Then he sells it for a million dollars, and they can't, you know, I, I don't know what he sold it for, but anyhow, then... Legoland came in and took over, and uh, they're doing right well. They've, they've done a lot of building, and they bought property and built hotels and uh, and single-family homes for people to lease or, you know, to rent when they come down. Mm-hmm. And if you're a millionaire, you'd, you'd appreciate Legoland. If, if you're not a millionaire, why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, it's pretty salty, you know. I don't know how people are going to afford a hundred and some dollars a night for a hotel. Well, I, 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 I don't know how much it costs to get into Legoland either. It's probably a few dollars too. Get to yeah, get it's around a hundred bucks, I guess. Isn't that something? And uh, so, but uh, we we were there years ago, but uh, we don't go out to those things anymore. Do you remember the first amusement park you were ever at, John, as a kid? Uh, Playland Park. And what, what was it in? in uh, South Bend, Indiana. And what was special about it as a kid? Well, they had all kinds of rides, and, uh, and, and then uh, they always had uh, fireworks on the 4th of July out of there and, and so forth, and... Uh, and I always remember that. Was it open only during the summer, or how? Uh, yeah, it was only open during the summer, and they uh-huh. had uh, you know the merry-go-round and yep. Ferris wheel and and all those good things. So, was the roller coaster ma- ma- made out of wood? Or you remember? Yeah. Wood? Okay. Yeah. But uh, I, the, I mean, the park isn't even there anymore. So. Any idea mm-hmm. what's there now? Nope, I haven't been up there. Uh, someone told me, but I can't remember. Uh-huh. That's a shame. But that's the changing of the times. Makes you wonder if anybody took any pictures and it's online somewhere. I'm sure that they did years ago. Yeah, I bet so. Yeah. And every once in a while I get something where they show pictures, old pictures of South Bend and times that happened. And they had another write up here about John Dillinger here this last uh, May and uh, at the beginning. and have you, have, When you were a kid, was University of Notre Dame a much smaller campus than it is today? I imagine it's wrong. I, I, I'm sure it was smaller, but in the 40s, we moved uh, at the edge of town, mm-hmm. and right across the alley was the beginning of the hills, we called it, because okay. it was vacant from there a, a mile or so south and uh, we used to go up on a hill right across the alley and then we'd go up and up on a hill and we could see the gold dome in Notre Dame from that uh, spot on the hill mm. you know, and interesting. of course St. Mary's is there also right. Mary's College well Bolshoi Nuke Rockney was a big thinker he he, he encouraged them to build the football stadium to have enough parking for cars because he eventually saw the idea eventually people 
will be driving to football stadiums, and he, I guess he turned out to be right, you know. Oh, that, I guess so. You know, that was a pretty I, far-thinking thing he thought of for, for South Bend. Yeah, and, uh, and then, uh, of course, Sudie Bakers was up there, and it was a, a growing town, and then I can remember I was uh, living there when Studie Bakers shut down, and uh, they had uh, on the news, you know, it said uh, that uh, South Bend would just fall apart, you know, mm-hmm. and it never did. It it kept on going, and people got along, and and a lot of the workers out at Studie Bakers found other jobs and not retired. And did most? I'm wondering, did most those automobile factories, like the the, the different brands we think of, Studie Bakers and others? Did they ever reopen after the war, or do you think once the war happened, they were well, p- pretty uh, much yeah, done? The Studi Bakers uh, did, and Studi Bakers was the first automobile to have the inside running board. You know, you'd open the door, and the running board would be there. So everybody else was outside. They were the yeah. first one inside. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But, uh, How come nobody talks about these wonderful things? I don't know. What was the advantage of an indoor uh, a running board? Was it for... Well, it was just the, the, the style of the, the fenders were a lot different, you know, mm-hmm. and they come down to the door, and then uh, uh, the running board would have been beyond the fender almost. So they had uh, the running board inside the door, and, and uh, of course... Uh, we don't have any running boards now. There's a little strip there, and we just step in the car. What was the value of a running board? You mean a car with a running board on uh-huh. Yeah, with the outside running board. Well, what what service did the running board do? You, the cars were kind of high, and you used to step on the running board to step in the car. Ah, okay. Got it. Well, I didn't know they were that high. Was there a special company that made the Hertz, John, you know, for, was there a certain brand? What, what was so special? You say a Hertz? Uh-huh. Uh, they had a, uh, probably, I don't know then, but when I was in business, they had a, uh, a company that did nothing but manufacture Hertz's. And one time back in the 60s, I was remodeling, and the end of the year came, and they brought. We used to get combinations because we ran ambulance service. Okay. We put a red light on top of the hearse, and then we could take it off and use it as a funeral coach. Oh. And uh, they came by, and uh, and it was sixty-five hundred dollars. It was brand new, but it was a, an out, you know, the last of the year model. And now a funeral coach runs over a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. It doesn't pay to die. <laughs> it's, too, it's too expensive. Well I tell you it people, is. people I think you know that the, the funeral homes are uh, millionaires but we just barely got along. Of course we didn't have a big business but by the time you make your payments you know buy the place, make your payments Keep up on the mm-hmm. cars, and you're helping everything. Uh, small funeral homes 
just did not make a lot of money. So in a way, the banks owned owned it, and you were just sort of working for the banks in a way, I, I guess. Right, yeah, or, or the person you bought it from. But uh-huh. the banks always went along with me up there, and, uh, and uh, they always loaned me whatever money I wanted, you know, and... Uh, but uh, they were good people in those days, and you don't find the little banks. You know, they were always considerate and, and wanted to make sure you were okay. <laughs> mm. it, it tells you that's one thing I noticed that we don't have in America now is the relationship with small banks. Um, you know, we don't have small banks anymore. That's yeah. what I mean, because in a lot of ways... Um, Small banks were the ones to help the small businessman. Yes, but everything is different now. Yes. Uh, most of the businesses are small, are large corporations. Uh, everything's uh, large corporations anymore. Find the mom and pop stores like you used to when we moved to Florida in '74. Mm-hmm. Uh, downtown here, we had uh, a couple jewelry stores. Um, uh, two drug stores right across the streets from each other, a men's clothing, a women's clothing, a shoe store, and then, uh, and we, and then we still had the mall at that time, a new mall, and then uh, Walmart came along, and just ran everybody out of business. I heard an interesting stat this week that they that one third of all the um, small businesses are owned by a, a husband and wife. And yeah, that very well could be. You know, and, and that that for some families, that's how they grew up. You know, everybody it was a family-run business, and everybody worked in the business, and and and, and that was always a strong part for the community. Oh yes, and when I was growing up in the 30s and the 40s, my mother worked at the South Bend Bait Company. They made fishing rods, mm-hmm. and they she wound the the guides that they put them, they made them a bamboo, and then they, the guides that ran the string through, mm-hmm. they, they ran that with um, um, thread. And uh, But she would come home every night, cook a meal, and wash dishes until us kids got old enough to wash dishes and do the baking, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, they always fixed her house up and... Both of them worked like crazy, and uh, now you don't find it anymore. And uh, they say they don't have time to raise their kids right. And but I tell you, all these laws coming in, just between you and me, folk. <laughs> I got a new deal coming up, and I'm going to go around the United States for fifty dollars a week in expenses. Okay. And tell people what causes babies. You get $50 a week for this? How come it takes you a week to explain that well, basic I'm going from, biology? I'm going from town to town. That's why expenses. <laughs> Traveling all over the United States. And, uh, yeah. You know, and uh, that. But you get $50 a day, not $50 a week. Have so many abortions. Yeah. You know, and, and people will know what causes them. It's. You, back- you know people who wants to know. <laughs> you know people who want to know what causes this. Yeah, 
tell the truth. They don't know, do they? You do. They do? Oh, uh, I think they do. Yeah. How's come they we better have, know. How's come we have so many unwanted babies in and everything? Beats me. Beats oh, me. Back to fishing. You know, Live and learn. I, w- I want to talk to you about your, your mom working for fishing tack- fishing yes. supplies in the 30s. Do you know that is a collectible? I had a fishing rod, and I kept it for years and was going to give it to my son. Uh-huh. And I, I don't remember whether I gave it to him or not. I, I think I've asked him a couple of times, and I can't remember. But that fishing wand, rod I got in the 30s. And I kept it in uh, all those years. Can they say that anything with uh, bait, uh, anything with weights or hooks or anything from the 30s, even out of a fishing tackle box, are worth a lot of money today? Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, we always, you know, you watch that antique road show, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. People are walking down the street and they find an old picture in the trash and it's worth ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got an old Bible. Uh-huh. It's the Harden Bible, uh-huh. and it dates back in the fifteen hundreds. Wow! And uh, it's a German Bible, mm-hmm. and uh, it's got the Harden things. It's got the dates. The the printing so old, it's faded. And it's in German, but they use the same uh, figures, mm-hmm. the dates, you know. Right. And it <clears throat> goes back and tells when they were born and when they married and when they died and so forth. And it's very interesting. And the family tree. Yeah. I I was in when we went to England. My family did in 1993. We went to the family home in Ashworth, England. And when we walked in, it was a 500-year-old stone house. Wow. And upstairs, the wife painted all the family trees onto the stone. So you could see, when you're a family member, you could see where you were in terms of everybody. Because she took the time to draw a family tree onto the stone. Uh, Isn't that something? Yeah. That's, That's really interesting. Yeah. Did, did they take pictures in? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. When we went down to the church, we could find relatives that were buried in the ninth century. Uh-huh. That's a few years ago. Boy, that's something yeah. that's onto the family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back in the 50s, uh, I got introduced to the movie camera, mm-hmm. and I quit taking stills. And for 20 years, I took nothing but filming of the family in the old, uh, what was it, the old 16-gauge right. movie. And uh, and I never, I was going to put it on VHF tape one time, and it was going to cost $100 an hour, and I didn't feel I could afford it. And I've still got those movies, but mm-hmm. I never had any pictures of the kids growing up like we should have. It's all movies. Well, you know, nowadays it's probably a lot more reasonable. I had it, we had it put, put on DVD, and I, you might want to relook at that, John, just to see, because I think it's, nowadays it's a lot more affordable to do it than probably when you checked on it. Well, it could be. You know, I had an old negative that it was with my old Model T, 
and a group of us guys around it, but I didn't know who it was because I'd lost the picture. So I took it in to see what it, if they could make me a picture, mm-hmm. and it was going to cost mm-hmm. fifty dollars for one picture. <laughs> so you will go to your grave wondering who these guys were. Yep. <laughs> for fifty dollars, yeah. go to your grave wondering who these guys were. One night it's going to come to you, and you're going to jump up and say, "Wow, I've got it! Now what am I going to do with it?" Yeah. That's the way it goes. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can eat a lot of food for fifty dollars. Yep, that's true. I can buy uh, three or four bottles of Jack Daniels. <laughs> oh, let's put this in perspective. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Why okay, John, can think of this. You know, I I don't drink, and uh, I belong to a poets club, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. most of the people are very religious. So I, you know writings uh, and uh, but I'll every you know when you've done stand up and I did it for 10 years and you get humorous you know when to interject something mm-hmm. and at the right, <laughs> right time I'll mention Jack Daniels and everybody busts out laughing <laughs> but uh, well listen I've kept you guys long enough well thank you John for calling and uh and uh, I'm still holding you to this family deal. All righty. You, you hear that, Patricia? What? I'm still, you said uh, last week that all this, we were family. And That's right. An she, email. So she, John wants to borrow $2,000 from us, Patricia, so I... I borrow? Oh, he tried that with me. Never oh. mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he tried that for me. I said, I don't even have the $30 that you offered as a, as a substitute. <laughs> he sent me a $21 bill. Oh. Go figure. And, John, I didn't tell you that will just about cover my electric bill. <laughs> no kidding. It was, 20, it was $24. Goodness gracious, that's cheap. I know. I know. Well, Are, are you on a landline or... Uh... At your house? I'm on cable. Oh, cable, and, and you get your TV and your computer and your phone? Correct. We pay a hundred and some except dollars. I, except I threw out my TV. Oh. I disconnected my TV. Oh. Well, how are you going to watch your Humphrey Bogart movies? I'm not, and I don't care. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I really don't. And you're interviewing now uh, who next week? His name is Tom Dreesen, and he was the opening, he was the stand-up comic who opened up for Frank Sinatra for 14 years. So we should have a lot of fun with, with him reminiscing his days with Frank Sinatra. And you, and that's always interesting. And, and I know years ago you uh, introduced the uh, Statler, or interviewed the Statler brothers. Right. And Jack Benny's daughter, I believe it was. Yep, Joan Benny, yep. That's always so interesting here, though. So so that's what we got. So that should be a lot of fun, and I think he's going to, I think we'll have, a, I think Patricia might giggle a few times. You never know. <laughs> she don't giggle. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we giggle a lot, don't we? And, uh, yeah, and we've lost that 
over the years, I've seen the great change in time because you watch the TV things and they have laugh tracks all the way through. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's not even funny, it's humorous. <laughs> and it tickles mm-hmm. tonsils a little no. bit, but it don't make you fall down on the ground and laugh. And no, no, it doesn't. And, and commercials every five minutes. Oh, so pleasing. Dreadful. But, you know, I got to... You have a, a one-hour show and 45 minutes of it is advertising. Isn't that the truth? And I got yeah, a gimmick I don't close. called, but my daughter hooked it up, mm-hmm. and it goes through my computer, and I search and, you know, fill out a little thing, and I get me Johnny Mac Brown movies, the cowboy movies, Hopalong mm-hmm. Cassidy, uh-huh. and and Maisie and, and all those movies I can watch without any commercials. Well, that's why they think wow. cable... That's why they... I was reading some article this week. That's why they think cable TV's in deep trouble because people are going to be using the Internet to watch their program. Yeah, because mm-hmm. so many commercials... And I realize, we all realize, that they have to have the commercials mm-hmm. to pay for the station and everything. Right. But here was Jack Benny in those years... Don Wilson would come out, LSMFT, Lucky Strike Me, and Find Tobacco, and they'd go into the show. Correct. And nowadays, it's five minutes every ten minutes, or five minutes. So, well, listen, thank you for taking the time to talk to this old man. Oh, we love doing it, John. I'll hit Well, thank you for calling in. We've missed you. Well, I'm, I'm going to hit back to your line shack now, so... <laughs> Get up and carry me. The good Lord take a liking to you. <laughs> Very good, John. <laughs> oh. Thank you. All right. There's our buddy John from Florida. Yeah. We haven't heard from him for so long, and I'm so delighted that he called in. He's getting to be a, such a trusted email person, too. 714. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 545 If you like to email Patricia. She sent email seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Her bo- her box is open, and that's floridawriter at hotmail.com is her email address. Hello there, you're on there. Hello from Alabama. Hello from Alabama. Hello from Alabama. <laughs> I'm awake. <laughs> you're not well, it's no- still you- early. You're not, you're not normally awake the time of the evening, Alabama? Well, I just kind of toes off, and then I'm, I've had it for the rest of the night. Okay, okay. You, you, so you tell me you're not a, a night owl? Oh, I used to be. What changed? I don't know. I just got old, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, your dog changed it for you. Yes, that's true. That's true. I love my dog. How much rules the house. How much do you love your dog? How much what? How much do you love your dog? Oh, very, very much. He's my buddy. We have a, a special bond. He, he's just—he's a um, a white lab. Mm-hmm. His name is Lexington, <laughs> uh, but I call him Lexi. Okay. And he's just—just just, Patricia knows him. She just loves him, and he loves her too. Right, Patricia? Yes, he he adores me. <laughs> Did he you adores know, me. Oh, Patricia uh, is, is a little skittish around dogs normally. I know she is. And the first time 
she came to my house, the house I had before I moved here, mm-hmm. um, and I had another dog named Jenny, and she was also a lab. And I had no idea at the time that she kind of shied away from dogs. And when she came in the door, of course, Jenny being the lab, you know how labs are, mm-hmm. so pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> and she just absolutely loved Patricia. And Patricia's kind of against the wall. <laughs> and I had no idea. Well, I went to make some coffee, and she mm-hmm. was in the uh, what I refer to as the playroom on the couch, and the next time I look, the dog is on the couch across her lap. <laughs> <laughs> and she just she she just just was fine with it, weren't you, Patricia? Yes, I was. <laughs> sort of. <clears throat> yeah, I was. Yeah. She was a very nice dog. Yeah. She was fun. She was she was a sweet dog. Yeah, she was. And then um uh then came Lexi. I got Lexi as a puppy, and I'll tell you one thing, Walden. Mm-hmm. I won't ever in my life have another puppy. <laughs> That's for sure. Every time I turned around, he was running around with something else from the house in his mouth. Oh uh, yes. Oh. But now, now, have you ever had a slobbering dog? No. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm very particular about my house. You know, because I remember my cousins, we would go over, they had a swabber, and I, oh. every, every time I had to come home, I had to go take a bath and put all my clothes in the washing machine. Yes. Oh, oh gosh, yes. <laughs> <coughs> no, slobber doggy is, I'm really happy to see you. Goodbye. <laughs> slobber doggies are not nice. I have to go home and wash my clothes, too, Walton, <laughs> and take a shower oh, yeah. and hold it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Good so, night. what is your temperature tonight? Now? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, probably about... 82. <laughs> is it really still? Oh. What? <laughs> I had a thermometer that always seemed to say 82. I see. <laughs> But no, it, it looked great on the patio. <laughs> yeah. Looked great on the deck. I, I actually um, kicked on the air conditioner about uh, half an hour ago. It, You're it, kidding? It, it, no, I'm not kidding. <clears throat> it's hot. Okay. <laughs> now, you have any more f- family secrets, family stories you want to tell? I mean, we heard about bubbles. No, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> anything about anything that bubble can? can uh, put onto the docket of her, uh, of her exploits in school that we can find out? No, she can't. <laughs> what was that? My friends? Your exploits at school, school. Bubbles. Exploits. Oh, uh, yeah. no, not that I recall. I think uh, the, the bubble incident kind of um, uh, cured me from that. <laughs> you know, I'd never do that again. I, you know, to this day, I, I would hope not. You're kind of grown up over high school. <laughs> well, not always. <laughs> no, you're direct. You. Oh yes. <laughs> well, um, I, I just, I to this day, I feel guilty about those fish. I, I really do. I really. Yeah. That's why I fessed up. You know. 
I figured, you know, I... It's, so what, so, so, so what, what, what was your punishment then? What was my what? Punishment. Oh, uh, detention. And um, we, How many weeks? I think it was three weeks, every day for three weeks. And, uh, you know, that when I think about it, I mean, that's, that's uh, pretty easy for what happened. <laughs> you know, I... I, I can, well, I, I think it's pretty bad. So you can stop feeling guilty about the fish. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have decreed. You have what? I have decreed. Oh, thank you. Okay, okay. Well, so here's a new topic for Barbara. Uh oh. What was your first pet? Do you remember anything about your first pet? Oh, sure. Scamp. He was a little uh, shaggy dog. Mm hmm. And, um, gosh, we had him for a while, quite a while. And, a uh, long time. <clears throat> yeah. What color? Give me, give me a little. He was, he was like a tan and white, fluffy dog. Mm hmm. Yeah. More honey than honey colored, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Honey yeah, colored. And white. Uh huh. Yeah, but fluffy. Yeah. A, he was a hair, a hairborn. <laughs> yeah. A hairborn pooch. Yeah, he was cute. He had a nice personality, and he did not like cats. <laughs> <laughs> he did not like cats. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, we kept Scamp, um, in our house in New York. Uh huh. And my mother's husband said, "Oh, they'll get along fine." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Clark. <laughs> he said, oh, sure, just let them together and they'll be fine. Well, poor little Muffet, my cat, ran up the curtains, the curtains, oh. mind you, and tried to sit on the curtain rod at the top of the curtains. And then she started spitting. And then she hopped onto the mantelpiece of the fireplace and knocked everything of those down. And poor little Scamp is on the ground going, oot, 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 oot. He couldn't bark fast enough, and she couldn't run fast enough. But they'll get along fine. Well, I dated a um, a boy named Henry, mm -hmm. and he gave me a kitten to bring home. And oh, gee. Had, we, remember that, Pat? No. Oh, okay. Well, this this was Henry's kitten. I had to get rid of it because Mom said no. But anyway, Clark was visiting, mm -hmm. and the same thing. <laughs> Um, he's holding, Don't get along fine. <laughs> he's holding the kitten, and Scamp's going, <laughs> and all of a sudden the cat took off and ran under Mom's bed. And we were trying to get it out, but in the meantime, the smell, she she just sprayed as she ran. Oh, <laughs> Are you sure it was a male, or it wasn't a male? A male, I guess. The males are famous for the sprays. Oh, okay, then it was a male. But anyway, Clark... Oh, gee. <laughs> Clark got down on his hands and knees and got the kitten out. I grabbed the camp <laughs> and put him outside. And uh, Clark is sitting on the kitchen chair, petting the cat, calm it down, and I'm smelling this. And I'm thinking, where is this, this smell coming from? I put my nose under my arm, and I thought, no, it's not me. <laughs> I went near Clark, sniffed him, and the the smell was there. It was all over the kitchen. And I kind of, 
nonchalantly walked by my mother and gave her a sniff. And <laughs> I had never smelled anything like that before. And finally, and Clark is just sitting there, very nonchalant, just petting the cat. He knew all the things <laughs> that smell was. He never said anything to us. Of course not. No, that was his joy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make people, yeah. to make people laugh later on in life. <laughs> so, but anyway, he was such a nice person. Yeah, mom made me <laughs> give back the cat. So. <laughs> well, I I don't blame her. <laughs> her bed must have smelled great for the next three months. I thought, oh my god! You know, I'm, uh, thank God my door that was before I moved out of the house. Thank thank God my bedroom door was closed because I didn't want that smell in my room. <laughs> oh, it was awful. It's but your I had cat. Yeah, that cat sprayed like that. Mm-hmm. I know now. Now you know. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. So when you moved out, oh, Barbara, you... when you moved out, what was your first pet on your own? On my own. I didn't have one on my own on, until I got married. Mm-hmm. And what was it? And then it was a Oh, combination um, golden uh, yellow lab and uh, shepherd, and his name was Woogie, and uh, we had to put Woogie to sleep because he, he had leukemia. Mm. But um, after that, um, gosh, I don't remember. Every all the dogs after that were um, uh, labs. Lab, labs are just absolutely great dogs. And they're smart. They really are. So you never had you didn't so did you never had kitty cats and when you were having when you were raising your kid it was always dogs, right? Uh, well, no, I, I my daughter wanted a cat. She got a cat, mm-hmm. and um, then she gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, you know the, the cat was very skittish. It took me a long time. What was the name of the cat? Uh, Greaser. Interesting names. Okay. And the reason why is because he was a pure white cat mm-hmm. with um, a gray spot between his ears on his head, and it looked like a little grease mark. <laughs> so that's, that was his name. But anyway, he used to uh, wait for me. I was on the computer mostly. Mm-hmm. He would wait for me to go to bed. He would sit in the in the doorway and just sit and sit and sit. And then when it was time for me to go to bed, I'd go to bed and he'd jump up and uh, try to get on my pillow. But I would just kind of pet him beside me and he'd fall asleep. When I wake up in the morning, he's under my chin. <laughs> and I've got hives all over. And come to find out, I, I'm... I'm really quite allergic to cats very very allergic so uh i had to find him a home which i did and um and now i have lexi so i you know unfortunately i can't have a cat uh but lexi's my little buddy he Mm. keeps me company and he's a good puppy dog Is is he smart oh yes how do you know (laughs) Because he shows it. He counts to 12 now. Yes. He stomps his paw. In what what language? Uh, uh, Puppy language. Okay. 
<laughs> I un- oh, my. I understand him. So what do you feed him? Do you feed him regular doggy food or people food? How are oh, you? absolutely no people food. Once in a while, a scrap here and there. But he's uh, he's exclusively a science diet. Okay, so how much did he talk? I mean, I was talking to Beverly here, Washburn here, and she, she's been taking her poor animal to the vets, and sometimes her vet bills are $4,000. So I figured everything must have gotten Ooh. expensive over the last 30 years. So how much does it cost to feed a dog? To feed, yeah. to feed my dog yeah. uh, weekly, uh, just dog food, is about $27. Wow. And, of course, he's got to have his treats. I should spell it because he's right here. <laughs> P-R-E-A-T-S. <laughs> but um, when you, you know, the shots, you've mm-hmm. got to get the shots, of course. And uh, medication. Um, he's got a thyroid problem, so um, he gets thyroid pills. That costs. He gets um, allergy uh, pills for allergies. Um a lot of dogs, mostly labs, they have what they call Frito paws. Their paws okay. smell like either corn chips or um, just <laughs> corn chips, and that's why they call them Frito paws. Okay. And you have to keep after them, for, you know, to uh, give him some relief because they'll chew their paws to the point where um, they are uh, just raw. Raw and swollen. So what do you do about that? You give them, you change their body odor, I guess, in a way. I guess that's what you're trying to do. I soak his paws in peroxide. What happens? Well, that stunned everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens if he likes peroxide? What happens if he if he likes it? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter whether he likes it or not. He's gonna. I'm gonna make him do it. <laughs> But it it um, it's from the grass outside, you know, all the whatever is in the grass, and soak them in peroxide, uh-huh. for, you know, one paw at a time, dry it off, the other paw, and so on and so forth, and he's good for a week or so. See, see, I thought I thought it'd be like a body chemistry thing, so you just feed it garlic or something, you know. Uh. No, that's for, um, you can do the garlic, you can do for fleas. Oh, oh, uh, yeast, I think, is for fleas. You uh, should charge for this. I know. <laughs> Any other questions? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, listen, I will, I love talking to you guys, but uh, I'm going to let somebody else call in. Uh, and I'm going to... Okay. Okay, you need to answer the one topic question for tonight before you go. Okay. Oh, yeah, one of those? Yes, one of those. Rut row. Okay. <clears throat> no, it's good. Oh. This is National Beverage Day. Oh, goody. And it is no diet day. Uh-oh. So what is your favorite beverage? And if you didn't go on a diet, which one would you like to give up first? If you can figure that sentence out. I didn't go on a diet. What would I give up first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which diet would you, if you weren't, if you were going off your diet and you were going back on in about a month, which diet would you choose? 
Never mind. That's no diet day. <laughs> Credit. Forget it. Give me your give me your favorite beverage. Well, um, one or the other, Diet Pepsi or uh, actually lately, uh, um, <laughs> ice water. No ice water. Seriously, because I love chewing the ice. So I have ice water. I like chewing ice too. Ooh, I love it. So why don't you just get a glass of ice? <laughs> what? Your sister think we should just eat, eat a glass of ice and not without the water. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I was coughing. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, no? And a lot of times um, I, I would drink I'd let those little eight-ounce bottles mm-hmm. of Diet Pepsi, and um, once it starts to get warm, then I put it in the freezer for about an hour, and then it gets crunchy, and I love chewing the, the Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> You know, crunching. Okay. Crunching the Pepsi. Hello. Water or Pepsi. Water. Okay. You have good water in okay, Alabama. Okay, you can have that. You have good water in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Somebody. It is good. Somebody said to me that they read somewhere. Um, <laughs> I have no idea that our town water mm-hmm. is the best in the country. I can't believe that. But it's not bad, isn't it, Pat, Patricia? No, it's very good. Yeah. Especially coming from here. <laughs> I like to have Patricia yeah. did that. That's very good, Patricia. That's a new word in your language. Isn't it? <laughs> That's very good. water. Okay, I will <laughs> let you go. Thank you for your, uh, for your entertainment. Well, thank you yes, for... Thank you for d- disclosing how much it costs a doggy nowadays. That's pretty interesting <laughs> facts and figures. What can I say? I'll keep talking. Oh, wait a minute. That's how much it costs for her doggy. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, he's he's a special dog. He's got his name on his collar. Um, he's got a double-loop leash. Does he know how to read? Does he know how to lead? Read? Read? Does he, does he read, read his own name? Read a book. Well, of course. Oh. But it's... But you see, it's doggy language, and I don't understand it. Okay, now you, is the name on it doggy bowl? No. Now Barbara. Well, see. <laughs> if he can have a name on a collar, can he, can he have a name on a doggy bowl? No, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because names on doggy bowls go on normally plastic bowls, and I don't let him eat out of plastic because. People don't understand that plastic bowls, they actually start shedding, and they get into the dog's mouth and his lips, and, well, it's, and it gets irritating. So, okay, so are you feed him ceramic wrap, paper? What do you feed him? No. <laughs> See, he has metal bowls. Well, can't you get his name in a metal bowl? Uh, no, because they're always washed in the dishwasher, and it would come off anyway. Well, not not as you have it engraved. <laughs> well, he's special. But okay, you you start you start writing your book about doggy care. <laughs> oh yeah, oh I will, and I and I will keep track, and I'll let you guys know the next time I call. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right, Bubba. All right. You guys Be prepared. Have fun, all right. You too, Bubba. Take care. Okay. <laughs> okay bye bye. All right, that's a tough act to fall. You like to call and 
<laughs> see, see if you want to support Bubbles, yes, you're welcome to at 714-545-2071. What? Well, how, that's that's another great topic. How? What special thing do you do for your pet? Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. We know Bubble don't put autograph <laughs> names on her doggy bowl. What can I say? Poor mm-hmm. thing. No, and I know Kurt in California spends a lot of his time avoiding stepping on the little dog. Oh, that's right. That's a, that's very probably very beneficial for the doggy's health. I, I think so. I think the doggy appreciates it. Probably doesn't even know. Probably not. But, you know, around my house when I had pets over the years, all I need to do is step on once and they know when to move, you know? Yes. You know, they're, they're, yes. They're not, they have to have <coughs> smart, smart animals living here. Someone for don't have any. That helps. That's for smart animals. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. The ones I have are all stuffed. You know that, that's what it, that's what we got. Stuffed animals. Oh, stuffed. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I understand now. Yes, yes. Yes. Patricia and I are awake, so if you like to give us a call, we we can we can uh, break bread with you over the phone at seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Half of us is bright-eyed. I'm the bright-eyed, and Patricia's the bushy tail. So that, yeah, that's what, what Patricia does not have a bushy tail. That's she, that's she, what, what, what are you donating to the to the family tonight? In terms of, uh, <laughs> are you just donating your your body and your spirit? My presence, your yes, presence. my presence, yes. Oh, uh huh. Because I am here. You are. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. But you do have to wake me up and, and bushy my tail or something. <clears throat> you could do that. I could do that. I could send you. In, I could have you go take a nice big hot shower. Mm, I don't wanna. Well, okay. It's a very difficult chore, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it deserves a lot of build-ups. So now, now, come on. You can do it. You can do it. No, I can't. Yes, you can. You can do it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my god! It really is a. It's a career for that day. Well, Mm-mm-mm. you 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 have such an interesting life. Uh, what can I say? It's <laughs> <laughs> crawling around the floor <laughs> waiting for the fire department. Yes. What else? <laughs> what else? Uh, it's just you. What's my interesting life? Well, that's one. Talking to me. That's one. That talking to me. And on, one. And talking to me on Saturday nights can be. A and that's that's really a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And waiting for your 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 internet cable router to show up. Oh, it did, and I don't need it. Did we ever find out what yeah. happened? Yeah. One of the light switches went. You know when it, when it gets hot, yep. like in the bathroom, if yep. an electric razor or something like that gets hot, it yep. pops. Yep. Well, there's one in the kitchen that does not have a red light. It's just this little square that looks like it's part of the plate. Mm-hmm. And one of the firemen went into the kitchen. He says, "Do you use this light?" I said, "Yes." 
and he pushed the button, and everything, it was like light. <laughs> everything came back. It was the light switch. Wow. So that's what caused all your problems. That's what caused all my problems. Well, see, <laughs> what can I say, my dear? You, well, you, you have a very complicated... Interesting life. Yes. <laughs> but the firemen who come are very nice. And they always send one cute one. Not that that means anything. They all go <laughs> home with their actors. <laughs> they go home with their little cases and their, you know, whatever they brought. I haven't looked out the window to see what they arrive in. Would 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 it be fun if they came in a big old fire truck? Which is a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> they they probably come. I don't even want to speculate. I don't want to. Don't make me, please. <laughs> I think they probably come in one of the smaller vehicles. You never hear of a fireman having smaller vehicles. You just hear, you just imagine them always having that big old trucky thing. Oh my God! Please tell me they don't do that. The fireman went banging on the wrong door the other day. <laughs> over here, over here. <laughs> oh jeez. So I don't know whose door got banged on, but um. Sounded like it might have been downstairs. So a lot of people were party to <laughs> to the last call. Oh dear me, dear me, dear me. So life is interesting. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. It is interesting. You do you do live an interesting life. It's very glam- it's very glamorous. Yes. It's very glamorous. What can I say? Glamorous? Yeah. Sitting on the floor <laughs> waiting for a fireman? <laughs> Could we try another one? <laughs> Glamorous. Hmm. Well, don't you think you're very no. glamorous? No, I don't think I'm very glamorous. <laughs> Not in the current condition. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. well what can we do to fix it? It's very quiet, everybody, on the phone. So we, we do have radio shows we play. This is for the anniversary weekend of VE Day. Back in 1945, so I do have the VE Day Fibber Miggy and Maui, so I'm definitely going to play that sometime tonight if one of us will offer one Fibber and Maui celebrated VE Day back in 1945, which would be anniversary on Monday. So that will be the first radio show we do play when we do take a break. Our number is 714 2071 if you like to give us a call. If not, Patricia and I will be goofy. And that's okay. 714. <laughs> well, we're usually that anyway. 2071. <coughs> that is true. That is true. Well, were you surprised that your sister called? Yes, I'm surprised she is still awake. I see. So if if we call her back in three or four hours, she might not be awake. She might not be awake in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's different than you. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how I slogged her out. Did I tell you I slept 23 hours today? Well, I'm glad. We somebody got us to sleep. Oh, yes, this has been a weekly event. 
maybe a two-weekly event. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Somebody's got to plug me into the outlet, and I'll go, my tail is pushing, my tail is pushing. Yeah. And I lost my carrots. Did I tell you I lost my carrots? No, what happened to the carrots? If I knew, I wouldn't have lost them. Did they show up to the apartment? No. I bought a great big, it was at least a pound Uh of sliced carrots because I like them with honey mustard dressing. And I have looked everywhere, including the freezer, thinking I was a doofus again. But they're not here. Okay. I, I know where they are. Where? Are they behind the chair on the floor? No, I checked there. <laughs> I did, and I checked under chairs as well. No, no, that that's a good thought, though. Have you looked in? I did check that. Okay, have you looked inside your bed just in case you dragged a snack over there and forgot to put it away? No. That's a refrigerator thing. I put that in a bowl and then put the, the rest of them away. Except I don't know where they... I mean, I didn't even get to eat anything out of this bag. Did you look inside the microwave? <laughs> yes, I use that regularly. <laughs> These are all good suggestions. Have you looked at every single cupboard in the, in the kitchen? Oh, my gosh. No, I put the stuff away. I wouldn't put carrots in there. And by now, this is like more than a week. I think by now, um, I would have smelled something, huh? Well, if they're still in a Ziploc bag, probably not. Thank you, Walden. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, maybe you ate them all. I didn't. I didn't even open this bag. Just the other night, I was saying, oh, that would be a wonderful snack. And I had this taste for carrots. I really like carrots. And I went out to the kitchen, and I opened the fridge. No carrots. So I started moving stuff around. No carrots. I looked on the door because that's where I put my dressing. No carrots. What, the dressing there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Who would steal carrots? A bunny rabbit. Mm, I don't have one of them. (laughs) But anyhow, anyhow. So what kind of a week did you have? Well, I've been... Looking through Christmas shows to get ready for November. And then I was a little under the weather, so I did a lot of sleeping to try to balance out. And then um, helped out on some real estate stuff. And so we were at our house meeting a broker today to uh, make sure they got all the documents for Dad to, to open up escrow for a friend of ours. So that's that's good. Great. Yeah. <coughs> that so is th- super. That's very super. You know. So so they're gonna open up escrow on Monday for forty five days. So after that, Dad will get paid, and that's always good news. You know. Oh, that is always good news. Yep. So so I look like I will be taking some real estate classes and get my broker's license. Excellent. Yeah. So. So that will be on the offering over the next couple of months. So I don't know how mm-hmm. many blind real estate brokers are walking on the face of the planet, but I might be a minority about that. So <laughs> I think minority works. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exclusive. 
but that's your job to find out if you are exclusive. exclusive. We think you're exclusive. How can how how would you advertise something like that, my dear? Would that be an interesting you being you doing some PR work here? How would you handle that? Advertising a class for Advertise, a blind person? No, advertising the services of a real estate, a blind real estate broker. Well, I think that would be pretty cool. Do you know why? Why? Because when a blind person wants to buy a house, he depends on a sighted person mm-hmm. to tell him what's mm-hmm. in the house. Mm-hmm. You would offer one additional perspective and know what a blind person needs in a house. But I might also attract the sighted client, so how would, that, how would they feel about that? Well, that's fine. <laughs> Hello there, you're on with Patricia. I like to report some missing carrots. You do? You know where they are, Daniel? Oh, do you know where my carrots are? <laughs> uh, no telling where they might be. Well, may- mm. maybe they fed them to all the horses that ran in the Kentucky Derby. They like carrots, don't they? That's a very good possibility, yes. You know? Got a bunch of horses here. Yes. You had some water down there today, I hear. Yes, we did. It rained, and it was cold yesterday, and it was cold today. and It's uh, been a messy, messy uh, horse race down here. Well, my dad was disappointed. He missed handicapped the derby today. Normally does well. So he thought really? he, he thought it would be a muddy track, but it wound up being sloppy. So he... he <laughs> Because there's actually a difference, everybody. A sloppy track. I know they are. A sloppy track favors speed. Uh huh. A muddy track favors horses that come from behind. So we thought it would be muddy, so we decided to look at horses that came from behind. Uh huh. But no, it was sloppy instead. So it was muddy, it was sloppy. So there. So that horse ran third. What can I say? So it paid $20 for show, so Dad's pretty happy about that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. acceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was the fifth coldest uh, Oaks day ever. It was uh, the coldest Oaks in 56 years. Dad had the window picked out for the Oak, but the, the computer didn't accept it because there was too many people trying to bet the race. So yeah. Dad was, uh, you know. Doesn't that make you growl? Now, when your dad bets, mm-hmm. for something like today, you expected a muddy track and it turned out to be sloppy? Yep. And, I mean, that's a risk when you've got rain coming down. You're not really sure what the track is going to look like mm-hmm. by the time the bell rings. Does your dad ever bet on a muddy track and a sloppy track? And I'm just using those two mm-hmm. as an example. He actually bets against himself, but that's okay. One of them has to win. Yeah, he'll, Does he, he do that? He, he, he will do that. He'll pick, he'll pick very that smart. three or four horses. My dad's a very conservative person, so he'll, he doesn't like throwing all his eggs in one basket. He'll spread it around. And, uh, mm-hmm. But today he, he, he looked at horses that he thought were coming from behind. So. In fact, he picked out a horse that was diffy, uh, uh, main horse, it was diffy to one. 
because he thought there was a horse that never won a race might win the race today. So that was his main horse he was looking at today. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So you know, there's hmm. there's only been a few times. I think there's only been like seven times in the history of the Derby when it's been, I believe, sloppy. Well, and see, and every track is different because, um, mm-hmm. like today, Louisville, like this morning, had like two inches, and yeah, I so. because he had bet so early because we had to do other things. If he were to watch the track races throughout the day, he might know that speed would have held up and might bet look for a horse to that like the speed later in the day to try to counteract yeah. his bet. For our listeners, Dan lives in Derby territory, so he keeps us up to date with what's happening with the Kentucky Derby. Yes, exactly. Amen. And I was just going to say, I'm looking at the National Weather Service uh, uh, website. In the past eight days, there's been over almost uh, four inches of rain here. Are all the, the famous farms, are they in the Louisville area, or are they mostly in the rural area of Kentucky and places like that? They're mainly Where over uh, around Lexington. Okay. Versailles, you know, uh, Paris, you know, in the, in the central Kentucky, and they call that the bluegrass area. And do people pay to take a tour on the property? Is it open to the public for free? That, how do those things work? Uh-huh, you can take tours of, the, of most of those farms, yes. You know, like Spendthrift and, you know, some of the others. Do they pay, yeah. or is it free, you, you know? I, I believe you'd have to pay something. Mm-hmm. I haven't really looked into it. I've always wanted to. I mean, they're beautiful farms over there. They, you know, they've got the uh, wooden fences or stone fences that stretch for miles. It's a very romantic thing about the old days of of racing. Racing, racing was such an American staple um, for many years. It's such a very romantic thought about it that that you would race a you would have a horse and train it yourself and have it be on your own property and then you would send it out to the to the track and you find your own train. Jockey and try to win the race. It's a it's sort of a very romantic notion we we had about the old racing game at one time. Well, some of these horses, you know, are uh, really uh, fairly cheap. I mean, by the time you you might pay, you know, a couple, you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars for some of these horses, and you know they make much more back racing, mm-hmm. and and you know, of course, you've got then you know the uh, stud fees for the, most of these horses. Yeah. I saw one right, of now I've got a question. I have a question. I have a question. Sure. In the middle of Florida, there is a really fertile area that people use to um, to breed and raise racehorses. Yes. And some of them are darn good by the time they get out. They are. Um, would would a horse would a horse like that coming in from another state qualify for the Derby? Yes. Seattle Slough, yeah. for example, the famous Seattle Slough was a Florida bred. Yeah, I think today's horse okay. uh, was Florida. Well, I think today's horse won the Florida Derby. A lot, mostly, uh, 
of course, Kentucky breads are the number one bread in the country. They win the Derby, and then I think right after the Florida bread. Um, California breads are really low, and there's a famous story about that. They don't they don't produce the quality of horses, and the story is, um, you know, they started to build the race tracks in Cal, Cal, out here in California in the 30s. And they knew all these movie stars were interested in horse racing. So they all went back to Kentucky. And the Kentucky uh, people who sold all their bad stock to California owners. And so they brought back all the poor breeds out here to California. And we have bred all the uh, offshoots of Kentucky here and never quite have managed to produce as many good quality horses as Kentucky has. That's only a rumor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do, you, do you have proof on that? My dad would never tell a lie. <laughs> you know, uh, if my dad wasn't asleep, I would have him. T- I would have him quote, quote, book and verse about that. The old Kentucky, the old Kentucky story, dumping off all the poor breeds out here in California. Well, they were they were thoroughbreds. And it is, I don't know what the ratio is of, um, let me think. I don't know what the ratio is having, uh, you know, if you have a cluster, let's say you have 10 Mm -hmm. thoroughbreds born, and sometimes not one of them will come out as a racehorse. So what do they do with the other nine? They sell them to movie stars. (laughs) They do. It's a very, very low ratio, or very high ratio, I guess, <clears throat> when when the calves are the little ones <laughs> are being birthed in the springtime. You can't tell immediately whether or not it's going to be a racehorse until it starts prancing around the around the we, inside we of the corral. We we can't help if these California people come in yet now drink down a, you know, a couple dozen mint juleps and pick the wrong horse, take it back to California. Well, that's why my dad was okay. always a, my, that's why my dad was always big on looking at breeding. Uh-huh. But actually, he, he said the most important side are the diff staff side. The females are the most important part of the breeding. So if you can find a good female racing mama, that's the horses that you would buy if you were to start your own racing. Next thing you'll be telling me is they came in, you know, bought a horse here and took it back to California and talked and they made a TV show about That's it. That's probably true. <laughs> He's talking about Mrs. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and you know, um, the bluegrass is supposed to be very good for horses' bone structure. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be the calcium Extra calcium, I guess, in those bluegrass uh, vegetables or whatever you want to call them, the grass. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I know that it's the premium for racehorses. So, the premium for horses, never mind racehorses. And that, though, because he thought it was due to the limestone uh-huh. in, in, in the mineral of Kentucky was so, so good for horses. That's why. That's why the bluegrass got blue, I guess. 
Yeah, no, no. You have limestone in Florida too, don't you, Patricia? We do. Uh huh. Yeah. Lime. Mm-hmm. Our whole county, our whole country, um, state is made of lime. <laughs> it's, um, almost, yeah, really, at least fifty percent of it is built on lime. Really? Uh huh. Well, yeah. Good. Okay, so now we want bluegrass, Florida, right? Yeah. So are you are you free, Dan? I, I mean, school over. Are you free as a bird? School is over. Yes. Holy cow! Oh, hooray! You know, finals are over. We're moving into the summer semester here. So yes, yes, I had the weekend off. Yes, I was so, very happy. We always have Derby weekend off. So what did you do to celebrate the weekend? Uh, I watched a lot of the TV coverage. Did you get my emails? I tried sending uh, links to the local TV stations. They uh, they have wall-to-wall derby coverage. Mm-hmm. You know, they interview people. You know, that come in from out of town. And I know Patricia was having trouble pulling it what, down. Trouble? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, a lot of times will do day-long coverage, but mm-hmm. uh, now they're scaling back. I think uh, the morning. Uh, News shows were at the track most of the week. They would interview people. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think the uh, NBC station had their live stream on today. So, but, uh, yeah, it, it's always interesting seeing the hats and, and all and seeing the uh, people. Yeah, I miss that. I'll have to go back because they do have links to history. So well, maybe I'll get some hats in history. By the way, speaking yeah. of of past people who attended the Derby, mm-hmm. I see the Queen husband decide to retire this fall. Yeah, Queen he's ninety-five. No, I thought that was just uh, Prince Philip who was retiring. Right, yeah, that's why I said the Queen husband. Correct. Yeah, Prince Philip. The Queen. Right. Okay, I think yeah. he said the Queen. Yeah. I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's ninety-five yeah. and apparently not in the best of health. Well, no, I guess and I, he's ninety. He's ninety-five, and they had a picture of him uh, at at what he considered his last duty or whatever they call it in, in queendom but it was his last appearance as the prince um and then he that was where he announced that he wasn't going to do anymore and he was retiring so i think at 95 he's allowed to well they were saying his schedule last year he did more events than his than prince charles and all the grandkids combined well i heard it was like 260 events or something so after 70 years of, of running around being doing the royal, royal stuff, I guess retirement is a possibility. Yeah. I would think so, yeah. I will bet it, with, that many, with that many appearances or affairs, I don't know what you would call it when the prince shows up, <clears throat> excuse me, but my guess is when he reaches the – what is it? The threshold is September sometime. Mm-hmm. And I think by August, he's going to start booking a couple for the next year. You know, you, you have that many appearances in one year, and you just can't stop. You know, you, you have to kind of ease out of it, I think. I would say, Philip, that's not the thing to do. Okay, so, so you're telling me, uh, so when you retire, Patricia, are you going to be cutting back on your schedule, or are you going to ease out? I ease, I ease out. Okay. I'm in favor of easing. Okay. 
oozing, actually, is what I say. Just ooze out the door. Now, Dan, yeah. when you retire, are you going to just ooze out or just quit? Oh, heavens, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> I think I may cut back. <laughs> instead of, do, instead of you doing... You can't leave it either. Instead of doing two jobs, you would just cut it back to a half a job? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, come back to one, maybe, you okay. know. Uh, you know. Now, now, you're only talking about paying jobs. You're not talking about no, yeah, true. Well, paid jobs. Yeah, I know. You know so which, maybe, maybe you'll get them all up and just do the historical society thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I was up in, um, I went up to uh, a conference in Wabash, Indiana last week, and it was very nice. Uh, Wabash was the first uh, electric-lighted city in the uh, country. They uh, they uh, got uh, electric in 1880, and they had uh, four light bulbs installed up on the courthouse. So, did you sing their song, their their, their society state song, or something? Uh, no. You oh. well, now, now which song are you referring to? The Wabash Cannonball, or whatever. Uh, no, that is not about Wabash, Indiana. There was a train that ran through Wabash, but it was not. Well, they the, the last run they did name a car the Wabash Cannonball, but that's actually in, I believe they said Tennessee. Well, I think there is a, well, there is a song called Wabash Indiana, though. Uh, there's on the base of the Wabash, which is a state song, but that refers to the river. Now, the river runs through Wabash. So you guys can you, you guys can sing that song as you're closing goodbye for no, the day? No, no, not really, not really. Uh, no, they uh, they've been refurbishing their downtown, and, and they have a uh, program on I think uh, Netflix last year that c- covered um, that the uh, Czech company Deluxe. They uh, we're looking at uh, helping a town refurbish itself, and they won a contest. And they had like a 13-part series where they went around town, uh, you know, helping different businesses, uh, you know, get back on their feet. So, but, uh, but so how do you find out about the conferences? Did they contact all the historians in Indiana and say they should put on the agenda? Uh-huh. Well, they they offer a scholarship to, uh, there's a, the, the O'Briens here in Indiana, they offer a paid scholarship to go to this convention, and then you attend, it was basically a three-day conference where you go and listen to uh, how you can gain grants and things like that on uh, restoring your downtown or, you know, uh, you know helping a main street program or something like that. Uh, so how how do well, people win the scholarship? Do they get fill out a form, or are you get nominated? How do you get the scholarship? You basically, you know, just uh, send in a a form that says that you're interested, and uh-huh. then they look and you know see who else might want to attend. Um, I, I was third on the list; the other two could not make it, so uh, I then got was awarded the scholarship and then uh, so, did, so did the scholarship cover your interest fee and and liking kind of thing is that what that's what it was scholarship it, do mm-hmm. 
That's nice. It did. It That's did. Nice. And, and Wabash, it's a nice town, but it doesn't have – well, Well, this conference had about 250 attendees, and they had to uh, have me stay at, in, over in uh, Huntington, Indiana. And Huntington is uh, Dan Quayle's hometown, so I, I also went by and saw the Dan Quayle uh, Vice Presidential Museum. So, but Dan Quayle has a museum. I yeah, guess so. Yes, yes. Dan Quayle okay. sure does have a museum. They have a okay a section <laughs> on him, and then they have something on all the different vice presidents. That's I think oh. forty. I think there's been forty six vice presidents, but uh, they have something on all the different vice presidents there. Yeah, we're we're on the forty fifth president. Uh, yeah. Well, we're on the 45th president. How sometimes screwy things happen, like um, <clears throat> the I, vice president dying. Agnew, Agnew stepped down, right, for Nixon. Mm-hmm. Correct. And also, I think there were times when we did not have a vice president. I mm-hmm. believe that's true. Yes. Like for example, Truman. Mm-hmm. Truman didn't have one until he, until he re- we ran for 48. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were several. Um, but, but, what was I going to say? But, 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 oh, also, when a vice president dies, uh-huh. is it customary to fill the vice president's job? I think now it is, but I, don't, I think for many years it was not. Hmm. We had some screwy uh, rules. We did. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. No, we we really do. We have some screwy rules, and sometimes they get changed just in time. You know, it it really is. Well, it is. You want name? You want name some screwy rules? Would that would that be a, f- a future topic for a show? <laughs> yes, it would be. It would be. Um, I think it's a screwy rule to allow. Presidents not to appoint a vice president when there is a vacancy. Okay, that's good. And I'll have to think about the rest of them. Well, uh, well you know, the thing got me. What was it that yeah, you at least a half a dozen? The hmm? thing got me that I learned last year that you pointed out that the president has to pay for his own food in the in the White House kitchen. Yeah. That seems a little awkward to me, but, you know. It does. It does. I mean, a president is a president, for God's sake. You don't charge him for a hamburger. I mean, (laughs) order downstairs for room service at midnight. That's $13.24, and do they charge him a tip? I don't think they get tips in the White House. (laughs) I don't know for sure, but I doubt it. Maybe that's why Bill Clinton was always running out for a hamburger. Maybe it was cheaper for him to do it outside of the White House than order it down at room service. Who did that? Clinton. Could be. Did Oh, gosh, yes. I think he was embarrassed at what he was ordering. <laughs> he survived on, on Big Macs. That was his favorite. Seems that the jogging probably went past a couple of uh, McDonald's. He really did. He loved hamburgers from McDonald's. And then when he had Truman. bypass surgery, <laughs> didn't, came home didn't, to Truman, r- didn't Truman sneak out of the White House to go play poker? 
Well, I, I know when I had. I don't know about poker, but he but he used to sneak out for walks. Yeah, kid. I know when we t when I had Margaret on, she said m many times that she and her dad would go out for a walk, and he loved to dump security. He would like to play hide mm -hmm. and seek. Yeah. And I know, and I know, um, and this, now this is the days of the old, the old Congress, I guess, and during Truman time, uh, Friday afternoons when every, when all the senators got together and, uh, I guess it was the weekend time, they got, the, they got to have a f their favorite beverage. Uh -huh. and, and I guess Truman would go downstairs and uh, have a drink with the boys. Uh-huh. You know? Those, those that days, sounds realistic. Th those, yeah. those days don't seem to be in, in, in place anymore, everybody. Have you noticed that? Mm -mm. I, you know? Just... Nope. Never hear the word kitchen mentioned. And, 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 you know what? I think that's a crying shame. I think in a lot of ways, uh, the, con the country were better off when you had both styles had a, a friendly relationship that they would get mm -hmm. together on a, on a social basis and, uh, yeah. Probably worked some things out that way when they sat down. I with each agree. Other, you know? I agree. So, how are we going to fix it? Walden, fix well, it. You're the president. We're going to have an ice cream social every night of the week. You know, to be honest with hmm. you, be honest with you, would it be more beneficial for the United States to have more social nights at the White House than having all these? state dinners and things like that. Well, I have always turned my nose up at state dinners and how you would how how they choose people who attend um, the president's ball and anything that has to do with the president and there are always really quality people who are left out. How do you decide who gets left out and who doesn't? True. See, I, I think I, it's more disruptive I, than helpful. If I were president, I would almost make it a regular part of my schedule that I release some congressmen and senators every day and have it on a rotation bait. That way you, you at least have mm -hmm. a, a relationship with all 535 that you at least receive. I least, agree. At least one, or two, at least one of them every three months or so so you rotate them in and out. I think that would, mm -hmm. that would be important for, for the country, I would think. Yep. Or you have one day a month where you do nothing but meet with Congress or the Senate. Mm -hmm. Well, you have, to keep, you have to catch them in because they're on vacation so much. You know... I think... Go ahead. You know, if... If I got an invite to the White House, I would think I would make sure I arrange my schedule to be there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do, you know. I would think that it would be a big flat, a black spot on a record if a congressman or a senator were invited to meet with the president. If they didn't show up, they're off the good list. When you get an invitation from the president, my gosh, you don't say I've got a golf schedule for that day. I don't think so. <laughs> no, because you're, rep you're, you know, you're representing your people. You're, you're Dickerson, and you owe it to them to, if you have that opportunity, to speak to 
the concerns <clears throat> and everything. Mm-hmm. I can't. Oh, shame on me. And I'll go back and look. The the Congress <laughs> invited. Everybody gets invited, whether you're going to be nailed to the wall or you're going to be thanked. Everybody is invited to attend um, a meeting of the Congress. Mm -hmm. And one guy didn't show up. (laughs) He said, well, why weren't you here? And I can't remember the guy's name. It might have been Muniz, whichever whichever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, He looked at him and he said, when you're invited, you're expected to attend. He said, well, someone told me, if an, and you don't have to accept an invitation. He said, who's someone? He said, um, someone. <laughs> Obviously, it was his decision that because it was an invitation and not a command. And the, guy, the congressman looked at him. He said, trust me, when you are invited, you are expected to be here. And then he went to work. Oh, my goodness. And it, it was just so perfect. This guy was absolutely, he, he was right on target every time he opened his mouth. And, boy, he had people in that audience, not the audience, but the group who was being invited to the congressional hearing. Um, they were shrinking by the time he got around to them. They just didn't know how to ask he said, well, he'd ask about a particular bill, and uh, not necessarily a bill, but something, a study, I guess. Everybody was doing studies. And this woman said, well, it's still under study. And he said, we submitted this to you in 2009, and it's still under study? <laughs> 2009. Oh, he had all his ducks in a row. He was fun. He was fun to listen to. How do you know the unwritten rules? You know, there's well, I guess if you've been there for twelve, if yeah. you've been there for twelve years, you've probably absorbed something. Right, but um, but these, I'm just these think, were department heads. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, if you're a new congressman or woman, mm-hmm. how do you know the unwritten rules of of, of protocol? Hmm, that's interesting. I think your compatriots would <laughs> let you know in short shrift. <laughs> There must be some kind of a manual. A handbook. Yeah, exactly. That's a better word. Yeah. I say we uh, appoint Patricia as committee of one to do a study on studies. Study on studies. How much can we budget for her studying of studies? How can we? Oh, I don't want to do studies of studies. I want to say, what have you gotten to so far in your study? That's right. fine. So is that worth one point? Yeah, I'm, I want to keep track of the studies. Yeah, so, yeah. So is that one point two five million dollars that we can buy, have Congress budget that for you? You're the one person. Well, yeah, you know, one I, person. I think I would, I would be able to do that amount of work with the number of um, studies that are back. <laughs> so backloaded. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I have to go. I think it's Munez. He was one of the people who was considered for a position in the new White House. Um, And I can't remember why he left. Somebody disinvited him, I guess. I don't know. But, oh, gosh, they missed a a really good deal by not having him join the team. 
I remember, and I don't know what the current numbers are today, but I mm -hmm. remember that every congressman allocated money to hire 18 staff members. That's a pretty good size 18. staff, 18. How could they know what each other is doing? <laughs> I mean, gosh, that's just the office. Okay. You know, Dan? Just go over, you, you need to just go over to take your care bear and have your care bear take you over to Mar-a-Lago and, uh, and just, uh, you know, talk to uh, Donald Trump. You know, yeah, you're not yeah. far. You're in the same state. He he'd talk to you over the weekend, I'm sure. Well, he's in New Jersey this weekend. Oh, is he? Yeah, he, he was... yeah he decided it's cheaper to stay. He he said it's cheaper to stay in New Jersey than was to go to New York. Yes, that's true. You are correct about that. So. Next time he's in Florida, just get your care bear and take you over to Mar-a-Lago. Okay. I know how to get to West Palm Beach. All you have to do is cross the bridge to get over to Palm Beach. Is that all you need to do? Yeah. It's no trouble. Mm, once you get past the security cars, <laughs> no, it's no trouble. Oh, my God. You, you want me to oh, put my end with uh, Governor Pence? Tell me. What's the latest? What's what's the latest? Yeah, I mean, you 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 and the vice president are on good speaking terms. What's the latest with with with, with Michael? Well, I think he's a, I think he's a, a man behind the scenes. I see. You know, I think. Uh, I heard he'd been doing a little traveling, but that's the last time I heard about him. Yeah, he was in Korea, I think, two weeks ago. And yeah. With his wife and all, so yeah, they were uh, they were going over there and think. Playing some strategy on what to do with uh, South Korea and uh, what they need, need to do with North Korea. Did you hear North Korea was threatening China? No, I haven't heard that. No. Yeah, this was like uh, two days ago. They were Jeez. North Korea was saying, you know, if uh, China doesn't start sending more, uh, I guess, food and see, let's see now. In North Korea? China, yes. China bought a good batch of coal from the United States, and when the Korean coal was shipped up there, they turned the, the shipment back and took it, uh, sent it back to North Korea. And they were not happy with that. So, <laughs> Is it possible that North Korea is happy with anything? Uh, I think you may be on a, on a right track there, yes. I think they're not happy. I think Very hard to the leader mm -hmm. is yep. not happy with many things. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, mm -mm. It's so good to hear bubbles tonight. Waking at something. Bubbles. <laughs> I hadn't heard bubbles. And, I, and I, I noted one thing bubbles said, that you put bubbles to sleep. I know. Well, you know. So I'm not the only one. I don't put bubbles to sleep. She said you she crashes on she crashes on her own. <laughs> She's all grown up. She knows how to do that. Yeah, but you're the older sister. Yeah, but nothing. Yeah, that means She's that. in her own house and she falls asleep and conks out. You're not taking responsibility oh, for putting bubbles to sleep. 
I am not. You am not? I, I am not putting her to sleep. No, 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 no. So do you all put me to sleep then? We try. Indeed, we do. <laughs> the only emails we ever get, and you may have to edit this one tonight, <laughs> the only emails we ever get from you are, gosh, I did it again, slept right through the show. That's right. We put you to bed, yes. Yes. So are you doing, are you got at least one, you're not working both jobs this week, right, Dan? You got at least something off for a change, right? Yes. Uh, one job ended Wednesday, and uh, it will start up again in uh, August, and then I'm just down to one job right now. The, econ- the, the economy can in trouble, everybody. That's right. The economy's going to be tanking. <laughs> Hear me. I might be buying more Johnson wax so I can like dust my house though. Probably will. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. So Good have choice. You, have you ever bought Johnson's wax at all, Dan? Oh, heaven yes. Isn't that what kind do you what? find in the what kind do you find in the supermarket now? What what now? Johnson wax. What what kind what Different kinds, you know, car new, car wax, um, you know, floor wax. What kinds do you find in the store? Well, Pledge is made by Janssen Wax. Okay. Lemon Pledge? Yeah. Yeah. So. I knew that was Johnson's. Uh, I'm not sure what year Pledge was introduced. But what I'm asking is, what kind of wax do you find in the store? Well, I, I was looking for Johnson's wax one time, not terribly long ago. They don't have anything with Johnson's name on it except the pledge cans. There might be something else out there. I wasn't paying attention, but except what? Except what you said? What did you say there? Pledge. The pledge cans. Oh, pledge. Oh, well, yeah, uh, you yeah, need to look at the. You need to look at the uh, back of her can of Raid. I don't want Raid on my floor. I wanted kitchen wax. <laughs> <laughs> but Raid is oh my a Johnson's wax. The what? Raid is made by Johnson's wax. <sighs> I don't think I want that on my kitchen floor either. <laughs> you do if you have bugs. <laughs> I'm assuming if we went to the Johnson Glass website, they would have pictures of all the labels, so I would think we might recognize some of the products that way. I think you're right, but I'm just telling you what I know. Ledge is made by Johnson's Wax, and so is uh, Raid. So you put Raid I don't on, need you, them. You put Raid on your floor then, Dan? Uh, not on my floor, no, but I do keep a can of Raid for Wasp. Hmm. Like, did that do the no, trick? No, I don't think so. Hmm. That usually does the trick, yes. Mm-hmm. It has a lasting, pungent odor that makes me ill. Okay, so that's a great it question. It really does. That's a great question. What products of old-time radio do we use today? Well, some people have been well, running to drink Maxwell, Maxwell House coffee, but... I know. That can be that can be a touchy subject. It very much can be. Um, not touchy. 
I think it's awful. I, it really, I, I just, I look at people, and they're all drinking Maxwell House, and I think, how can you do this to yourself? It's just one of those flavors or smells or something that does not sit well with me. But the, um, the raid, oy, oy, oy. Okay, so so you drink Lipton tea, Patricia? Yes, I do. I don't put that on my floor either. Okay, so see, there you go. So that's that's, that's a product of old-time radio. (sighs) That's Blue Ribbon beer? Yeah, I I, I imagine Patricia drinks a bottle every day. Oh, yeah, it's five. (laughs) Don't don't squirrel around here with me. Okay, what I need is... Is Tide Tide being made? Oh, Tide's been... Oh, yeah, that's in the store. Tide, yes. That was the old advertiser on soap operas and, of course, Red Skelton. Tide in. Exactly. Do it out. Earth out. Yes, that's right. Yep. And... uh, Let's see. Uh, Rinso. Is Rinso still being made? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I'm still looking at, at Johnson's Wax. Okay. I believe what it is probably is. I just that. guess it's... You probably get it on the internet someplace. Hmm. Yeah, Amazon, everybody has wood wax. Let's see what we've got down here. Mm-hmm. Fine wood paste wax, one pound. Paste wax. Floor polish. Floor polish. Yeah, let's see what that is. Of course, you got spam. Spam is still around. You have a what now? Spam. 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 Spam was George and Gracie's advertiser for. Of course, you've got you've got pet milk. You've got Reynolds wrap. So pet Mm -hmm. pet milk still around? Oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, it is. I think yes. you've got pet milk. And I see it in the pet, supermarket. You've got pet milk and you've got uh, Eagle brand condensed milk. That's a Borden product. And then you've got, um, I have to think just a minute. Swan, to not, Swan soap is not made to my knowledge. No, I I think I looked them up that they disappeared in the sixties. Did they really? Yeah. I don't I I don't know if Swan soap was replaced by Dove, but you know I think it's odd that you'd have two soaps that were. It was a Lever butter product, and they just decided to discontinue it. I guess, and I guess Lux is still being made in England, so I don't know if it's really huh? sold here. Yes. Yeah, um, I think you're right mm-hmm. about that. Hmm. Have you discovered something, Patricia? No, I haven't discovered anything. That's why I'm humming. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a spam icon on your computer? I got what? Do you have a spinning icon? No. No? You just no. have nothing, huh? I have nothing. I put in Swan Soap and I got Johnson's Paste Wax. Interesting. Which was marked as previously viewed. 
I don't want what I already saw. I want what I want to see. Dear me, dear me. Oh well. So who won the Derby, by the way? I all uh, it it's a it's a very appropriate name. I'm I'm all I see. I'm always dreaming with the name of the horse. You gotta be kidding no. me. No. What an insult to that poor horse. No wonder it thumbed <laughs> its hoof. <laughs> he wound up being the favorite at four to one. So and Todd Fletcher with the trainer and John Velasquez who won his second derby won the race. And it has been a number of years since he won a race. Mm-hmm, since 2011. Since when? 2011, 11? yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's a good jockey. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's one to well, do, it, babe. It rained up. How do you shop for jockeys? Go ahead, Patricia. Well, then how do you shop for jockeys? Actually, they're all free agents. Um... Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, and generally they are um, have an agent, and so a lot of times uh, the the owner will contract with the jockey through the mm-hmm. agent, and they will book him to ride the race. Hmm. I think, I think if I had a horse, I think I'd try to get Pat Bay to come out of retirement. There you go. Good old Pat Day. He, he is the winningest jockey at Churchill Downs. Yep. He's only won one derby. Uh, talk about crazy, crazy luck. And I think he was a, before he started racing, I think he was a uh, road in rodeos, if I remember right. I think you're right. About, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. He's taken up, he, he, I saw him on TV here today. He was, He's uh, really gotten into the ministry yep. field. He's really done that mm-hmm. over the years. At a, a lot of these jockeys, it's a tough, it's a tough business. You know, I remember, I remember poor Lafitte Feng Kai, one of my favorite jockey, dad's favorite jockey, and I met him at least one. What he just went through just to keep weight uh, was incredible. That he would, when he would eat the dinner, he wouldn't, he would just taste the food, he wouldn't swallow the food. Really? Uh-huh. In order to keep down to that 114 level. Sure. You know? Plus, so many of them are, you know, such uh, short in uh, stature. Yeah. So how did he maintain and others maintain any kind of physical health? That's a great question. You can't taste food, spit it out without sacrificing something. But that's how he maintained it. His weight. You know, probably, probably looked at how much weight he uh, could eat, ate enough, then then he wouldn't be able to enjoy the rest of his steak. Um, I think, I think they really had a, 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 I think fairly early on they did a lot of uh, uh, weight training back there. Well, I've been used to take take those steam baths and things to try to lose the weight before a race. And that, mm-hmm. that that would be hard on the body. Also, there's another. Also, there was another interesting story. Somebody, a lot of these jockeys and some of the trainers are coming from foreign countries. And one today, one of the top horses in the Derby, the trainer was from Venezuela, who was kidnapped twice. I heard that. Yes. And so he finally snuck his family up to 
to Florida because you're trying to get him out of Venezuela. But wouldn't that be a way to live down there that you're always going to be kidnapped? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be I tough. think I want my magical tree, please. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. Oh, gee. I can't imagine living under the life-threatening situations that so many of these people live under. People show up with shotguns, with guns, with knives, mm-hmm. and you never know not only why they showed up, but that they were going to. Uh, oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. Well, I mean, that's why we're so blessed to live in a country, even though we have our fair share of problems, to think what some people live through in different parts of the world. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you would save me, right? Absolutely. And somebody else might save me, right? Absolutely. The, your, fam- then, your, um, your family would, uh, we would pony up the cash. <laughs> I love the we. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing this one with me. <laughs> this is a biggie. So, so you know, so if you got kidnapped, how you how would you get the word out, Patricia? Would you send us an email? <laughs> Assuming I hadn't stolen my computer in the process. Uh, well? Well, you would take it with you, though. You would take your laptop. Oh, excuse me. I need to take this with me. Then we can go. Yes, please don't shoot me until I get my computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, this is terrible. I want my I want my magical treehouse <laughs> and my magical forest. So, have you decided how we're gonna run this thing? Are we gonna run this on electricity yet? Have you figured this out? Well, everything is magical. It's oh okay. It's not needed. The lights come on themselves. Uh huh. The food appears in the refrigerator. Except Domino's delivery, but they'll never remember where they were. Do you still have your Care Bear? Yes, I do. Whenever I need one, I call and say, got another doctor's appointment. So they take me there, and I go supermarket shopping, and I go to Sam's Club and stuff like that there. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Do they it know? Is. Do they know they're known by? <laughs> a little expensive, but do hmm? they? Do, do they know the 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 their name Care Bears instead of their normal? Yes, I tell each one, <laughs> and I've only had, I've only had two, maybe three. Uh-huh. Um, when I say two, like one has come at least twice, uh, the same one. Yeah. And they're really good. I really like them. Um, what did you ask me? Oh, my Care Bears. Yes, I tell them each time one of them comes, you are my Care Bear. <laughs> and usually they look and say, what? <laughs> Did you call your last care. care Bear and see if they have an extra bag of carrots in their in their care bag? Yes. Did you? Yes, indeed. Did you go home with a bag of carrots? I think that's maybe, despicable. To maybe they thought that was their tip. I don't think so. They're not allowed to take tips. Do did any of them have bunny rabbits? No, I never asked. (laughs) (laughs) 
one has a dog and a cat. Okay. And the other one has a brother he hates. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have all of these tails. <laughs> As we're driving down the street, I am kind of quiet. Uh-huh. And the other ones start to talk, and they don't stop. And they've got loud, um, loud voices. And I haven't figured out why unless they transport older people as well, and they expect them to have hearing, some hearing loss. And so they're shouting at me while they shout at their <laughs> You know, I can't get a word in edgewise to, to say, would you quiet down a little bit? <laughs> oh, my so goodness. Oh, a, my you, goodness. So the one care about, you, I want, what, you know, I hate my brother. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting conversation opening to have. What? Say it's having your care bear. Do that one again. Having your care bear announce that he hates his brother as part of his opening commentary is a little unusual, don't you think? Oh yes, I do. <laughs> oh yes, I do. He's he's Italian. He comes from Italy, and um, his family is over in Italy as well. How we got on that subject? Maybe he asked me if I had any brothers and sisters here, and um, you told him that's how he started. Hmm? You told him you have a bubbles. A bubble. I have a bubbles. Yes, I will tell him that I have a bubble. But I mean, he was good. He was strong. He brought everything upstairs. It was really great. Really great. So, anyhow, I think that's how we got on the subject of. Siblings. And <laughs> he started with, oh, I have a brother. I don't want to ever see him again. I don't have a brother. <laughs> oh, my God. You think, what is going you, you, yeah. think, you think that more yes. people get along with their siblings? All the people that That's hard for me to tell. All, all I don't know. People, all the people that you guys have talked to in your lifetime, you think more mm-hmm. people get along with their siblings? I, I don't know, Walden. It's not ever been a subject that I brought up. Right. Might have been a subject other people brought up in terms of siblings. Right. But, gee. I think it's about a I don't know. Pretty I've, I've never heard anybody talk about talk mean words about siblings. Mm-hmm. I've never had that. Yeah. So they either avoided talking about it or they didn't have a problem. I think it's about so a 70-30 ratio. Really? Yeah. People that have they, problems or people that like them? Uh, 70 like, 30 dislike. Wow. That's sad to think hmm. about it, that, that that kind of ratio even exists. Well, mm-hmm. look, at how many, uh, look at how many therapists are out there. True. And if it's not a brother, it would have to be a, a mother or father. Mm-hmm. Or a sister. So, well, uh, I found out all about how this split came about. Every little detail. Where he lived. How many, how many nieces he had. Um, how many, I don't know, there were a lot of how many. <laughs> but it all culminated with, I'm, I'm a no talk of that guy ever again. Oh no! I really felt sorry for him. I mean, how do you how do you just walk away from 
family. I think that'd be very hard. Some people do. Yeah. Well, in my dad's case, mm-hmm. there were 12 siblings, and he was Ooh. 24 years younger than the oldest sibling. Whoa, wow. So. Now that's a spread. That you got a couple a of spread. kids. There were a couple of kids in your family who were young enough to be his children. Exactly. Wow. Oh. Now, I, I, for example, I know my um, my dad was, you know, one of four, and it was about a 11-year spread from the oldest to the youngest. Yeah. And by the time my aunt, my Aunt Kill, my dad's baby sister, uh, grew up by age five, like 1941, her, her brothers, you know, World War II kicked in, and her brothers were getting ready to be in the service the next year or so. So, you know, so eight, by age five or six, her two older brothers are thinking about going into service, and then they would not have seen them really very much during the war, and once they get back into college. So in a lot of ways, you know, when you had that kind of spread in those days, the relationship bond would not necessarily always be there compared to you know, the older brothers got to spend mm-hmm. time together as kids. You know. Yeah, yeah. And with fathers, too. Ralph in California yeah. talks about his father in World War One yeah. and World War Two. Right. So for long periods of time, he did not have a father at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Just well. Okay. I, I don't know if you heard about the bad news back here in Kentucky, but, uh, well, actually in Nashville, uh, Laurel Lynn had a stroke. The Laurel Lynn? No, I did not hear that. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think, yesterday. Do we know how old she is? She is actually, uh, she thought she was 83, but then they found her actual birth certificate. I believe she's now 85. Well, we'll see. They added two years to Doris Day this year. Now they're adding two more to all the female singers. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Crystal Gale released a statement saying that she was, uh, you know, recuperating. They thought she would be able to recover, and uh, I believe she's in a Nashville hospital. But uh, she was, she had quite a touring schedule. She played here in Louisville, and I think she was going to play down at. Renfro Valley, and mm. so uh, you know she she's been touring here quite a bit. They said they were going to reschedule the uh, the uh, the canceled dates here. Well, she's one. If you think about it, there's not that many country singers left in the fifties, so we're almost to the sixties, and she was definitely one of the uh, the big female stars of the of the uh, of the early sixties, mm-hmm. mid sixties. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think her first hit was in 63, maybe. Seems about right. Yeah. Let me think. I'm trying to remember what was some of her big hit. Um, hit. Her first hit was the song called The Pill. And then I'm trying to think. The Pill? The Pill? Then wasn't there something, I, I Love That Man, or, or I'm trying to think, what was the... Ain't woman enough to take my man? Yeah, yeah. I, think that was, yeah. I would think that was another big one. 
Yeah. Uh, of course, there's, uh, you know, a coal miner's daughter. Yep, big, that's a biggie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, but, uh, yeah, I hate to hear about Loretta. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're all getting older, except for Tricia. She no, she never moves. She's an ageless. She's, she's an ageless. <laughs> <laughs> she's really, she's really only 21, and she hadn't to go that to anybody. Cause she just decided to keep it there. But Ron I can from, vote now. Ron from Hawaii really thinks she's 79, but you know we we kept it under wraps that Patricia now can vote. So that, that was funny. I, that was funny. Ironically, ironically, up where the conference was, I held up there in Wabash, Indiana, Crystal Gale, and I'm still not clear on it. Somehow, Crystal Gale and and her mother moved to Wabash, Indiana. And I'm not absolutely sure why, but I saw uh, one of Crystal Gale's dresses at, uh, up in, there in the uh, in the movie house. So, but uh, there was a whole family picture of uh, Crystal and her mother and Loretta and... and well, uh, how big of a spread is there between Crystal and Loretta, do we know? I would say at least 15 years. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, Crystal is we'll have to look it up. younger. If you like to volunteer, we don't, it's not a clean fireman. And what about the fireman? It's not a requirement, but if you like to volunteer, then I would appreciate it. Oh, oh, okay. So then it's a request, and then we can it, do it, this. It, it's a it's a thoughtful plea. Okay. We don't want to put you out. No. Well, I'm I'm looking right now. She's looking. She's looking. I noticed that. I can hear her computer. You can hear her typing. Yeah, on? but uh-huh. it's very slow. My my fingers are slow. Everything is slow. My brain is slow. My. <laughs> <laughs> You slept um, three hours? You slept 23 hours? Well, pretty much. I guess 22 would probably make it. Wow. Were you feeling... I know. I mean, was it a conscious decision? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just sat up and fell back. <laughs> she opened the window, saw the sun was still out, and went back to bed. That's what happened. Right, exactly, exactly. So what do you got planned for tomorrow, Dan? You're not going to work tomorrow, so are you just free of the bird? I'm working on a grant, and I'm catching up on some email work, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Might go over and see my brother, have to see what they're up to. Do most, <laughs> do most grants follow a certain dollar range from a certain from a high to a low normally? Uh, usually, usually. Uh-huh. So what's See, the, a, so what's your batting average? Are you able, you feel good that you, you hit one out of every three, one out of every four? What, what's the good ratio for Dan? Uh, usually two to one. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of depends. So what's the biggest paperwork? I'm looking, I'm looking. What's the, what's the most, what's, What's the most paperwork you ever had to fill out for a grant? You ever do any 50 pages or 100 page grant? What's the biggest one that you had to take on? 
I'd say about 25 pages. You know, like, grants, grants less paperwork now. They're, they're more, well, some are just completely online now. So you have to scan your documents into a PDF format and you have to upload them. And, you know, it's less paperwork. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is it harder now or easier? I, a lot of the grants now are, you know, the deadline's a little more flexible. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, at least online when you're, when you're applying for a grant, you don't have to make 10 copies of this grant, submit it and get it in the mail or, you know, things like that. It's all done online, so it's easier that way. I have my homework done. All right, my dear. What do you got? Well, I've got Loretta Young. Loretta Young. <laughs> That's who she's named after. Loretta Lynn was uh, after Loretta Young. Young, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. I've infected everybody. <laughs> Loretta Lynn was born in 1932. Crystal Gale huh? was born in 1951. Wow, 19 years 19- different. Nineteen years, yeah. Are they sisters or stepsisters? Say again, Dan. I beg your pardon. Are they sis? Are they sisters or yes. sisters? Yes, sisters. Sisters, okay. That's what it says here. Yeah. That's what I thought. It says, you know. I became the first female to come down. And she is the younger sister of country singer and songwriter Loretta Lynn. Yes. Well, that's great. Yeah. 19 years. Phew. Well, how many many siblings were there in their family? You keep adding on to these. Well, I thought it would just be there real handy for you. Well, nothing is real handy that you ask for. <laughs> um, just a minute. Associated with website? No. Um, sister of. Hmm. Peggy Sue. Who is Peggy Sue? Do we know Peggy Sue? Sister, I believe. Must be a middle sister. She was what? If I remember seeing the family picture, I think that was another sister. I think there were four. Okay. Patricia, could you imagine? Four coal mining family. She was eight. Hold on. I just didn't. Could you imagine having a sister that's 20 years younger than you, Patricia? No. No. (laughs) She was the youngest of the poor coal mining family of 10. She was the only one of the eight children to be born in a hospital. Her siblings are, these are siblings now, Melvin Webb, he died, mm-hmm. Loretta Lynn, Herman Webb, her her real last name was Webb, um, Jay Lee, Donald Ray Le- Reb, <laughs> Donald Ray Webb, Peggy Sue Wright, and... Beth Ruth Webb. Those are all brothers and sisters. So eight kids. Eight kids. Wow. Eight kids. 
I often wonder how families living in such terribly poor conditions, many of them uh, coal miners, <clears throat> how they survived with so many children, with any children. How did they make it? I mean, we go to the grocery store and say, no, butter's too expensive. Let's have margarine instead. How did these people feed their families? I expect an answer. I, you know, I imagine, I, I imagine the community play a bigger part. You know, like, for example, my dad was remembering a few months ago, in the 1930s when he grew up, uh, when... When mom and dad passed away, it was the neighbors that would adopt the kids to make sure they, you know, mm -hmm. the kids were raised. And I imagine in those times, uh, people were apt, more apt to share to try to get a family through. That uh, might yeah. not be my first inclination that the yeah. why certain people survive. Yeah, I, I know James yeah. Best. Uh, his mother put him up for adoption because, uh, you know, she just couldn't take care of, uh, you know, all of her kids. Yeah. So that's when uh, he was adopted by a family here in Corden. He was really from Powdery, Kentucky, down near Bowling Green. Mm -hmm. Then he was adopted by Armand Best and, and brought up to Corden. But, uh, you know, just... Uh, I mean, what options did you have? You know, you either... Yeah. You know, you're I remember a picture of a woman, um, I guess during the Depression, had three of her children out on the front step with a sign that said they were for sale. I don't know how many other children she may have had inside the house, but these were three that she was putting up for sale, and the agony in her face was was heartbreaking. It was just heartbreaking that people got down to the point where they couldn't feed their kids, so they wanted to find somebody who could. That's I don't know. A sad thing to say. Well, that's probably explain why the American farm is so important to so many families. That at least on a farm, mm -hmm. you hopefully thought you had a fighting chance to feed the kids. Yes, yes. Even if they got the same thing night after night, right. it was food. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Well, Daniel. Yes. Do you, is it okay to call you Daniel, or do you prefer Dan all the way? I'll go by anything here. Well, then we'll stick to Dan, because that's the way you sign everything. Dan, I think Dan I think Dan is easier. I don't mind Daniel, but I think... It, so when you, you, when you were born, when, were you christened a Dan or a Daniel? Daniel, but Dan is so much shorter to write, and, uh, did, 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 anybody, <laughs> yes. did anybody in your family ever call you Daniel? Not really, uh -huh. really, it's Dan. you know, yeah, yeah, just, uh, you know, you can't. And Daniel will be. It's so much easier writing three letters and four letters instead of six and four. Although I remember that. Name. Yeah. I signed my name with first, middle, and last name. So there's no question as to who I am. Mm -hmm. Is it your full middle name that you sign with? 
I do. There's no challenge. <laughs> no Nobody will. Sign. Yeah, they, every, they won't forget you. Full name. <laughs> Have you looked yourself up? Are, you, are there any other any, any other Dan with your last name on the internet? Uh, yeah, there there are others. There's <laughs> a professor in Michigan with that name, uh-huh. and uh, I have not contacted him. But I thought, hey, one of these days I might do that. But uh, yeah, that's about it. So not too much. Uh, not too much measure of error there uh-huh. happened. Yeah. So how about are there other Walden? Yes, I was really surprised a few years ago. I found a a Walden Hughes college music professor, so I sent him an email. So let him know there was really? another. Yeah. Did you hear back? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we've got so many Patricia in the world. I don't know how we'd ever. I don't know. Distinguish uh, ours from all the others. I, I, well, I don't. I don't think any others are known. They go by Patricia from Florida, though. Well, I don't know. I'm sure in the state we could probably shake out a dozen or two. Maybe so, but still, I bet they don't go by Patricia from Florida. Of course, we have the only uh, network star here. That is true. Who, who's? And we know she's the only one that has the email at floridawriter at hotmail dot com. Exactly, and she it's wants her own network too. She wants Patricia Network. The Pink. The Pink Network. The Pink Network. Pink the Network. You wanted Patricia's network, but I'll take it. You've got enough material for your own network. That's true. These interviews are just setting on the on the shelf there. That's like true. Dust. You know. That's I mean, true. You you've got some good juicy interviews there. And her next one can be heard Friday. Well, next week, next Friday, next Saturday, she has a live interview with Tom Dreesen. Stand up. Yeah. Frank. I heard that. That should be really interesting. And then on the Friday the 19th, yes, it's an unusual night to hear Patricia, but you will hear her at her normal time at 10 o'clock Eastern. And then she'll be heard later as interviewing Jimmy Stewart, daughter of Kelly. So. On a Friday? On a Friday. We wow, what's we, happening? Are the are the guests taking a night off? No, we, we've been working on a Jimmy Stewart birthday special, and so there's so much material, all the interviews we put away for the last year for this, that we're just we're gonna just unroll them all on two Fridays. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah. So and of course, it, you it, may turn up on another network too. That's true. You know, like all the famous, <laughs> you know, radio. Well, the thing got me. The time when she hurt herself on another radio station, when she... <laughs> got me, too. <laughs> that, that, I guess there could be... T- that was surprising. That that was unnerving. I was, I was popping through some iTunes, not iTunes, um, 365, Live 365, and I was popping along some of the shows that I hadn't ever heard in the top category. And I hopped and I hopped and I hopped and one of them I came across sounded just like me. I mean I just remember you like saying that. me. Yes. Boy was that spooky. And then I read about doppelgangers. Doppelganger is a person who looks like another person so close that they could pass for each other. And I thought, well, maybe they've got doppelgangers gangers in voices too 
I've had that I didn't, happen I didn't before. Until, I, I really, it it was say, it was spooky. It is. It is. So, well, I bring you off the phone. It's been great hearing from you. And Thank you, Dan. I'm glad. I'm glad you're on your somewhat vacation for a few days. Yes, yes. I really needed a vacation. Really I was yeah. really getting getting worn out, but uh, uh, we'll make through. We'll get through it here. And I sure hope. I know Walden's doing. I guess Walden's doing all right. So pretty much. I, I I had I I did a lot of sweeping this week. Trying to, I I was under the weather a little bit too. So, but you know we're up and running. Exactly. Like, I mean, you know, you're 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 going to become a real estate agent. A, a broker. My my dad thinks he'd be broker. good. A broker. Uh huh. And that way, because we have people who are looking, who are real estate agents or want to be real, they're looking for a brokers. So. I see. Sure. So I I I'm yeah. thinking I'm thinking okay if I get my brokers license, how Patricia gonna market me to other sided people? Come, come to this blind person. He'll show you the house. I can. I'm trying to figure this out, but you know, very unique. Well, it, it can be done. It can yeah, be done. yeah. I can just imagine me taking the tour, uh, uh, taking the client. Said, okay, we're going to take a tour of the house. Uh, here at the kitchen. Yeah. No, no, no. The decorum on the floor over here. I, I'm just trying to figure out how this is going to work. But you know. It, well, you it, know a lot, and my my this, my sister-in-law sells real estate. Uh-huh. My younger niece also does that. And the big thing now is taking pictures of the interior of a house and taking it so you can uh, then go online and view the uh, room 360 mm-hmm. degrees. The whole uh, room you just mm-hmm. well. Another thing that changed over the years. My dad. One of my dad's strongest suit was to write up an offer and present it to the people in person. That's, uh, yes. Those days are no longer those days are no longer valid. You get really you get faxed it or emailed to the other party. Uh-huh. And my yep. dad feels ba- my dad feels that's taking away the personal touch when you sit down and, and they have questions and explain and do the best he can for his representative if they're gonna buy a house or sell a house to do it all in person. But those days are done. Are you, do you have you heard of a real estate company called Keller Williams? I have not. You have not. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know if they were in California or yeah. not, but uh, I know uh, that uh, I've heard that they have many more tools available for agents to market mm-hmm. homes. So you know that might be. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Fine. I get thinking the old days of making your scratch pads and walking them around the neighborhood. So. That's probably considered an old-fashioned way of marketing, you know. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Yep. And how's our Patricia doing? Are you getting better? Well, Patricia demands that she get better. She's not having much success right now. <laughs> so I'm not. Thank you for asking. Well, I've been wondering how you were doing and hoping you were getting better. I'm a wreck. Just slow. <laughs> that's, that's pretty simple. I'm a wreck. Well, but she got, she still got the fighting. No, 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 no. Did you say I'm a wreck, or did you say I'm a wreck? As in, setting I up. am a wreck, like the wreck of the Hespers, like the wreck of the, what's the one they they could never find? Mary Celeste. Yes, they lost the Mary Celeste. I'm about to, oh. <laughs> they're gonna throw me overboard. Oh my. 
you know, but I am a survivor. You know that. That's right. That's right. Yes. Well, considering mm-hmm. how sick you were last June, I'm just grateful you're mm-hmm. still with us here. Well, I'm trying to catch up. You're doing good. So last June. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I come up with so many surprises. You're unique. So, well, yeah. You Got to see a neurologist, 20. the guys say. Neurologist. You get another 23 hours of sleep, and you might feel better yet. That's right. That's right. And that was on top of yesterday and the uh-huh. day before. Uh-huh. Well, we should consider them. <laughs> Patricia, we should consider them. I agree. Thank you, Walden. That's one quality I can brag about. <laughs> it might be bad stuff, but I'm consistent. I think that's very good. Very good. We're, we're creative around here. Okay. On that note, I'm going to hang up and let... All right, Dan. We'll talk to you hopefully next week. You should get back. Okay, yeah. take care, everybody. Right. You too. Enjoy your your time to yourself. You haven't had yeah. that very much. Yes, that's right. Okay, take care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. So, should we take a break and play a Fibber McGee and Molly show, Patricia? Oh, yes, and I will hobble out to the kitchen and get my snack. That's a great idea. I'm thinking the same thing, too. Yes, and and what kind of snack will you have? Probably popcorn. Ooh. It's old, but I do have one envelope of popcorn. Hmm. Well, if if we were together, I would would let you share mine. Oh, but it's not good for me. It's healthy. It's it's helpful? (laughs) It's good for me? Sure. Hmm. I like the way you think. Maybe that's maybe hmm. that's your problem. We, we, you haven't been eating bad enough. You've been eating all this healthy stuff. So if you eat some bad stuff, that might help out. What do you think? I want my carrots. Okay. So anybody... I'll go look for my carrots. Anybody, yeah. if you know what P- Patricia carrots are, email it to her at floridawriter@hotmail.com during the show. We'll take interesting guesstimates. Where are Patricia Carrots? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and guesses too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anybody has a coupon for carrots, you can you can send it to Patricia's way. I want my carrots. I don't care about a, cu- <laughs> a coupon. I want my carrots. Oh, I was so disappointed the other night. I was, oh, boy, I can have carrots tonight. Where are they? They're not there. Well, don't I'll you, go look again. Don't you, don't you have a carrot bin down below? At least we do. We got little no. vegetable bins. No. I don't. Okay. They have to be around somewhere. They have to be. Yes. You'll find Don't them. smell anything. So it's not like they went rotten somewhere. No, they're, they're, they're. So they either went, yeah, they either went home with somebody, mm-hmm. or, which wasn't likely. Have you looked in? Or, the s- yeah. In, in, they might be in the freezer. I haven't gone through okay. the freezer yet. Just kind of superficially. Have you looked so, in? The, have you looked in the sink yet? Are they still underwater? Maybe. No. Okay. 
Okay. These are these are nice washed and sliced carrots. Okay, so I think the freezer is the next destination. I think so. I've done screwy things these last couple <laughs> of weeks. I don't know why I'd, I would miss out on <laughs> carrots. I really want my carrots. Oh, I was so disappointed. Okay. <laughs> so what? That's what. That's your goal for the next thirty minutes is look for the carrots in the freezer. Find the carrots. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Waldo? <laughs> Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Okay, I will go do that. What? Which fibber are you playing? VE Day. Mm, uh, May. Oh, good. Yeah, May 8th. And this is one that when I think when Fibber thinks he's got a spy in the neighborhood. Oh. I remember that one. Yeah. So that's what we're going to play. Okay. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah. He was, uh, he was always telling somebody there were spies. <laughs> and finally he got one and nobody believed him. That's right. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, that'll be a good one. Okay. You will call me later. I will. Right? I will. Wrong. I will. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we will be back, everybody. Hooray. Okay. I'll talk to you a bit, Patricia. Okay. Jaws Professional. Sounds Forge Alt Tab. Documents Items View Multi Select List Windows M Desktop M My Documents Enter Document Beverly PGM Beverly Woody Herb Walden VE Day Five Enter V News from Past Five Eight Four Enter Five eight, News Broadcast The Duke Five Astoria Dick Trace Fibber McGee and Molly Five Eight Four Five Unloading Jump Can OK Enter Five Eight Four Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Harlow Wilcox. The curtain has fallen on the first act of the greatest drama the world has ever seen. The second and we hope the last world war. Act two is going on in the Pacific Theater. In expressing our tremendous admiration and gratitude to our fighting forces, we feel that the best support their efforts until complete and final victory by carrying on with our own jobs as best we can. In this case, our job is to bring a few smiles to the home front and do our small bit toward easing the tension and anxiety in the homes of the men who are not here to laugh with us. So tonight, we present the regular Johnson Wax program as our stars go on the air in a spirit of tribute to the stars in your windows. Makers of Johnson Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The city of Wistful Vista, having nothing in particular to look backward to, is a very forward-looking community. 
And with VE Day at hand, the city fathers realized the need for a survey of the housing situation. There wasn't enough money in the treasury for it, but a certain public-spirited citizen has offered to do the job for $50. <laughs> and here is a certain citizen just getting home from a council meeting as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. Lost all his teeth, so he couldn't build a <laughs> And I had a little turtle that we all called Nellie. Had a shell on her back and another on her tummy, tum, 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 tum. <laughs> oh, hello, McGee. I thought you were attending the council meeting at the city hall. I was, but when they busted up for lunch, I left. Got me a job, too. Making a survey of the housing situation. Pick me up a fast 50 snackers doing it, too. Heavenly days, dearie. You get yourself into more kinds of pickles than Mr. Hines ever heard of. <laughs> oh, yeah? Don't you think I can handle it? Oh, of course, of course. If you have plenty of time to make a survey like that. No, I got plenty of time. I don't have to have it finished till 5.30 tonight. 5.30? Why, it's 1.45 right now. So what? All I got to do is find out how many people in Whistler Vista are looking for places to live. And by the simple process... I'll get it. I'll get it. Okay. 79 Whistler Vista, Molly McGee speaking. Who? Oh, yes, he's right here. It's the editor of the Gazette, McGee, mm. Mr. Edelson. Probably wants to send a reporter out for an interview. Hello, Lee. McGee speaking. What's on your mind, kid? The housing survey? Sure, by 5.30 tonight. Huh? Well, pucker up, brother. I'll be there to see it. Pucker up for what, dearie? He says if I complete the housing survey by 5.30 tonight, He'll kiss the mayor in the front window of the Bonton department store tomorrow at high noon. <laughs> well, <laughs> that'll be the first interesting window display the Bonton has had for five years. <laughs> yeah. It kills me the way these mugs don't think I know what I'm doing. Now, do you think it's nice to refer to your wife as a mug? Oh, well, I didn't mean you. Well, I'm one of the ones who doesn't think you know what you're doing. <laughs> you are, huh? <laughs> Well, you just leave everything to me, baby. I got my ways to do. Hello, Mrs. McGee, Mr. McGee. Oh, hello, Alice. Hi, Alice. Hey, look, lay off the telephone today, will you? I got a big project on, and I might get some important phone calls. Oh, okay, Mr. McGee. If a boy named Pugface Perkins calls, just tell him Alice said no. Said no to what, Alice? It won't matter. Pugface is the kind of a fellow that a smart girl says no to on general principles. <laughs> Anyway, if I want to make a phone call, I'll run down to Kramer's drugstore. Oh, well, if you do, Alice, get me a bottle of shampoo, will you, please? Oh, sure. What kind, Mrs. McGee? It's called Drawer-Off. Drawer-Off? <laughs> That's an odd name. Oh, I don't know. It's just forward spelled backwards. project are you working on, Mr. McGee, if it isn't a secret? I'm making a survey of the housing situation for the city, Alice. Creepers, you've got a lot of work to do, haven't you? Yep. I hear it's so hard to get a room in this town, the squirrels are charging two bags of peanuts a night for park benches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got me a system for handling this thing that's so simple, probably for me. If it's Pugface, the answer is still no. Hello? Yes, this is Mr. McGee. Who? Oh, yes, Mr. Mayor. What, Mr. Mayor? On my housing survey? Why, certainly, Your Honor. Yes, but Mr. Mayor... Yes, I know, Your Honor, but... 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 
Look, go fry a pig, will you, Jake? <laughs> Was that really his honor? Yeah, his honor. Very honest guy. Bought his way into the office and paid himself back inside of three weeks. <laughs> Say, uh, Alice, uh, will VE Day make any difference in your job at the airplane plant? Well, not till the other half of the war is over, Mrs. McGee. You see, I figure it this way. If Europe is morning and Japan is afternoon, VE Day is just the whistle blowing for lunch. You're absolutely right, Alice. It ain't fair to the players to go home after the first game of a doubleheader. Speaking of homes, dearie, do you think you'll get to first base with this housing survey by 5.30 tonight? Creepers, he'll have to work awfully fast. Oh, yeah? Well, I guess you've forgotten what a fast thinker I am in emergencies, I guess. <laughs> Remember the time my car got stalled on the railroad crossing? No, I don't. Oh, what happened, Mr. McGee? I'm glad you asked me that, Alice. <laughs> I was going to tell you anyway, but this makes it smoother. Well, sir, my car got stalled one night on a railroad crossing. Pitch black night. Couldn't see your face in front of your hand. All of a sudden, I hear the midnight express whistling for the crossing. Creaks a flash. I leaped to the ground, tore off my necktie. Why did you tear off your necktie? I got it for Christmas. Just waiting for a dark night to get rid of it. <laughs> got it with a bottle of drawer-off shampoo. <laughs> Well, sir, I tore off my necktie, and I could hear the roar of the train approaching. I dashes down the track and flags the train down, just in the nick of time. But, Mr. McGee, huh? if it was such a dark night, how did you ever make them see you in time? Oh, I just had a flair for that sort of thing. Billy <laughs> Mills with the orchestra and Tico Tico. McGee, I'm worried. What about, Snooky? Well, 
Here you sit doing crossword puzzles, and you're supposed to have a survey of the housing situation in Wistful Vista finished by 5.30. What time is it now? Five minutes to four. My gosh, time sure drags, don't it? <laughs> hey, what's the five-letter word meaning a large carnivorous feline animal? Uh, tiger. Tiger, eh? Mm, no, 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 that can't be right. Got to have a J in the middle of it. <laughs> On account of the perpendicular word is agent. <laughs> Agent is not spelt with a J. It's A-G-E-N-T. Oh, it can't be. I need the T in agent for the first letter of the capital of Massachusetts. <laughs> Trenton. <laughs> Trenton is in New Jersey. It is? Oh, doggone it, that throws the whole puzzle off. I had it almost finished. But how about the housing survey? You just can't sit here oh, and... Oh, don't worry about my housing survey, baby. I promise to have it done by 5.30 and I'll have it done. But you're not doing it. Oh, yes, I am. How? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I got people all over this town helping me. And they don't even know they're doing it. This is going to be the easiest 50 bucks I ever... Come in. Well, my goodness, Mrs. Carstairs. How do you do, Mrs. Carstairs? Good day, Mrs. McGee. And, uh, Mr. McGee. Hi, Carsty. Have a chair. Uh, thank you. Take two. They're small. <laughs> By comparison. Oh, McGee, I don't think Mrs. Carstairs is so large. You know, those mink coats make anybody look lumpy. <laughs> well, Mr. McGee must be wearing his minks under his suit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, if I hadn't fought the Battle of the Bulge any better... Uh, uh, can I brew you a slug of tea, Mrs. Carstairs? <laughs> Thank you, no, my dear. I just dropped in to tell you that our club, the Wistful Vista Musical Appreciation and Save Our Stately Old Elm Trees Club, <laughs> is planning a charity play, and we'd like you to be a member of the cast. What? Me act in a stage play? Oh, why, I'd be scared to death, Mrs. Carsty. Why, no, you wouldn't. What kind of a play are you putting on, Carsty? I thought we would do The Importance of Being Earnest. Oh, yes, by Hemingway. <laughs> well, let me know when you start rehearsals, Carsty. I had a lot of stage experience myself in my younger days. Oh, really? I was not aware that you had had any. Experience? Younger days. <laughs> My gosh, I had a vaudeville act for several years, Carsty. I and a guy by the name of Fred Nittany from Starved Rock, Illinois. <laughs> Song and dance act. Opened in one with the grass mat, see, for some fast patter, see. <laughs> then into an Indian club routine and a challenge buck. Finished full stage with a trampoline and an off-to-buffalo waving a little American flag. <laughs> I'll never forget what Variety said about me when they reviewed our act. Didn't you save the clipping, dearie? No, it had a typographical error in it. <laughs> When they told how I roused up the act, they spelled it with an L. Uh, one of our club members has written a play which we might do. It's a moral lesson on drinking in the English upper classes. Oh, what's the title of it, Mrs. Carstairs? Uh, Lady Chatterley's Liver, I believe. <laughs> Well, do think it over, Mrs. McGee. Good day. Good day, Miss Carstairs. Nice. Great play, that. Hmm. Boy, what an actress she'll make. Be all right in moving pictures, too. All I'd have to do is photograph her through the white of an egg. <laughs> oh, 
Well, personally, I think she's very aristocratic looking. Yeah, I like the way she looks down her nose at me. And with her nose, it's like sighting a squirrel rifle. Well, never mind, Mrs. Carstairs. What are you going to do about that housing survey? Do? Why, nothing. Just wait. Wait for what? For the results. But how on earth are you going to get results just sitting around here? Heavenly days, you've only got till 5.30, and it's almost 4.30 now. Is that all? Well, I still got time to finish this crossword puzzle. Oh, dear. What's a ten-letter word meaning creature with large horn growing from front of head? How many letters in Harry James? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, that's it. <laughs> oh, boy. Hello, folks. Hey, you going bowling tonight, pal? Nope, I can't, Junior. I'm working on a little job of work for the city. He's making a housing survey, Mr. Wilcox, he says. Oh, come on. Let's go bowling. You can't finish a housing survey in one day. Oh, I got to. I promised the mayor I'd have it finished by 5.30 tonight. 5.30? Well, it's mm -hmm. after 4 now. That's what I keep telling him, Mr. Wilcox, but he just sits there and he smiles at me like an old Egyptian... Um, an old Egyptian... Uh, like an old Egyptian. Yes. <laughs> Look, haven't you tackled something a little big for you this time, pal? How can you make a survey of a town this size in an hour and a half? Don't underestimate me, Junior. I got resources you never even dreamed of. Well, the tracks are all closed, so what good are they? What good or what? His racehorses. <laughs> I didn't say racehorses. I says racehorses. <laughs> If I'm smart enough to handle this job without running myself bow-legged, whose business is it? No danger you running yourself bow-legged, dearie. Hmm? You're so knock-kneed that when you walk upstairs, it looks like you just won a Charleston contest. <laughs> That's besides the point. What I mean is I got executive ability. I know how to delegate my work. You suppose the president of U.S. Steel spends his working hours peeking into blast furnaces? Well, maybe not, but... You suppose Mr. Campbell cooks all that soup himself, personal? <laughs> it's organization that counts, Junior. All an intelligent executive has got to do is sit back and tabulate results. Well, unless you get busy, McGee, you'll be able to tabulate your results on the fingers of a boxing glove. <laughs> Besides, Junior, the bowling alley probably won't be open VE day, you know. Sure it's open. My cousin runs it, Big Frankie Wilcox. Ah. Uh, and he says he'd keep open on VE day if he had to close every other day in the year. Why, Mr. Wilcox? Well, Big Frankie says there's a lot of soldiers and sailors in town that need inexpensive recreation, like bowling. He says he'd feel like a rat slamming the door in the faces of those fellows that made this day possible. And some of them on their way to the Pacific to do some more fighting. He says today they can all bowl free. Well, good for Big Frankie. Incidentally, are all your relatives named Big this and that? All but my cousin Albert. Mm -hmm. He's known as that Big so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, sure you won't go bowling with me, pal? He's got to keep his promise to the mayor, Mr. Wilcox. I'm sorry, Junior. Just tell Big Frankie I admire his doing business as usual on VE Day. Do the newspapers know how he stands on that? The reporters. We're talking to him this morning. They're going to. Going to what? Right up his alley. <laughs> so long, kids. <laughs> Hey, what time is it? Uh, 4.45. My watch says quarter to five. That's what I said. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what was I doing before Wilcox? Oh, yeah, my crossword puzzle. Now, let me see. 46 vertical. Mm -hmm. A three-letter word meaning an animal that gives milk. Could that be Joe, our milkman? <laughs> Look, sweetheart, you've hmm? got just three quarters of an hour to make your housing survey. Aren't you going to do something? Do what? Do anything. Go out and survey a house. Survey two houses. How on earth can you earn your $50 sitting there with a crossword puzzle? Now, 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 take it easy, kiddo, take it easy. Oh. I know what I'm doing. I told you I had this thing organized. All I gotta do is wait for the results. But what have you done to get results? <laughs> That's the secret of the whole thing. If I was to give away my professional methods, I'd be... Come in, come in. 
Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Molly. Hello, fossil puss. <laughs> Hi, Aerosmith. What's new in the world of medicine? As if you'd know. Oh, I managed to be conversant with modern medical techniques, my boy. Mm. Did you know that I'd discovered a new method of removing fish bones? My goodness, doctor, how do you do it? Just hand the plate to the head waiter and say, take the bones out of this trout, will you, buddy? <laughs> Saved myself many a bad moment that way. Yeah, and if the waiter charges as much for operating as you do, Capsule Happy, you'd better stick to spaghetti. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, what's the matter with you, Molly? You're as jumpy as a newsreel of Wilson's inauguration. Well, I don't know, Doctor. I guess I'm just jittery about McGee's job. McGee's job? Don't tell me little Dynamo here has lowered himself to the ranks of labor. <laughs> what short-sighted organization was desperate enough to take a chance like that? I'm doing a job for the municipality, Doctor. Making a survey of the housing situation. And he's supposed to have it done by 5.30 tonight. That gives him about 35 minutes, and he hasn't even been out of this house. If you expect me to fall on my clean-cut features in surprise, I'm sorry to disappoint you. It's a typical McGee enterprise. But aren't you extending your cervical vertebrae a trifle, droopy? <laughs> my what? I said, aren't you sticking your neck out a little? That's what I've been telling Dog you. Doggone it, I'm getting sick and tired of being told that. Just because I got my job systematized, everybody thinks I'm going to be a flop. Don't anybody give me credit for anything? Nobody who ever gave you credit for anything would. He says he's, uh, <laughs> he says he's going to have the results by 5.30, Doctor, but for the life of me, I don't see how he's going to do it. Well, I don't have to tell every Tom, Doc, and Molly how I handle things. <laughs> I got my methods. Look, frog leg, are you doing this as a labor of love, or are you by some miracle being paid by the city for the project? He's getting $50 for it, Doctor. In cash. $50? Yes. That does it. When I think of the acres of human flesh I have to poke, prod, and puncture for $50, and you getting the same stipend for sitting here on your gluteus maximus, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm tempted to hock my stethoscope and start a hot dog stand. Don't do it, fatso, don't do it. You couldn't cut the mustard. <laughs> Is that so? Why you four flushing little... I'll get it. 79 Wistful Vista, Molly McGee speaking. Who? Oh, yes, he's right here for you, Doctor. Oh, thank you. It's probably that head waiter, Doc, telling you your trout is out of the anesthetic. <laughs> Hello? Yes? Yes? Fell off the what? Well, is the body in pretty bad shape? It is, huh? Well, I'll be right over and examine it. Yes, right away. Sorry, folks, I gotta run along. Seventy days, Doctor, that sounded serious. It is. The filling station says my car just fell off the greasing rack. See you later. <laughs> King's men and his rocking horse ran away. I came home early this evening, took off my shoes to rest my feet. I stretched out on the sofa and was just dozing off to sleep. Bang went the bridge slap, down went the table, crash went the china tray. Our Willie couldn't help it. His rockin' horse ran away. Rip, rip went the curtain, wham went the window, crunch went the new buffet. I had to tell his mother, his rockin' horse ran away. Somehow Indians got into our front room. Our cowboy grabbed for his gun and went boom, 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 boom. Slam went the screen door tonight with the mirror, my head is turning gray. He smiles and what's the difference? And maybe on Father's Day, he remember when his rockin' horse ran away. Yeah.
Great Flap Dalvin Cable crashed from China train. Our Willie couldn't help it. His rockin' horse ran away. Rip, rip went the curtain. Wham went the window. Crunch went the new buffet. I had to tell his mother. His rockin' horse ran away. Somehow Indian got into our front room. Our cowboy grabbed for his gun and went boom, 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 boom. Slam went the screen door and smash went the mirror. My head is turning gray. I can't begin to stop him. He does it all in play. Crash went the curtain rod on my head. I'll never forget this day. Thirty-seven horizontal, a five-letter word meaning McGee. That's it, McGee. <laughs> How do you spell it? Oh, for goodness' sake, please. Huh? Please what? It's eighteen minutes after five. Do you realize that? Certainly. Notice how much later it gets dark these days. Summer will be here before the people in the city. Oh, do. darling, don't do this to me. Huh? You got about eleven minutes to finish your housing survey, and you haven't stirred out of that chair all afternoon. Oh, forget it. I'll have the complete results any minute now. Just relax, kid. 41 horizontal, a three uh, six-letter word. Oh, I can't stand this. I've got to have somebody to talk to. <laughs> oh, Beulah, Beulah. Somebody bowl for Beulah? <laughs> Hi, Beulah. Evening, sir. How's everything going, Beulah? Yeah, everything's copacetic, ma'am. Yeah, from the, the shrimps is all shucks and the rice is all fluffy and all, everything's all right with the world. <laughs> we having shrimp curry tonight, Beulah? We having a shrimp curry the likes of which you ain't never flang a lip across, Mr. McGee. <laughs> I'm telling you, the way I cook rice, make a mandarin close up his cookbook and commit chop suicide. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're the best cook I ever knew, Beulah. Oh, thank you, ma'am. That's what Ira said, too. Ira, that's my intended. Mm. <laughs> What's the status quo on your engagement, Beulah? Well, frankly, sir, the status ain't nothing to quo about. <laughs> that, that, that little manicurist in our neighborhood, she's a tough pocket of resistance, as they say in the newspapers. <laughs> Don't tell me Ira is serious about her, Beulah. Yes, ma'am, at the moment. I can only hope Ira realize sometime that it's gonna be happier going through life with a hot stove than a cold nail file. <laughs> By the way, Beulah, how did you celebrate VE Day this morning? I went to church, Mr. McGee. I say a little prayer for the boys that do such a good job over there in Europe. Oh, that was very nice, Beulah. Oh, ma'am, I wasn't in no mood for no whoop to do. <laughs> when you got a brother in the Navy like I have, still out there fighting in the Pacific, you was prone to save your confetti for another day. Well, it's still pretty good news, though, Beulah. Oh, yes, I ain't denying that. But I just can't help thinking there ain't no dancing in the streets in Manila. Well, maybe law will be over pretty soon, and... Ira and me can get married and settle down. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you and Ira going to live when you get married, Beulah? Oh, we're so mad. We just thought we'd get us a little truck farm and raise our own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Tomatoes and children and boys, too, of course. And uh, maybe a few ducks and a couple of cows. Ah, ducks and cows. That's the thing, Beulah. The perfect midnight snack. Midnight snacker? Yeah, quackers and milk. Oh. Quackers and milk, ducks and cows. <laughs> Too bad Beulah didn't say. <laughs> I love that man.
and vertical, a three-letter word meaning... Uh, McGee, you just have three minutes. Three minutes for How a while. can you sit there and be so calm? Heavenly days, you promised the city you'd have that housing survey done by 5.30, and here it is, 5.28, and you... My goodness, what's that? What's what? Listen. Heavenly days, it's out in front, McGee, look. What are all those people out there for? Aha, those are my results, kiddo. Quick, how many are there? Why, there's hundreds of them, and they're all looking at our house. Huh. McGee, what's happening? Get a pencil, quick. Help me count them. Check them off as they come up the walk. I see at least 100, 125, 220. More like 325. Well, call it 400 in round numbers. Or maybe I ought to sit... Uh-oh. Hello? Oh, Mr. Mayor? Yeah, yeah, it's all finished. Right on time. Yep. You need homes for 405 people. That's correct. Yep, 405. Okay, Jake. I'll be right down to pick up the check. Uh, McGee, what on earth did you do? I just stuck an ad in the paper, that's all. Room for rent, 79 Whistle Vista. <laughs> Call in person at 530. Come on, let's get out the back door and go collect that $50. <laughs> gentlemen, this is one of the days we've been looking forward to for so long. This is one of the days for which men left their wives and children, their jobs and their professions, to put on uniforms and give their days and their lives to end tyranny and aggression, we hope, forever. But this is just one of the days. There's another day coming, and may it be soon, when we can celebrate complete victory. But to leave our jobs now and quit when the task is only half finished would be false to the wives and children our fighting men left behind. Perhaps you know that radio programs like this one are recorded and sent to our fighting forces everywhere overseas for their entertainment and to bring them a smile or two from home. This is our job, the thing we know best how to do. So let's all keep going, keep working, and keep faith with the ones who are still doing battle for the things we believe in. Good night. Good night, all. This is the National Broadcasting Company. May 8th, 1945, VE Day in Europe. The McGee and Molly Show. Well, I just finished my popcorn. I still need to do a couple of things, so we're going to play a 15 minute show next. But let's set up here. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity of being here. 
What's our family? What the people who fought and served and died during World War II? What the offsprings of those of those young men and women today? Help us do your will in everything we possibly do, Lord. Look after the needy, the poor, the hungry, people who need guidance, Lord. Look after each one of us. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Alright. Let's go pull out the VE Day special of Dick Tracy next here on Yesterday USA. Jaws Profession. Alt tab, 5845 folder, Dick Tracy 5845. Unloading job cap, OK, enter, 5845. And now, Dick Tracy! Reminder, to ask you if you've started saving for that war bond yet. As you know, this month is the big seventh war loan drive. Now, maybe buying bonds isn't exactly a glamorous job, but few uh, jobs are, especially the kind of jobs that the guys in the infantry have. Take Corporal John Orcutt, for instance. He was on the Siegfried line, and his job was repairing brakes and wire lines to see the communication service was maintained. During seven hard weeks of fighting there, Corporal Orcutt constantly braved enemy fire to fix broken telephone wires. And more than once, he lifted his carbine and picked off a few German snipers before returning to his repair job. Almost every move that he made was in the open, under steady fire. Corporal Orcutt did his job and later was awarded the Bronze Star Medal. Are we here at home doing our job, buying war bonds and stamps? Remember that the war in Europe is over, but the war in the Pacific is still going on. It costs plenty of money. Uncle Sam will need just as much this year as he did last year. Money that we lend him with our purchases of war bonds and stamps. And now, Dick Tracy. In yesterday's story, Dick and Pat did their best to learn all about the neighborhood that had been terrorized by a gang of young hoodlums who called themselves the Nighthawks. Finally calling on Dick's old friend, Mike Flanagan, they learned of conditions that were mighty serious and made arrangements through Flanagan to meet a couple of the boys who had been victims of the gang hoping that this interview might also explain the reason why the boys no longer went to their boys' club, run by Ronald Framer. Today we find Dick Patton Jr. in their car. Tracy is explaining to Jr. some of the facts of the case. Listen. Hey, you see, Jr., Pat and I went to see Mike last night, and it's through him we'll be able to meet these boys. Uh, apparently, they're friends of his. That's right. He said they'd like to come in and have him tell them stories. Sounds like quite a man. Uh, he is, Jr. One of the finest men I've ever met. And he's lived in the same house since long before the days of the automobile. But these Nighthawks that you mentioned, what sort of boys are they? Are they about as old as I am? Well, I'm not sure, Junior. That's one of the things I want to clear up tonight. I thought I'd have you with us so the boys would feel a little more at ease. You want me to ask him any special questions? No, I don't think that'll be necessary. Uh, Dick promised Mike Flanagan that he wouldn't make the boys squeal in any members of the gang. I wouldn't want to do that either. Unless, of course, they'd been doing something serious enough to warrant it. 
Tell me, Vic, why didn't you treat that robbery just like any other case? Uh, you mean that business at Bickleford's? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty sure, Junior, that the job was done by members of this Nighthawk gang. If so, I'd hesitate to arrest the boys and throw them in jail. Yeah, that's a decent way to feel, Dick. Although, in the eyes of the law, they're regular criminals. Well, it's been my experience that jailing wouldn't cure the situation that exists. Uh, Pat. Yes, Dick? Uh, better pull over here and park the car. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Here we are. I don't want to go to Mike's house the same way we did last night. Uh, neither do I. Not with milk bottles crashing within inches of my head. Bunch around here. I'm glad you two are with me. Well, you take this thing to the back of my town, then cut through the alley. That way, nobody will see us. I called Mike during the day and told him to leave the back door open. Yeah, down this way. Golly, Dick, I just can't get it through my head why fellas from a neighborhood like this, or any other for that matter, wouldn't be glad to go to a club like the one Mr. Framer's given them. Well, that'll all come out in time. I hope we can clear it up before some of these boys have to go to jail. At least that'd teach them a lesson. Yes, Junior, it would. But not the kind of lesson I want them to have. Now, here we are. These stairs lead up to Mike's back door. Well, well, step in, step in. Hello, Mike. Hello, Dick Pat. Hello, Mike. I'm not saying anything to the young man till I get him into the light. Oh, so that's it. I wondered if you didn't like my looks or something. Looks have little to do with it where I'm concerned. It's a man's eye I look at and the feel of his handshake. Now, let's step in here. Now, sit down, sit down. My boys will be here any minute now. My bones are starting to creak. It's this late spring that does it. Now, Junior... Come over here and stand in front of me. Hmm. Uh, Good-looking boy. Uh, shake hands. How do you do, Mr. Flanagan? You'll do. You'll do fine. And you're going to grow into a fine man. You can sit down now. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mike, uh, did you have any trouble getting the boys to come here? Not in the least. You see, the name of Dick Tracy is one to conjure with. <laughs> no, they said... That... Ah, there they be now. Uh, you want me to let them in, Mike? No, Pat, I'll go. I always answer the door myself. All right, now, all right. How oh, that fella stood it all these years, I never knew. Gee, Dick, he seems like a grand old man. He is, Junior. He's done more good for the people in this neighborhood than anyone else. Now, just go on in, the two of you, and make yourselves known. Remember, he may be Dick Tracy to you, but he's just as much a friend of mine. Well, here they are, Dick. Oh, come in, boys. I'm Dick Tracy. This is Pat Patton. And this is Junior. How do you do? Hi, fellas. Well, speak up, speak up. Has the cat got your tongue? Well, there'll be nothing to do but for me to make the introductions. Dick, this little man is Roger Sweeney. Hello, Roger. And this one is Fabian McAllister. Hello, Fabian. Now say, how do you do, or I'll snatch you both bald-headed. How do you do? Oh, oh, sit down, boys, and don't look so scared. Come on over and sit on this couch alongside of me. Plenty of room for the three of us. Gee, thanks. I'll sit in the middle. <laughs> There, how's that? That's okay. Hey, the fellas call you Fabe? That's right. It's short for Fabian. I'm kind of glad I do, because I don't like the name Fabian. I don't see anything wrong with it. It's no worse than going through life being called Junior. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Roger? Well, I was just thinking of what you'd say if you knew my middle name. What is it? Oh, I don't want to say. Come on, Roger, tell him. Honest, Junior, it's no worse than Fabian. Yeah, go ahead, Roger, tell me. Well, I'll tell you if you promise you won't call me by it. It's okay, it's a promise. Runny me. What? Runny Mead. Gosh, that is a name. 
Runnymede. Yeah, some of the guys found it out, and they began to call him Runny Nose. Boy, that was a day. I guess Roger had to lick three guys the same day. Yeah, that's the day Fabe and I became friends. He came to my rescue and wouldn't let the other fellas pile on me. He made them let me take them one at a time. Gee, that must have been something. And by the way, Roger, it looks as though somebody has been calling your names again. Where did you get that black eye? I said, where did you get that eye? Do I have to tell? Oh, I don't think Mike will insist. After all, a man's got the right to have a black eye once in a while. Gee, certainly a beaut. Purple, blue, green, and a little touch of yellow. Say, what does the other guy look like? <laughs> uh, tell me, Roger. Have you been to Mr. Framer's boys' club lately? No, I haven't, Mr. Tracy. Neither have I. Now, what's the reason? I remember you used to tell me how much you enjoyed it. Well, well we I had a quit on a just had a little trouble. One at a time now, one at a time, so we can get the straight of it. You tell him, Rog. Okay. Well, we wouldn't mind going to the club, but the rest of the gang lie in wait for us and give us the winks. That's why I got this eye. Sure, that's where he got that eye. He went up there to finish a ship's model he started, and they give it to him on the way home. Yeah, and he busted in last night and wrecked the place. Broke all the airplane models and swiped the tools and just made a mess of the place. And that's why we come here tonight, Mr. Tracy. Roger and I talked it over, and we thought if we told you all about it, you could put those guys where they belong. Yeah, it's been going on for months. And it's just because we won't join their gang on night hooks. That's right. I got a note last night. It was shoved under my desk at school. It said, I better join up while I had the chance. But I'm not gonna. Neither am I. Well, it was only last night some woman had her purse stolen while she was walking along the street. Now, I'd never do a thing like that. Yeah, that case was reported to me. Gee, it was? Yes, and I have a pretty good description of the boys who did it. For once, the woman kept her head. Of course, she was excited when she called me up, but her description was mighty accurate. Accurate enough so we could send men out looking for the boys. Yeah, I bet you don't get them. What makes you so sure of that? Gee, I feel the same way. Why are you both so sure? Because they've been getting away with stuff like that for months. Why, Johnny... Art? Name, no names. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Flanagan. That's all right, Fabian. Go ahead with your story, but be a little more careful. Yeah, okay, I'll try to be. Well, you know, I've had some experience in matters of this sort. And always the gang has to have a hideout to operate successfully. Do you think these boys have? I'm sure of it. Sounds as if they were a professional gang. They are, Junior, and mighty well organized. Any idea how many in the gang? Oh, I'd say between 15 and 20. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a question I'm sure you won't mind answering. Uh, what are their ages? Oh, they're all about like us, maybe a couple years younger, some a couple years older. And I suppose, like all gangs, they have a leader? Well, all I have to say is that Pat and I are going to put a stop to all this, and we're going to do it right now. Gee, would you want us to spread the weight around that Dick Tracy was after them? No. Not a word of it. No, sir, I forbid it. You boys aren't to say one single word about meeting and talking with the inspector. And I agree with that completely, Mike. Now, I'm going to tell you something about my plans. Maybe you two will be able to help me a little while later. But for the present, mum's the word. You know, Dick, this may not have been such a good idea of yours to prowl this neighborhood. I don't like the idea of getting knocked on the skull with a brick or something. Well, I want to learn a little more about the neighborhood, Pat. And I want an excuse to get out of the house and leave the three boys alone. Uh, they certainly seem to hit it off with Junior. Uh, when we left, they were going in one of the back rooms of Mike to look at his collection of pictures of battle flags. Turn this alley, Pat. Now stop right here. Hey, what's up? We're being followed. Stand here in the shadows. No noise now. couple of boys. You think they were trailing us? I'm pretty sure of it. I know how we can find out, though. Follow me. Yeah, what are you going to do? Walk around the block a bit and see if the same two boys... Wait a minute. I see them. They 
just passed under that street light ahead. And they were joined up by two other boys. Now they split up. And the pair that followed us have gone on. A new pair are waiting near the side of that house. And one of the second pair of boys is a brown leather jacket on. Yeah, I saw that. And they're pretty big, too. Well, if I didn't know better, I'd think they were grown men. Come on, Pat. Let me see if what I think is right. The minute we turn this corner, duck in the nearest doorway. Sure did. Come on, let's go. In a moment, we return to Dick Tracy. But first, boys and girls, it's second message time on this VE Day. You know, when we buy war bonds, we're lending our government money to buy many things from bombers down to bullets. Yes, and those small bullets are plenty important, too. Just ask anyone in the infantry. They use millions of them. And when they don't have them, well, that's not going to happen. Not as long as we continue to deliver the goods. And that reminds me of a story about something that happened in Italy when the going was toughest. An American machine gun section had been fighting off a determined German assault. They had succeeded so far, but they desperately needed more belts of bullets. Fifty yards away from the group was an American infantryman who sized up their, sized up their, their situation. Grabbing a box of ammunition, he ran courageously toward the machine gunners, his rifle bullets hitting inches from him, artillery shells bursting within 15 yards. But he delivered the goods at the risk of his life. Have you been delivering the goods? Those machine gun bullets can't go forward without your war bonds. And your war bonds start them on the trip to the front. Send our fighting infantrymen the ammunition they need. It's up to you and up to me, to all of us, to buy those bullets with war bonds. And now back to Dick Tracy. Robbery, 24 East Boulevard. Cars nine and five proceed there. That is all. Step on it, Pat. Immediately, Tracy's thoughts turned to the gang known as the Nighthawks. Is this another of their crimes? You'll know tomorrow, so tune in again, same time, same station, for The Adventures of Dick Tracy, directed by Wiley Adams. This is George Gunn speaking. Boys and girls, every day, thousands and thousands of new friends join the ranks of fans who faithfully follow the adventures of Dick Tracy and Pat Patton. We don't mean just youngsters, either. No, indeed, there are plenty of grown-ups who are listening in, too. And did you know this? All over America, and in other countries as well, more than 200 newspapers feature the daily adventures of Dick and Pat. And each weekday, another episode of Dick Tracy, one of your favorite radio broadcasts, comes to you at the same time over more than 100 radio stations from coast to coast. So listen to Dick Tracy Monday through Friday. Don't miss tomorrow's chapter. Listen to Dick Tracy on the Trail of the Nighthawks. This is the Blue Network of the American Broadcasting Company. May 8th, 
JAWS Professional Windows Logo Graphic. Alt-Tab, Patricia from FL Home, Bill Brown. Alt-Tab. Alt-Tab, Patricia from FL, Alt-Tab. Alt-Tab, Skype Trademark Tab, Online Tab, Walden Tab, Search, Active, Favorite. Ray from Sh Jim Tail, Patricia from FL Home, Application, Send, Invite to Enter, Leaving Menus, Patricia from Unloading Job, Can't, OK, Enter. Working. You have me. Hello there. Hello. 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 Are we on the air? Sure are. It's five minutes after <laughs> eleven. Oh well, Walden does this all the time, so please don't be disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 oh poor Walden. It's my routine. I, you know, I my public persona is not different than my private persona. I'm just a goofy. Either way. What you see is what you get? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm goofy. In this case, what you hear is what you get. That's right. I am goofy everywhere, publicly and privately. Oh, my gosh. I like you when you're goofy. You do? I mean, I like when you're goofy. I like you anyway. Oh, uh, gee. Gee. You're, what? You, 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 you just like these goofballs. What can I say? Yes, I know. I'm a goofball kid. <laughs> this is true. You know what I have for you? Yes, my dear. I have some comic book sales from the um, Heritage Auctions. Perfect. Considering we just heard of Dick Tracy, I think the timing is perfect. Really? Mm-hmm. Th yeah, I think this is highway robbery, too. <laughs> 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 Willikers. You know. Now, these cannot be up to date because they have been moving quite a, quite a bit along. But anyway, current bid they list as $7,500 for an amazing Spider-Man. This is a whole comic. You know... Sort of sort of good, yeah. You know, it's just too bad your mom threw away your brother's comic book. You, 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 you oh, my gosh. You could have you could have been the keeper of the family fortune and and kept track of all this and, and sell them when you needed some cash. This would have been perfect. And his baseball cards, too. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He had some goodies. And even my brother in Colorado said something about not having his baseball cards. <laughs> he had one of the rare Babe Ruths, oh and I don't gosh. know, oh I gosh. know what else. He, he was just, we had almost had tears in his eyes when he told me about them. Um, oh my gosh. That's how come all of these are so valuable, because mm -hmm. so many mothers threw the others out. Whoever thought that who ever thought that mothers uh, 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 mothers of America would be the indirect makers of people making fortunes, huh? Yeah, but it wasn't us. No, no. Well, then you never got a fortune from comic books. No, I didn't buy too. I didn't have too many comic books. And I I got when I was buying comic books. Well, when my dad would buy comic books. I think we a package of three for a quarter. And I remember Spider-Man. I what, I what I also remember, speaking of comic books, talking about good memories. Um, the only time I was in my uncle Walden's pharmacy, and he had mm -hmm. one of the old-fashioned uh, soda fountains. And I remember as a little kid, like you know, must have been six or something. Yeah. Being up at the counter and looking through his comic book collection. Oh. I mean, I, 
Uncle Walden, why didn't you keep one of everyone that went through your stores over the 40 years? We could have inherited a few bucks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and the answer is, of course, across the board, who would have known that they were they were going to be as famous as they are? But I think I mentioned to you, this, and I still think it's such a wonderful story, because my mom and Uncle Jim live in a small town of 4,200 people. Mm-hmm. And it only had one movie theater owned by the family from the beginning to the end, from 1929 until they finally sold it in the mid-'80s to their employees. Mm-hmm. And what they kept, they kept the movie posters and lobby cards for every film that ever ran in that place from 1929 until the end. Oh, that, where are they now? And they kept them all, and they took them back to Florida. So they're in an attic in Florida. Do you know where in Florida? <laughs> Past Yahoo Junction, so on the other side. <laughs> Yahoo Junction. Junction. Yeah. No, you have to do better than that. <clears throat> Now, this is the person who's going to rescue all of these things for you. So you have to help me with directions. Or, okay. I, or I will ask Mom tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. we're not going to church tomorrow because we are barricaded in. Tomorrow is the, the, mall is the annual Orange County Marathon. And it, oh, my word. And the ending place is right the three blocks from our house. So they have barricaded all the streets around here starting this evening to allow all these runners to get to the to the to the finish line. So you get some extra sleep. I get some extra sleep. So we figure it's just gonna be too difficult to get out of here. So I can I can Indeed. Um, we'll get to church at <coughs> home. We'll do we'll do we'll hold the church service at home. So oh gee. <laughs> but you know Will you really? Oh yeah. I'll turn on do my Bible study and I'll record that my church service, you know. Anyway, so, yeah, we will be barricaded in tomorrow until mid-afternoon. I'll say you are. Until afternoon. Phew. Yeah. Phew. Yeah, so I will ask Mom to give us the Marsh family address, and that way I can send you over and you can knock on the door. I said, uh, Walden told me to come over to pick up a few items. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me screen them first. <laughs> Would he recognize your name? Oh, of course. Oh, okay. Of course. Okay. Then he would know that I'm actually representing you. That's right. You're, you're the keeper. You, you, well, actually, you can just you can say you're my uncle's representative. That would have more weight, and and you know because you know my uncle Jim is sort of a legendary figure in that small town. So it, you know you can just say I am Jim the Great representative. He'll recognize that too. Oh huh? yeah. Spreads family through family. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, you know how small towns are. I mean, you grew up in a small town. Oh, yes. Everybody knew everybody. And even if we children didn't know everybody, they knew my father. Well. And if we did anything naughty, guess who got told? Mm-hmm. Wasn't you. It wasn't me. <laughs> it was my father. My, my, uh, our, my mom grew up one of her best friends, Joe. Joe lived across the street, and and so he loved going to 
the opera in the big city, you know, like in mm-hmm. Lincoln or Omaha, which is a couple hours to drive. But he didn't want the neighbors to know when he was out. So when at nighttime, he never turned on his light. So he always drove out in the dark and drove back <laughs> into the town in the dark. <laughs> so thank you. What, what was he? I don't know. Just what was he afraid of? Probably just 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 talk in the in the neighborhood. You know. Oh, where's Joe going tonight? You know. Oh, that okay. That kind of stuff. I thought there was a specific item, no. like the poster, no. that he was protecting. No. Okay. Uh, he with the uh, his family owned a chain of dime stores. I think they were called ben- Benjamin Franklin. With the, the with the chain that you know, you could buy mm-hmm. it from, and so. He was the one that so they owned several banks, and so that's what he did. Dimes, you know, they uh, merchants in the dime stores. So when he moved to California, up in Northern California, you know, here he moved into a very exclusive community. You know, doctors, bankers, and you know, all the. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they, at the cocktail party, he who he he was always the life of the party. <laughs> and so they always asked him, especially if they were the first time ever. Well, what did you do for a living? And so Joe said, and he, he was a character, well, I was in the banking business. And the reason why he said that is owning the mark time, you, you took the money to the bank every day. So I, that's where he claimed I, I was in the banking business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. See, creativity just floods through your family. Well, he was still he was he was a wonderful devoted Catholic and this the the the, um, the town that he retired to was the place where the birds were shot you know the Alfred Hitchcock movie oh yes and and there's a, that little church and at age seventy he was still the altar boy in the church oh, oh my goodness <laughs> you can see they didn't have too many children running around in that particular I town. guess not. <laughs> I guess not. Is there anybody able? Can we recruit anybody this year? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> not yet. Oh dear. That's funny. Yeah. That is funny. Well, your mom doesn't have to send his address because if somebody steals the stuff, I'm the only one who got his address. So. Oh yeah. You know, it was like one of the. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess at the time he was a news broadcaster <clears throat> on one of the major stations and he would go out and get, you know, do some interviewing of people from hot stories and stuff. So <laughs> he said one time, he said, I don't ever let anybody tell me anything off the record, anything. Mm. And he said, when he interviews people, if they say off the record, he said, that means me too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and his philosophy was, and I agree with it, if it's off the record, I don't want to hear it either. True. Because if you tell it to me and and it comes back to you, who did you tell? Mm-hmm. Me. Yeah. So he never got himself into that kind of a tangle. I was. So, I was anyway, I if you risk the address on me, <laughs> then when you hear it back, I'm the only one who could have done it. Well. I didn't notice. I was looking yesterday. Our friend Jim Taylor. Um, oh, I got to open the phone lines. Our friend Jim Taylor would tell me there's a 
May 7th broadcast on a past daily about VE Day. Mm-hmm. And, and so I looked for it, didn't find it, but I found an article, and I was listening to a newscast last night, where there were 16 reporters swore to secrecy about, and they were there for the signing of the India of the, the battle in Europe. One of the 16 reporters leaked out the st- parts of the story before they were supposed to. Uh-oh. 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 So, I haven't, got, I haven't Googled to find out whatever happened to that reporter. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, they must have been able to track him down I one out of 16. So. Especially when, when the first reporter at CBS, this, this news reporter, announced... Uh, one of us decided to disclose the story early. Hmm, that that was pretty headline news. Yeah. Hello there, you're on the air with Patricia Walden. This is Chad Ballou reporting live from I, the second annual Great Lakes Nostalgia Convention. I didn't think you were going to be awake, Chad. Well, I didn't think you were going to open the phone line. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Chad. So how is stuff? Oh, stuff in Michigan. Are you here to report anything? Well, it didn't snow this year like it did last year, and I'm still getting that echo. Well, that's, I'm sorry. Hmm. I'm sorry, too. Do you get it from me, too? No. Just from me. Well, maybe. No, <laughs> I know, but when we, when we talk, you get an echo. Or when you talk. That is correct. When you talk, okay, not my problem. So I guess what you could just do, kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I guess what you could is stick stick your ears, and then that way you don't hear yourself, right? But then I don't hear you. That's a problem, isn't it? Well, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the update for you or from you? How is Michigan? Michigan is beautiful. It rained the first day and the second day I was here. But it, the sun came out and it warmed up a little bit and it was nice. Is it, be- is it more beautiful than Nebraska? Uh, it's about the same as Nebraska was when I left it. Okay. It's degrees cooler. So how did you get there this time? Did you drive? Did you carpool with somebody? How, how was the trip? I took the bus. You have interesting travels, don't you? I mean, yeah, you do. Would you like to hear my... I have never traveled on a bus, Chad. Never. Tell me what it's like. Well, it's cramped. You can't get <laughs> your legs out very well. Okay. You can't sleep very well because of the cramp. Um, it is somewhat entertaining because of the interesting variety of people that are on the bus with you. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to hear a bus story? Yes. Sure. Okay, um, I got on at Chicago to come. I changed buses at Chicago to come here to Kalamazoo. Okay. And um, the two people sitting behind me were ex-convicts, and they were comparing prisons and which ones you want to go to and which ones you don't. (laughs) Oh, how comforting. (laughs) It sounds like an Agatha Christie. Uh, she, yeah. She, boy, you you don't live a um, children's life, do you? I mean, I've never had that experience, Chad. 
No. No, it's not like everybody has a convict behind them. <laughs> and then you get a pair of them. This is good. Did you take any notes? No, I was just trying to sleep. What did which, hmm. what person said them better than the other? Did you figure that one out? Um, no, I kind of fell asleep halfway through it. <laughs> oh, Chad. For anyone who is still listening with us, Chad is our musician, yes. and now he is traveling from old-time radio to old-time radio conventions, and he is playing at the conventions, so he can fill us in on everything. So go ahead, fill us more in. Well, first of all, did he take the bus from Nebraska to Chicago? How did this all work out? Yeah, from Omaha to Chicago, um, and then a transfer to a different bus to Kalamazoo. So how many hours was it from Omaha to Chicago? Um, Too many hours, huh? And it's nine and a bit. And then how much from Chicago to Kalamazoo? Oh, just under three hours, I think. Well, for that distance, I don't think that's terrible. That's not bad at all. No, it's not terrible. So are you going to go back on the bus tomorrow? Yes, I am. What time are you leaving in the morning? Um, actually, I'm leaving in the afternoon, evening sometime. Ah. I have to get my ticket. Okay. So what happens if... Okay, go ahead, Patricia. What happens if you lose your ticket? Um, I'd have to buy another one, I think. Would you really? They, they wouldn't give you any consideration. Hmm. I doubt it. That's too bad. That's why That's I'm... That's really a shame. So did you leave Nebraska then on Wednesday? Yes, late Wednesday evening. So you got in Kalamazoo Thursday afternoon? Well, Oh, late Thursday morning. Okay. So what was the first thing that happened? Did you find the hotel, or what, what was the first thing you did on Thursday? Yes, I did that. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, pulling to Kalamazoo uh -huh. to what looks like an old train station, uh, circa Ooh. 1930s. It looks really neat from the outside, mm -hmm. and then you walk inside, and it looks like a 1930s train station. And they have a bus ticket counter on the right side, and then the train tickets on the left side, and it looks like the 1930s ticket offices. Mm. So it looks really Oh, my neat. goodness. So that fits with the convention. Okay. And then went to the hotel through the rain and um, got a room and slept a little bit, and then went over in the evening and... People were gathering and visiting, and they had a uh, meet and greet around 7, but people were meeting and greeting before that. Hey, so who did, you get to, who did you get to see Thursday night? Did you see Beverly, Ivan, and Don, basically, or some other people? Yes, Sam and some other people, yes. Good. Um, a bunch of people, some that have been to the other conventions, and some that have been to Kalamazoo each year. And a few new faces. And that's about all there was on Thursday. Okay. And then on, fr and on Friday, what happened on Friday? 
Okay, let's see if I can remember this all. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, had breakfast with Ivan and Beverly. Good. And a few other people. Good. For an hour and a half, which was fun. Got to visit and pick their brains. Yeah. Um, what did you find in their brains? Information. <laughs> Seriously, I wonder when you have a conversation, <clears throat> excuse me, or have an opportunity to have a conversation with someone like Beverly, what do you, what do you want her to share with you, with any of them you have spoken with? That's a good question. Uh, sometimes you just follow the conversation, then you question occurs to you, and you ask about something, and. She told different stories about her career and Jack Benny mm -hmm. and Ooh. stuff like that. And, okay. Ivan and you will mention them to us. I can't remember them all. Some of them are ones that she's told on interviews that Walden has done. So some uh -huh. of them are And then Ivan Curry told stories right. about directing and how he directed and some of the things he did and some of the shows he liked, stuff like that there. Yes, and you're well-trained, stuff like that there. So, yes, that's very good. So, so, so <coughs> was the no. restaurant in the, in the hotel, or did you guys go some, somewhere else to have breakfast? Yeah, they had a restaurant right there, mm -hmm. which serves breakfast and supper, but no dinner. So that was interesting. Ah, okay. So what was the next thing after breakfast? Was it to get ready to rehearse, or what was their next step? Well, they had a viewing room at 10 o'clock, which I didn't get to because we were still having breakfast and visiting. Okay. And um, then at 11 o'clock, they had a sound effects workshop. Um, John Ramlow demonstrated some sound effects mm -hmm. and uh, techniques, and Joy Jackson did as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's about 45 minutes or so, and people got to ask questions. And it's kind of informal, but it's fun. I learned some things. Okay. And then people break for lunch, but um, I had such a big breakfast that I didn't eat anything. I think just kind of okay. visited and walked through the dealer's room mm -hmm. uh, and visit people. Did, did who, anybody we know was in the dealer's room? Was Martin up there? Yes, he was. Good. And... Um, Kalamazoo Group Convention Arts Council themselves had a table and they were selling some stuff. And then um, Bob, is it Bob Burnham? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. Yes, yep. he was there selling some stuff. Okay. And they had a table set up for Ivan Curry and Beverly Washburn, but I don't think I ever saw them in there at that table. Right. So that's what there was for dealers. Oh, and, uh, no, he wasn't a dealer. Uh, Terry Salmonson was here, but I think he was just visiting. Yeah, probably just visiting. If he had anything, maybe he'd get put on Martin's table. Who knows? Yeah. I didn't see any log books. Ah, okay. I think it was mostly just stuff that Martin Grams had. Okay. And then, um, at 1 o'clock, Don Ramlow did a presentation on, uh, science fiction in the 40s and 50s, which dealt with a lot of the pulp magazines and 
in the comics and how some of those characters ended up in movies and television and radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I missed the first half of that, or first part of that, but I didn't get all of it. Okay. And then Martin Graham did his presentation on Renfrew of the Mounties, Patricia's favorite show. That's true. It's, it's a pretty interesting presentation from what he's, they've been able to find of the show since apparently a lot of that stuff got thrown out of from some archive years ago. And I think he found a source in a barn. He's going to be going to a barn this summer to find more scripts. So, so who ever thought that a barn would be at a warehouse of old-time radio material? Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> They've been every place else. <laughs> Chad, I missed what my favorite show was. Renfro you of the Mountain. You said a show? Renfro of the Mountain. Mountie. Oh, that, that would be Blair of the Mounties? It's called Renfro. But uh, I think you're right. I think Blair of the Mounties is a different show. Did, did yeah. you have Renfro on one of your awful shows? I think was it was Blair. Blair. I think Patricia think I think Patricia believes it's Blair of the Mounties. It was her awful show. Mm. Now I have to go look. Oh, dear. Yeah, oh. It, it doesn't matter. Oh. It doesn't yes, it matter. Does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. after that, at the usual 3 o'clock time slot, they had a uh, audition where anybody could audition for things. Pretty standard. Uh, you sure you did not? You didn't audition this year, right? Well, I was there. Um... I thought that I'd like to audition for the part of Meredith Wilson in the Burns and Allen show since I was doing the music, but they didn't audition for that part. They just read little snippets of some of the other scripts, which is interesting hearing different people do different things with different voices for different characters and fun to listen to. After that, they had a panel about composing music for audio theater, which is interesting. Kind of a lot of the stuff that I've been doing. And Were you on the panel? No, I wasn't. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> I would have had you, you on the panel. You can tell he's on your side. I would have <coughs> had you on the panel. Well, the local group, All Ears Theater, apparently has two or three different people who write music. Uh-huh. They had one of them there uh, talking about how how they do it for their shows since their shows are actually broadcast on the radio. So, so did you learn anything or did, uh, how they did it differently than you? Or did you uh, compare notes or anything later? It's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Standard way of doing music views in radio, television, films. It's kind of all similar. Okay. Stuff that I've kind of been doing. But it's interesting to hear somebody talk about how they did it. The panel like 45 so minutes long, Chad. What do you think the length of the panels normally were? Yeah, most of them, they, they scheduled 45 minutes. Okay. They came in pretty much on time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was, might have been a rehearsal right after that. Later in the evening, they had our Miss Brooks and my friend Irma, and I was 
doing music for our Miss Brooks uh, with Beverly Washburn playing Miss Brooks and Ivan Curry playing um, Walter Denton. Okay. Okay. They did the Halloween episode. Ah. And Ivan Curry does the greatest Walter Denton ghost. <laughs> really? Yes, it just it just cracked me up anyway. It was pretty funny. I I do <laughs> I can't tell I am such a literalist. And you said it was pretty funny. Do you mean it was a great imitation or it was strange the way he did it? It wasn't ex- maybe not exactly an imitation, but um try to imagine Walter Denton doing a ghost and then try to imagine somebody else playing Walter Denton doing a ghost. It's just he just came up with a really funny ghost sound and since it's a comedy. Good. Okay. <clears throat> good, good, good. And uh, they That's interviewed fair. Yes. No, go ahead. Hey. Got a show with my friend Irma? Yeah, but um did Beverly play Irma, or did they have somebody else do that? No, this this was those were the day's players. Okay. I think that's Randy Larson's group. Yeah, out of Chicago. Uh huh. Yeah, they had somebody else play my friend Irma. Okay. And I don't remember who it was. Right. And they did an interview with Ivan Curry, uh, talking about his career, how he got started, and some of the things he did, and mm-hmm. getting into directing and writing his books. And I found out, and I didn't remember hearing this before, that he did the Bobby Benson television show for a year, year and a half or so, about once a week, huh. live, huh. unscripted. I did not know that. I did not know that. It was improvised. They just had an outline, and they had to improvise a half-hour show. Interesting. We're going to have to ask that to Ivan the next time he's on. Yes, you'll have to do that. Mm-hmm. He's celebrating his 80th birthday in June, everybody. He's going to be in... Oh, my goodness. He's going to be in France. <coughs> he's taking the barge to go down the uh, f- the river and to celebrate his 80th birthday, so... And I found out he also enjoys photography. Ah. And he's on Instagram, so you can follow him on Instagram if you want to. Okay. Moving into the 21st century. His book, by the way, everybody, he was, of course, a college professor who taught uh, camera and TV and things like that, and his book is now in his fifth printing. Ooh. Yeah, so he's pretty happy about that. So I asked Ivan when we were having dinner down at Reps, okay, so did you use your own textbook just to make sure you got royalties? He said, yes, I did. So that's one way to make sure you pick up a few extra dollars. Good stuff. Yeah. So what time did they close Friday night? I did, Was Ivan saying the last thing Friday night, or did they have something else? His thing was actually before the recreation. Okay. And then there, there was Armis Brooks and my friend Irma, and then the traditional trivia bowl with Dan Hughes. And this year, we got our both of our judges, which was Martin Grams and Terry Tomlinson, and there were five teams of four people. I think a couple actually had five people. Mm-hmm. 
have, I think, the usual team that usually wins one again. Okay. Which is, mm, boy. <clears throat> but I don't know Thank if they have themselves like they have in the past. The comics are all some straight shooters, but it's pretty much yeah. the same people. Okay. Yeah. It was still fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, So, the, working back to the trivia people, what did they have that helped them win besides a big brain? Lots of trivial information. <laughs> I mean, really, do they? Yeah, I guess lots of trivia information. Um, do really they have a buzzer? How do they actually do the trivia game, Jan? Do they just take turns, somebody ask questions to every table? Or the first one to put their hands up? How do they actually run the game? Well, okay, Dan Hughes thought that this year the questions were a little easier, but I think most people didn't think they really were. It, it's a round of categories with 10 questions, mm-hmm. and each team amongst themselves has to write down the answer to each question and then turn it in, and then he'll give you the answers, and Martin and Terry add up the scores. One was... Uh, he named 1950 to 51 radio season, named the top 10 shows. Holy cats. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty tough. Okay. One of them was the opening lines of famous 20th century novels or books. Oh, <laughs> okay. Hello? One was about songs, a song lyrics. He would list the song lyrics and then leave them blank, and you have to fill in the next two words. Okay. Gee, okay. Some were miscellaneous radio questions. Um, I think there were some movie questions, but there were like five or six categories. So, and Dan thought this was easier this year, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Could you tell me what movies have to do with old-time radio? Well, it's nostalgia. It's a nostalgia convention, not just strictly old-time radio. So you kind of have to expand a little bit, which really taxes hmm. your brains and makes it fun, sort of. All in all, can't it's can't fun. Can't what's not in there. So what time did the Trivia Bowl wrap up about on fr- Friday night? Quarter to ten or ten or so, somewhere around that time. Uh-huh. And then, as usual, what happens after the convention, Walden? They all hang out downstairs at the bar area. That is correct. So that's what happened. Okay. And people visit, and some people go to bed early, and the crowd dwindles. So what time did you, what time did you talk to them? <sighs> I'm ashamed to admit it was about a quarter after three. Wow, Chad! Well, you go for it, guy. Wow. Martin Grams and I were the last holdouts, the two youngest people, almost. Wow. Well, Very you, excellent. You know, you two, you two have been working on a little ranger project, so you guys have stuff to talk about. Mm, well, okay, not exactly. <laughs> I just did a little leg work for him, and he took it and ran with it, and he found some more people and information or lack of information 
a few more people that claim that their parents were the Lone Ranger. So, I think he told me on the interview, I'm going to play them all, he got four people claiming that their dad was the Lone Ranger in Nebraska or something. Yeah, that's what he told me. <laughs> so he's trying to debug all that. That, good, that. That's going to be an interesting challenge. Yeah, good luck. Yes. <laughs> yes. So well, These are kids who grew up looking for a hero, yep. <clears throat> and Dad said, well, I was the Lone Ranger, and it just kept going. <laughs> Gee, willikers. So That's what time funny. did you wake up Saturday morning, Chad, or this morning, actually? Oh, 7.30. So I got about four hours of sleep. Holy cats, okay. <laughs> Good to be young, I guess. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when. <laughs> oh, so did you go downstairs and ha did anybody have breakfast when you showed up, or were they already gone for the day? Well, okay, I'll back up a little bit. Okay. Thursday evening was the meet and greet. Yeah. Nice thing they did is they had finger foods. There's food there you could eat. Right. Compliments of the convention. So, this morning, no, Saturday morning. Yeah. They had a kind of a breakfast, complimentary breakfast there that anybody could have. So that's what people did. They gathered in the meal room and had breakfast. Ah. And what was after that? Oh, at 9 they had a youth audio theater workshop. And what did that actually mean? That was a good question. <laughs> okay. I, I showed up and there were I think there were two kids and a few other of the All Ears Theater group to kind of help. And um, they had part of a script of a show that they'd done, which was a fairy tale, Gold Bird. And um, the kids got some parts, and they kind of tested reading and acting, and the director kind of would give little pointers of things to do in acting, not just read it, to actually act it, to feel it. So kind of went through that a couple times. Mm -hmm. And that was the youth audio workshop. Okay. Then I had a rehearsal for um, suspense. So I missed the writers, the writing scripts for audio theater panel. Okay. Which I guess Joy Jackson, Mike Wheeler, Don Ramlow, and somebody else were on talking about writing. Okay. For radio. Break for lunch, which I was still full from breakfast, so I kind of skipped and okay. walked to the dealer's room. And then um, there was a performance of the suspense at 1.30. What suspense show was it? The Devil in the Summer House from 1942, I think, by John Dick Starr. It's not your usual suspense story. It's kind of stagey, a little slower, not as much music, just kind of a mystery in two acts. It's kind of interesting, but it's not your usual suspense. No, the early ones were different, have a different pacing all by themselves. Yeah, yes it was. And who, sh sh uh, were Beverly and Ivan in the cast, or was it locals, or what was the casting like? Beverly and Ivan were the stars, and then there was local casting. Okay. They did a good job, and kind of spooky because there's a lot of thunder and lightning going on during it. And uh, the highlight for some of the people 
was towards the end of it, since I was playing music, I was playing four parts with two hands, some lead weight, and my nose. <laughs> okay. Why were you doing that? To make it sound as authentic of a suspense theme as possible. With the lead weight on your nose? No, the lead weights are on four notes in the upper register of the keyboard. Okay. That are notes that are sustained. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Okay. If you listen to it, you can hear what I mean. Yeah. And then my hands were playing the melody and the bass, the spooky part, and the, the part in the middle, which is kind of just arpeggios going up and down. And then my nose played the chimes. <laughs> How long did they take you to create this ensemble? Well, actually, I'd done it a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. I'd used a pedal board, and I'd used my feet. Okay. But I wasn't sure if the pedal board would survive the bus trip, so I didn't bring it. Okay. So I consolidated and used my nose. Wow. <laughs> wow. Apparently, we had an interesting time here. Somebody got video of it, so I'd like to see that sometime. Oh, it'll be on YouTube channel. Once we post it, everybody, we'll, we'll spread the word. We'll, we'll have Chad give Dave from Chicago run for his money on the YouTube championship. Sure. Whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> so what was, oh after my goodness. what was after suspense? They did a recreation of the Falcon. Mm -hmm. I don't remember which show it was, but that was just the the convention attendees only. Okay. Stars. It was kind of a campy show, but I'm learning to like it. I've listened to several over the last couple of weeks, and it's okay. I always it's, thought it's, the, the opening the opening's always the same. Hello, Angel. Yes, Angel. <laughs> yes, yes. i got to skip our date tonight. Yeah. Oh, dear. Another angel out on the rocks. Poor thing. But anyway, I, it really it has a hokey beginning. Mm -hmm. It frequently has a hokey story, but and I'm I, not sure. And yeah. I love listening to the gangsters because they all have this. There are all these New York actors who play these, these gangster parts in the show. Yes. Well, in this yes. case, they were mostly people from Michigan, so they sounded a little different. <laughs> I bet they did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So you get you have to explain to me. Why I like it, or I'm learning to like it. It's still campy, it's still hokey, uh, and I still am warming up to it. I like campy material. Yeah, I, I like do too. See, I I like the shadow from after the war. That 46. A lot of people think that's really campy. I don't know. It's just, it's so formula, but I love you know. Margot get kidnapped. Margot screams. The shadow finds her. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. You stay here, Margo, and give me the signal. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Some of these are really fun. So, what would have to suspense, Chad? The Falcon. The Falcon, okay. Then the Falcon was local. There was an interview with Beverly Washburn. Okay. And she talked about getting started and the high points, you know, Jack Benny, Loretta mm -hmm. Young, Star Trek. Right. Always seems to be a favorite. Right. And um, 
Oh, then there was a, so we did a rehearsal, a little short Jack Benny skit, and then the Burns and Allen, and I'll show you about that later. Okay. When the performance came. After that, we did a very quick rehearsal, it seemed, because we had a half hour to do that, and then at 5 o'clock, there was a special, they called it a barbecue, it was more like a buffet with hamburgers and hot dogs and stuff like that. Ah. Yum. Was it inside the hotel? Was it outside, or how did they do it? Yeah, it was inside. Okay. And then sit and visit. And then the performance at seven was a recreation of Dragnet by just the All Ears Theater Group. Okay. And I don't remember which one they did. And that's Don Ramos group, everybody, the one that does the uh, weekly radio show on a station in Michigan. Yeah, and that was one. The Dragnet and the Falcon shows, um, he used his regular musician, right. the one who did the uh, music composing panel the day before. So that made it easier on me. I only had to do three shows. That's true. Do they use the same type of keyboard as you do, Chad, or what, are there any different, different equipment they bring in compared to what you did? He had his own keyboard, mm-hmm. which is a... I don't know what kind it was, but he used all the preset sounds that the keyboard has. Okay. Like a Hammond B3 string, xylophone, marimba, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I just used the theater organ that I have on my tablet. Right. And then we had the Burns and Allen with the Jack Benny before it. Which, Jack Benny is tough. The one really good thing about it is there was somebody, this was his first year, he was a record collector and not really big into old-time radio until recently. And he did a really good imitation of the racetrack out. Oh, wow. I mean, really good. Yeah. And Was it local people who played the other parts in the, in the Betty show? Mostly. Okay. Some from Chicago, some from Michigan, some from Illinois, and nobody was brave enough to try a Jack Benny, so I think somebody was kind of volunteered to do it. Okay. Okay. He did a a pretty good job. Uh I mean, Jack Benny's hard to imitate. I know. And then the Burns and Allen, with guess who playing who? Beverly playing Gracie? Yes. Ivan playing George? Yes. But they didn't do imitations. Okay. Ivan just did his thing. Okay. And Beverly did... <laughs> her, her thing. Her thing. Yes. It's not George and Gracie, but it was good because they each did their own interpretation. And that was fun and funny. Yeah. Well, and a professional, so you know they can... Oh, yes. Yeah, make it work. And it's the one where... Uh, Gracie decides to be a detective and solve crimes. Oh, yes. So, yeah, that was fun. The Sam Spade one, yeah. Yes, yes. I remember that only because it's one that I typed up for either Spurdback or Reps. I don't know which one. We did it for Reps. For Reps, yes. And it was good. It was really good. It had me giggling as I was typing. 
Yeah, we're open with our listeners, the Tall Man Video Show. Yep. Besides, what are we going to call George? <laughs> the middle-aged spread man, the short man. Mm-hmm. So that was good. So did you play music for that, too? Oh, yes, I did, yeah. That's the one that I should have played Meredith Wilson, but it would have been difficult right. with the music and then getting the microphone. And then they just had a few closing remarks, and I guess they're going to have a convention next year. So with the audience about the same as last year, what, what do you think the audience size was, Chad? I was trying to remember for sure what it was last year. It seemed like it was down a little bit. Okay. Um, so they're going to try for next year, and they welcome any suggestions people had, ideas, things they liked things they didn't like, things, suggestions people might have. And then everybody did what they usually do after the convention again. Went down to the bar and, and talked. Yep. Until they closed <laughs> the bar and kicked everybody out. So did you, <laughs> did you and Martin Graham close it up again tonight? He, me, Steve Jansen, and somebody else. Kind of all of us broke apart at the same time. <laughs> so there's no Sunday special get-together. Everybody's going to be on their own. No no goodbye breakfast or anything. You guys are hitting the road and gone out yeah. the door. There'll probably still be a few people that are kind of gathered for breakfast, but okay. nothing formal. Because yeah, it's just a day to be going home mostly. So what did you like about Kalamazoo? What, what's, what's the nice... Best part of the convention is it the getting together with people. What 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 do you think the best part is? Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. You do have some of that at the other conventions. Mm-hmm. I did like the fact that this was not nearly as hectic as reps. A- 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 amen. Yeah, it's not right. There's only six shows instead of sixteen. Yeah, and this time they had three different three or four different directors, because I worked with three directors this time. Right. So they spread the workload out more. Good. And I think Beverly and Ivan like that, too. It's not rushed. Yep, I agree. It's a little more relaxed. I agree. And there were these little touches with the breakfast, and then they had snacks during the trivia, and then the barbecue thing. And, oh, they had the live musician in the bar tonight. Oh, Another thing, mm-hmm. just before the recreation, a bunch of people kind of gathered around the television to watch the Kentucky Derby, which fortunately <laughs> finished before the recreation. <laughs> and I think one of the Chicago people had bet on one of the horses, the one that won. Oh, wow. He was happy. Oh, wow. Well. How many dollars did he go home with? I don't know. He probably didn't tell. <laughs> no, seriously, he probably didn't. You gotta pay taxes on that stuff. You gotta. Little anecdote. You must yes. Ta- uh, Steve Jansen invented a word this week. He invented a word? Yes, he invented a portmanteau. What does oh. that mean? combination of a couple different words. Ah. 
the combination is pretentious. No. Uh, what was it? Incredulous. Okay. And pretending. Are you really incredulous? Are you pretending to be incredulous? Are you pretendulous? <laughs> okay. Funny thing. It's an interesting. No, it's um, an interesting pairing of words. Use it in a sentence. Funny things happen. You're telling me? I can't even remember it. <laughs> I'm sorry. We forgot it. I'm not very good at that. Hmm? We forgot what the word was a couple times and had to reconstruct it. I see. What it was. Yeah. Well, one was pretentious, and the other one was incredulous. And I just want to make sure that incredulous was used appropriately. Pretentious. I noticed uh, when I look at the Kalamazoo web, they were charging, uh, charging people for the dealer's room. Did they have people go through, or was that pretty? Was that pretty quiet? The time, the two times you dropped by, was it a lot of traffic, or was it pretty quiet? Well, I stopped by a few times, and there'd be a handful of people or a couple of people. It was kind of quiet. Okay. Be a whole lot of people in there at times. And um, I discovered that Martin Graham can tell you the color of a cover of his DVD, of his DVDs, and also the color of the lettering. So, and also the. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I missed that last part about the letter. Okay, I was standing there, and he said he knew his DVDs so well. I said, okay, what is the color of the DVD cover for this movie? Ah, okay. And he wasn't looking at it, and he could tell me the color of the cover and the color of the lettering on the cover. Yeah, he and I were talking about that this week, that he has it grouped everything by colors. So, so he, by categories or topics on a dealer table, so when somebody comes up, he can tell them where, where to look. Or he can find it quickly that way. He he does that on purpose. And he said he doesn't know how he knows which title goes which with which color, but he he knows. He must go by his gut instincts, I guess. Yeah, it's like when you listen to radio shows mm -hmm. and people ask you a question and you say, "Oh, I know the answer. I don't know how I know, but I do know." In my mind, I I I will think of colors. I will associate certain colors with certain things. Even though I haven't seen it in forty years, I I will assign something a red or a blue or something in my mind's eye. So, you know, just what I what sort of what I do. And I got to hear Ivan Curry play the harmonica a few times. And what do you think? It's always fun. Ah. He's always good. So you, could you accompany him? Didn't try. So I asked him to play a few songs. I stumped him a couple times. Okay. He stumped me a couple times. Okay. <laughs> but I think 
something should be done at a convention that takes advantage of his harmonica playing more. Okay, I know we've done it twice. Uh, we Mike uh, Curley? Uh, yeah, my client Curley at Spurvac. And then the other time we did a comedy show at Duffy's Tavern where the harmonica player uh, is, is the featured star. So we had Ivan play that. That way he could play a harmonica solo. Because he's just really good. Yeah. Well, maybe we could create a little orchestra. You know, Ivan and Chad on the road to Kalamazoo. <laughs> you keep working on that. Oh gosh! So, was the the audience makeup was it was it about the same as a normal old time radio convention? Were there some, as you say, was you and Martin with the youngest? So was it, did it skew a little older? What what was your gut hunch in terms of the crowd? As far as average age. Well, what did you feel? Did you feel like it was a, the same as, let's say, Cincinnati? Used to be, or was it a little older? What What was your gut hunch? Pretty much about the same okay. group, and similar to Reps and Spurvac. Okay. Although I think there may be a few more younger people at Reps. Okay. I can't remember Spurvac for sure. Right. So, are you glad you made the big trip out? Yes. Yes, meeting, it's like they say, it's kind of like a family. Yeah, it's a family reunion. Yep, with people and yeah. visiting. So, yeah. So, did you buy anything in, in the vendor store? Uh, yes. Um, I bought two or three things. Okay. So, I don't have too much space in my suitcase. No, I didn't think you would. Yeah. I got um, Bob Burnham's technical guide to re-recording radio shows or trans uh, digitizing them or whatever that okay whatever that book was mm-hmm. and then I got a movie from Martin Grams of Ingrid Bergman's uh, a one woman stage show that she did in the late 60s huh okay The Human Voice okay which sounds interesting so that's all I got. <laughs> Not bad. Any other questions? No, I can't. I'm trying to think of. You covered a whole lot of stuff. So are you tired? Actually, I was getting kind of sleepy in the middle of the Dragnet recreation since I was sitting there. <laughs> After that, and you get up or yeah. moving and visiting. Not so much. I'm not horribly sleepy right now, but... I will be soon, I'm sure. I've done that. I've slept through a few recreations in my lifetime. I didn't sleep through it, though. No, but see, you you were were nicer to the audience than I probably were. I probably just dozed off completely. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, Chad, I think you ought to go to bed. Uh, Okay, I will. I think I think you've earned it. And thank you for the rundown. That was really fun. You did great, Chad. Okay, I'll talk to you later, and I'll do my official sign-off if you're ready. We're ready. <coughs> this 
is your roving reporter, Chad Belize, signing off from the second annual Great Lakes Nostalgia Convention in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Thank you, Chad Belize. Okay, bye. I, I have I have to say, hold on just a minute. <clears throat> I just checked my email. I've got one from Chad. He says, tell Walden to open the phone. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. <laughs> you have a good night and a safe trip. Be safe, Chad. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night. Uh, I was hoping he would call. I didn't expect him to be calling so late. So. No, this is out of, out of what? Out of character? No, that's well, not right. No, I, out of rhythm. Out of rhythm. You know, he's in the tree. He normally go. He's normally not in the tree at the time of the night. That's right. <laughs> I think, as oh, Green points it out, I think Dave King was a little surprised when you told him the story two weeks ago about Chad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we... we well, sorry, I don't know if he, he has... He was it. surprised, I don't know. but... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, my dear. Go. Oh, he, he was surprised, he said, but he didn't tell us which part surprised him. I know the age did. Well, I know that, he, that we had any listeners that would do that for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an unbelievable story. It's unique. We are a unique family here. We, we're a little different. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay. Yes, we are. It's five after yes. three. So oh, yeah. Do you want to get through some questions tonight? You want to go to bed now? What would you like to do, my dear? Well, we could do some I would see if I if I say I'd like to go to bed, then I can save all of this stuff. Yes, you can. Next week. And I can but play. I, I, I can play some more. I can play some more radio stuff. So whatever you want. Oh, do. it's okay. I have a Snoopy question for you. Perfect. Okay. What was Snoopy's mother's name? Do I know? Not in a heartbeat. Well, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. What? Hortense. I don't think that's right. Hortense, no. <laughs> nope, it wasn't. Uh, it's a surprising name. For me, anyway, it was a surprise. Was it Margaret? No, it was Missy. Oh, uh, that rings a bell for some reason. I don't. I would never get that tonight. Missy. I like that. that. That's a nice name for a dog. Yeah, Missy. M-I-S-S-Y. Missy, that's um, a very nice name for a doggy. I agree. I now, agree. What was Snoopy's dad's name? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing it out. I don't have a clue. Okay, so that's a future question to research. <laughs> so uh -oh. sometimes, you know, um, they don't put these things out for us to know. Well, I guess we're going to contact the peanut people and find out. Why not? Yeah, do they have a Peanuts Museum yet? They sure do. <gasps> really? Oh, yeah. They have the Charles Schultz Museum in Santa Rosa, California. Hmm. My mom's been there. That's why I buy you little books for you from the Charles Schultz Museum. And they are such good books. Oh, I'm glad. Oh, they are so much fun. And when I'm finished thumbing through them, mm -hmm. I put them in a plastic, a, a, a big plastic bag. Mm hmm so that they would stay protected. Thank you, me. They're so popular. They issue two of them a year. 
and I haven't, wow. uh, I missed a bunch because some, you know, certain last time I get around to buying something, they've already skipped through, or, or uh, they don't, and they, their back issues, they run up, they run out of them, and they, they don't go around to reprinting the back issues, so that's why I'm a little sporadic, but my mom found the first several volumes a little unusual, because it's not the snoopy drawing she grew up with. No. And so, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know when Snoopy sort of got normalized, maybe by the 60s, I guess. I don't know. But Yeah, I'll have to look at the book. Yeah, I'll have to look at the book. So we, in the first volume, everybody came first, I think, like, 50 to 53. And then I think the next one is two years, like 54 and 55. So I'm not, I think Mom said by the third or fourth volume, it's sort of where it's sort of, it's sort of where you recognize Snoopy and Charlie mm-hmm. and Linus. And yeah. All our little friends. I think it was a gradual change. It wasn't suddenly one day uh, Charles Schultz got up and said, well, we have to make him different. It, it was an evolution. And we finally wound up with the ones we know and love. Wouldn't that have been an interesting way to make a living? Oh, I just draw. I draw for a living. You mean uh, being Snoopy's cartoonist? Yes. I can't do stuff like that. But wouldn't wouldn't you have loved to have that skill? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe I could go to cartoon school. That would be fun. Maybe you could write the handbook. The, the handbook, how to, how to draw for a living. <laughs> See, your creativity is just bursting tonight. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh, oh, you're waiting for me to answer. Let me go through your questions. Okay. So everybody, right. we're, Which we're gonna just keep it Patricia and I the rest of the way. That way, because last week we didn't get to that. And we, no, we, we, we didn't. We, we were blessed. We had Tom last last Saturday night, mm-hmm. and we had Chad. So we we did good. We did really good. Okay, so which one would you like? My super duper baseball question. Ooh, let me skim right down here. Mm, come on, I know it's coming up. Oh dear, let me see. I have so many answers to some of these. Your baseball question, here it is. Okay. <clears throat> On April 29, 1986, Roger Clemens did something for the Boston Red Sox. What did he do? I think he struck out 20 batters in a game. He had 20 batters in a game, yes. He struck them out, and ten years later, he did it again. Yeah, yeah pretty amazing. That's amazing. Yes, it is. It is. I don't know anything about Roger Clemens except his name. Was he a nice guy? He was a hard-throwing. Was he with a hard-throwing picture from Texas? Who mm-hmm. was a, some, a really strong competitor, and he picked it. A long, many, many years with Boston and then eventually with, with the Yankees in Houston, and he won like several Cy Youngs. I've forgotten how many Cy Youngs, but uh, he, wow. was, he was known to be a strong competitor. 
really, really fierce. Fierce. Mm-hmm. Meaning he played to win. He played to win. He didn't play to play. He played to win. He played to win. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I like those kind of people sometimes. Yeah, but see, I, I think you're a kinder, gentler person. Oh, the, yeah. No, I just like to be around them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm not, you know, win or nothing. No, 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 no. no. no, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The, the keep of friendship, I would think my adorable one would be happy to lose. I, I check her game once in a while. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. And there are some things more important than friendship, but baseball isn't one of them. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything more important than friendship. Family? Hmm. I guess your faith, your, you know, but it's, it's all very important. I'd rather... Keep friends and then win or mm-hmm. do a lot of things. I guess you don't want to betray a friendship. You don't want to, you know. No, I mean, friendship friendships are important. It, it, and there's the old saying. I I'm pretty sure everybody Patricia don't have as many friends as Madonna has. What what the old when oh. <laughs> <laughs> When I read Madonna had, at her wedding, yes. they had 400 of their most intimate friends. Yes. 400. <laughs> I wonder how long it took her, took her to go through the line. How do you do? You're such a good friend. How do you do? You're such a good friend. How, how do you think she, how long would it take to go through 400 that way? Well, I guess you could cut that lower because you would be... Unless she did too, you would be um, including the husband with the wives, mm-hmm. or the wives with the husbands. I would say at least an hour in the reception line, but I would think the dinner would take three or four hours by itself. <laughs> I dropped you again. Are you there? I'm here. Okay, you, I, you're I, on the floor again. Yeah, I think. I think the re- the reception line lasts an hour. Dinner lasts three or four hours. You know, wouldn't you want to? I have think I think mm-hmm. I think you're more generous than it should be on the <clears throat> reception. I think it would take at least two to three hours. Well, somebody I, always wants to stop and talk. Okay. Well, now I'm pretty sure. When you host your next big party. Yeah. <laughs> With the guests sleeping in the bathtub, yes. <laughs> We're not having four, 400 of your most intimate friends over for, for uh, you know, for a, buffet, <laughs> for a buffet dinner, right? Yeah, buffet is good. <coughs> it makes a good wedding deal because mm-hmm. you pay for the buffet. You don't pay per person. And then if nobody shows up for from an invitation, that's okay. We got plenty of food, you know, and it's um it's it's a good thing. People get to choose what they like. Better well. than try k- taking orders. So yeah, I like that. So would you invite 400 of your most intimate friends over for a buffet, a, a, a private buffet dinner at the apartment? 
I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, unless people are willing to stand up in the in the bathtub. And I've got enough room for two people in the closet. They have to be a little accommodating, but <laughs> they can have two people. And actually, I guess if I took all my clothes out, where would I put them, though? Uh, on, on, in the lanai? I don't think so. Okay. It's got dirt out there. And I haven't even had a chance, I haven't been able to, never mind a chance, to go out and sweep the lanai and... And everything like that there. So that's all out, that's off the list. That's a future project. That's a future project. I mean, it's not a big deal, but it does take a while. Yeah. And um, when I'm able to move without falling down, then I will be able to do it. So everybody, the next big blowout Patricia hosts will probably be in that park. I don't think it will be in her apartment. I don't think so. The park is nice. I don't know if we would have to get permission to do that. I have to get permission for everything yeah, now. Yeah. Well, mm. when I was just thinking when you would go down to your grandmother's place at the beach, your grandmother's mm-hmm. place at the beach, what would the most people would be there? Like, would <laughs> you, in other words, did you, I kick you know, I know how you are. So, yeah. So, I... I think you prefer small, intimate group settings rather than a oh yes, yes, yes. Rather than six hundred of your closest friends coming over <laughs> to the beach. Rather than a bash, yeah. When <clears throat> it it is a cute thing because when my father and my grandfather would go out walking on the beach, mm-hmm. they would come back and say, "You won't believe it. We saw somebody on the beach tonight. A person," and that was a big deal. On the beach. Oh dear. Oh dear, what? That's pretty amazing. That it is. Yeah. It is, and the the closest house to us was at least I would say at least a block away. Isn't that a hoot? That's a pretty amazing. It's not like it is. It is when you think about it. I mean, yeah. you can't even get to the beach now no. without a pass. No. This is on an island where people own houses. I mean, it's, it's just unreal. Okay, what's next? My colonial question, please. Ooh, ooh, I'm sure we have extras on. <coughs> I love the way you say ooh, ooh. You, you do it so cutely. Ooh, ooh, Very like good. that? Very good. Now, uh, your colonial question. What was the original name of New York City before it was taken by the English in 1644? What was the original name? I know this. Walden is having a brain squeeze. Mm-hmm. Walter Hewson's son the song. 
from May to September. Knickerbocker. Knickerbocker. <laughs> no, that's that's a good try. It's one of the uh, basketball teams in New York. Mm-hmm. The original name of New York City before it was taken over by the British in 1664. So before 1664, what was the name of oh, New York City? I, I thought it was something like Dutch. It's a Dutch name. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Very good. I knew that. That's why I was thinking Knickerbocker. Uh, it's also a beer. Is it? Yeah. Which is a good answer. Maybe we stop by on our way out the door <laughs> tonight. <laughs> Knickerbocker. Knickerbocker. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I, I'm drawing a blank, my dear. New Amsterdam. New Amsterdam. I knew uh, <coughs> I would recognize it. Very good, my yeah. dear. New Amsterdam. And then when we got it back from the British, it became New York City. Actually, New York. New York, New York. Yes, yes, yes. It's a wonderful town. Excuse me, I, I have a cough. Hold right. on. <laughs> this is Yesterday USA. Next Saturday night, Patricia's going to be interviewing Tom Dreesen. We'll be talking a lot about his memories of Frank Sinatra, stand, doing stand-up comics. And I'd be disappointed if Patricia doesn't at least giggle waste once during the interview. We'll find out. We'll have an, really? We'll have an over and under how many times P- Patricia will giggle. You know, I say at least <laughs> at least once. You know. So okay, at least once. At least once. I can do that. You know. Mhm. And it has to be a sincere giggle. It can't be a forced giggle. It has to be a sincere giggle. A sincere one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to excuse myself for one minute. I'll okay. be right back. All right, everybody. Can you carry the load? You do that. I'll play. I'm gonna play a little bit of music, and that way give Patricia more than more than a few minutes here. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket, never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket, save it for a rainy day. For love may come and tap you on the shoulder some starless night. Just in case you feel you want to hold her, you'll have a pocket full of starlight. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket, never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket, save it for a rainy day. For love may come and tap you on the shoulder some starless night. And just in case you feel you want to hold her, you'll have a pocket full of starlight. Pocket full of starlight. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Never let it fade away. 
Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Save it for a rainy day. Troubles start multiplying And they just might It's easy to forget them without trying With just a pocket full of starlight Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Never let it fade away Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Save it for a rainy day Save it for a rainy day. Save it for a rainy day. Find a wheel and it goes round, round, round as it skims along with the happy sound as it goes along the ground, ground, ground till it leads you to the one you love. Then your love will hold you round, round, round in your heart's a song with a brand new sound and your head. Go spinning round, round, round Cause you found what you've been dreaming of In the night you see the oval moon Going round and round in tune And the ball of sun in the day Makes a girl and boy wanna say Find the ring and put it round, round, round And with ties so strong The two hearts are bound, put it on The one you found, found, found For you know that this is really love Find a wheel and it goes round, round, round As it skims along with a happy sound As it goes along the ground, ground, ground Till it leads you to the one you love Then your love, you hold around, round, round In your heart's a song with a brand new sound And your head goes spinning round, round, round Cause you found what you've been dreaming of In the night you see the over moon Going round and round in two And the ball of sun in the day Makes a girl and boy wanna say Find the ring and put it round, round, round And with ties so strong Your two hearts are bound, put it on The one you found, found, found For you know that this is really love Find the ring, put it on For you know that this is really love, really love
never forget the moment we kissed the night of the hayride. The way that we hugged to try to keep warm while taking the sleigh ride. Magic moments, memories we've been sharing. Magic moments when two hearts are caring. Time can't erase the memory of these magic moments filled with love. The telephone call that tied up the line for hours and hours. The Saturday dance, I got up the nerve to send you some flowers. Magic moments, memories we've been sharing. Magic moments, when two hearts are caring. Time can't such beautiful music and um, maybe because with my hearing loss what I appreciate so much I can understand every single word that a Perry oh. Como, a Bing Crosby, a Dean Martin in that mm-hmm. 40, I can I can understand every single and even today when I go to the, a modern even a, a modern church service or something that's featured, featured contemporary music and the style and the the mechanism makes it so hard for me to understand what people are saying. Yeah. It's just <coughs> so difficult for me to appreciate modern music because I, I have a hard time understanding the words. I wonder how many mainstream people, not not with a, a hearing issue or a vision issue, I wonder how many of them are just like you with the hearing on them on the on the songs and the garbled 
I, I can't understand it, Walden. Well, and also what they do now in churches, Patricia, they, they mm -hmm. put the words up on the screen. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, and I, she, she, it helps. It helps you, but boy, if they sing along or whatever. But for for I, it, so there might be an issue if they if they want to start putting the words up when somebody sings a song. It, it's it's Good it's, it's interesting. Good it's, thought. Yeah, it's interesting now that a lot of thermons are done with with the, uh, the one happens with PowerPoint presentations now. Things have, things have changed a lot, you know. Indeed. Um, but where's, where's our magical spark? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, with we my with, so badly. with my hearing loss issues, it's I just uh, maybe that's why I'm stuck in the 30s, 40s because I can understand all of them. You that's know. True. That's true. Anything from the 90s on, I'm lost. Yeah, I am lost. I don't. And, and I know it's part of the technique to put it in reverb or distort the voices or... Oh, I hate that. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> no. We don't get it together. No. Maybe that's our theme for next mm -hmm. week. Which songs have been awful <laughs> <laughs> and you can't understand? Mm -hmm. I think that's... I don't, what happened that... People stand up and they scream into a microphone. You don't have a clue what they're screaming. Well, absolutely. I mean, and let's face it. In the 60s, you had folk music. You could understand what Peter, Paul, and Mary are singing. Mm-hmm. You know, all those great folk singers, you could understand. Sure. Um, a lot of the, early, the, the country singers, I could understand them into the 70s. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a Willie Nelson, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, or mm -hmm. all those, all those uh, a Merle Haggard or a Glenn Campbell. I had no trouble with that, those singing styles. But no, but I that's probably a great question to ask our our audience: is who sort of started the trend of just distorting? The music, and I, I'm assuming it's from the rock age, but I'm I'm not a rock expert. I that's probably a Ken Golf question to ask Ken. When did that sort of that whole trend start? That you know they they blow, they blow out the amplifier that you can't understand what the words are saying. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I do not know either. You know? It's frustrating because mm -hmm. somewhere in each of them is a message, but the message is so messed up. Mm -hmm. Tangled yeah. up in words. And, it's, it's, and, yeah. I, and I, I like, I, I like lyrics and I like a, I like to, you know, I like a melody and a lyrics. Yeah. You know, that's, I know that's a whole school. Like the jazz I like, the big band, it has a structure and a melody and a work. Mm -hmm. When it, what my mom calls nervous jazz or the bebop jazz, that's sort of what it lost a lot of us, I think. It would have become oh, gone. Yeah. individualistic and they're just sort of just weaned away and there's no organization skills. That's just, that's just hard to me. It, I'm, maybe because I'm so, I like some form of structure. 
I agree. Just pick up with five members of a group, and one has started it, and then other people come in one at a time. And forgive me, any jazz players out there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm trying to be so cool here. But, you know, to each his own, as Baldwin says, I can't understand how five different instruments can get together and play their own music, their own music, and try to make it come out that the average person can understand it. I can't. And Patricia's a music lover. She loves her music. I really do. You do love your music. But I call a halt when (laughs) when they started moving away from traditional jazz. I had such a good time with the music I put together or collected Mm -hmm. for uh, Ron in Hawaii. And as I was adding and adding and adding, I took some time to listen to some of these. They were wonderful, just wonderful. (laughs) And I'm saying, are you sure that's jazz? (laughs) And it was. I mean, it just wasn't the stuff that I was accustomed to not listening to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess is the best way to put it. It was just wonderful. That's why I've always enjoyed classical music, because I think it's just it's just amazing to me when you get 40 to 50 pieces or whatever in sync like that. I, I think mm-hmm. that's an incredible, yes. it's incredible magic to think about that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just terrific. Yeah. What was my magic one day was when someone explained the role of the orchestra leader. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, you look at him and say, you know, I know you put this together, but waving your arms doesn't do much for me. <laughs> and he's actually calling in sections of the orchestra because they're on different, you know, all the way to the extreme. It might be 40 feet between them. And when one section plays and it's the next section's turn, the orchestra leader will just give them a signal it's your time because they can't time themselves to the other side. There's so much space in between them. I never thought about that, but that's a great point. So he's he's timing his signal mm-hmm. according to where they belong in the entire presentation. And I thought that was really cool. That lent some meaning mm-hmm. to the to the, the time waving. Sure as opposed just to, you know, an extra flourish. And it wasn't at all. It had a very serious purpose, or has. That's Patricia's next career. She'll be conducting the Philharmonic Orchestra of the state of Florida next week. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Really? Sure. You love music? I think you'd be a wonderful conductor. Who 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 is going to put up with me on my learning curve? We we have to put the you, net you, out. You don't think? <laughs> I I thought we just work. We'll just start from the top. Oh. Well, I'll take that into consideration. We'll start off. We'll start at the net. What do you think? Really? Sure. 
I need to have okay. a, I need you once I want you to have a living wage that you conduct these horses <laughs> Don't think I would earn a living wage at this. It would take a little time. Oh dear. Okay, is this guy this is the group okay. Get in, get in, get in. You stop over there. Get in, get in. <laughs> That's what all the flourishes mean. He's giving directions to different sections of the uh, of the orchestra. I thought that was pretty interesting. Very nice. I never thought of it that no terms. I never thought of it. Period. Other than, um, he just stands there. Are you are you out there? Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I I really thought it was a theatrical presentation, and then I found out it wasn't, and then I found out why it wasn't, <laughs> and that was that was very cool. Wow. I I learned something that night. I don't know where I found it either. Oh well, what question do you want next? I would like my presidential quote, please. Your presidential quote. Mm -hmm. All right. Forgive me if I already gave you this one. I repeat them so many times in my head before I put them in my notes. Um, when Rutherford B. Hayes was still in the human, the Union Army, Cincinnati Republican ran him. Yeah, Cincinnati Republicans ran him for the House of Representatives. Let me do this again. All these words are kind of mushing together. When Rutherford B. Hayes was still in the Union Army, Cincinnati Republicans ran him for the House of Representatives. He accepted the nom nomination but would not campaign. He said, an officer fit for duty who... <laughs> Oh, at this crisis, would okay. let me give you this again: an officer fit for duty, who at this crisis would abandon his post to electioneer, ought to be scalped. Wow, I never knew this one, Patricia. Well, you shouldn't have known it now. But I've never heard of it. I never knew anything about that. I never did either. Wow, that's, that's but see, I was supposed to ask you. I was supposed to ask you which president said. I'm going to say. And I didn't. I'm going to say Rutherford B. Hayes. You are absolutely correct. That's because I gave you the answer. Well, that's okay. I learned something. <laughs> I would, I would never get that in a million years. Well, um, that's good because <laughs> that when Rutherford B. Hayes was still in the Human <laughs> Army, um, I'm really hot tonight. <laughs> Wonderful. You've been terrific uh, all you've been terrific all night. Yeah. Uh, you don't give yourself enough credit. You've been perfect. Well, not quite perfect. I think but so. Acceptable. I would I would I would accept acceptable. You you you, you are you mm -hmm. you are ninety eight percent perfect tonight. Hmm. You are. Let's see what our family says about that. Family? Um, if you think Patricia's yeah. perfect, send her an email, floridawriter <laughs> at hotmail.com. If you don't think she's per uh, a for imperfect, send me the email and I'll never show it to her. So send it to Walden Hughes at com. How am I going to improve myself? I'm going to tell you you're the best. 
how am I going to improve myself if people don't say, I'll give, boy, I'll, this is really a I'm mess gonna, for I you. I will go buy you some carrots and feed you carrots or something. Oh, you know, I went through my freezer, too, and? while we were on break. Yep. I don't have any carrots. Oh, dear. This is going to be a mystery all week. I'll have to go look under chairs. You never know where these people I put know. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. I mean, really? Really? This goes back to my public experience. <laughs> Where's my frozen food? <laughs> it will take care of it. Have you, called, have you called the grocery store? Maybe they kept them. No, they'll give them. No, no, no. <laughs> couldn't be. <clears throat> they would just give me more. And that wouldn't be fair. Because I can lose stuff a lot. Well. A lot. Well, you 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 are special, my dear. What can I say? Okay. You are. <laughs> okay. You are. Okay. Yes, you, I'm different. You, this you, is correct. You don't you don't sound convinced, my dear. No. Why when not? I find my yeah. when I find my carrots, then you can tell me if I were if I had been good. Yes. Or kind of dopey because I l overlooked my carrots. <laughs> well, I am not concerned. I, I know they're, they're either in the apartment or not in the apartment. They're either w one or the <laughs> That's other. That's very good. <laughs> May I quote you on that? <laughs> oh, gee willikers. Oh, gee willikers. Okay. <laughs> now that I gave you one answer, <laughs> say brother for behavior. <laughs> My oh, late, okay. How about my lady first quote or quite stuff like your, that? There. Your lady quote. Hold on just a minute. This is just the uh, USA. That's the adorable one. The one I've been blessed I and honored to be with for s over seven and a half years. She's been a wonderful blessing in my life, and I hope she's have been for you. It would not be the same without the adorable one. Just want to put that in quote. Well, that is really nice. And I am celebrating a anniversary this week. What? It's been 15 years since I had my own home studio here at the house. <gasps> really? Yeah, Bill, it was up and running. My first show was Friday, May 4th, 2002. My own little studio here, so. 15 wow. years. Yeah. That's a wowzer. Yeah. And do you know what I forgot today? This was the anniversary of the crash of the Hindenburg. We played some of that. We played a lot of it last night, so you you were good. I, would, I was clear on that one? Yeah, yeah I took care of that. I took <laughs> I've care, been forgiven? Yeah, I took care of that for you last night. So you, you, oh, thank you so good. much. Yes, thank you. Yes. And it was on May 6th, 1937. Just want you to remember that I did remember it. A week finally. from oh, on the 14th, we're going to be looking back upon uh, probably going to be at least a three-part special on the cr uh, of the crown and when the uh, the queen father took over the crown in 1937, and that was a seven-hour broadcast. Wow! The whole ceremony. And that was after <coughs> that was after the advocation. The abdication, yes. yes. I'm trying it. Was it Edward? Edward yes. and, uh -huh. um, yeah, Camille. Yep. <coughs> Not Camille. Wallace. Wallace. 
all this. Simpson. Yeah. The lady from Baltimore. Thank you. The lady, the Thank lady you. from Baltimore. Anyway. Is that where she was from? Uh huh. I did not know that. Yeah. Huh. Well, worked out for them okay. Sure did. Sure did. Well, I don't know about King George. Gee. It was a lot. He had, and I didn't know this, he had a profound stutter. I, I guess he, he kept it pretty quiet until fairly recently that his stutter was a major issue. It was a major issue, and I don't recall. It was very, for someone who does not stutter, it was a simplistic cure. Mm -hmm. But he would have conversations with people in Buckingham Palace. And um, that's how he trained himself to overcome it. I'm not sure he actually overcame it, but he learned to control it to a great degree. And um, boy, oh boy, what a challenge for him. Yeah. But he did it. He did it. He did it. Yep. Okay, what's next? Uh, First Lady whatever. <laughs> that isn't a whatever. <laughs> um. All right, I'm going to start from the beginning of this quote. Now, about those ghosts, I'm sure they're here, and I'm not half so alarmed at meeting up with them at any time as I am with having to meet and live with the nuts I have to meet every day. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I love that one. Jeez. Right down home. <laughs> Not half so alarmed at meeting up with any one of these as I am having to meet the live nuts. <laughs> I just can't imagine that's a quote that Eleanor Roosevelt would say. No. No. Well, you know, she was classy, but she had a good sense of what could mm -hmm. make people sit up and notice. Mm -hmm. It's not her, but I, I can understand yeah. why you would think about her. I think it go back a while, so, was, I, and I don't remember his first wife's name, it was, still, was it Mrs. Grover Cleveland? No. No. Was she kind of mouthy? No, I'm just trying to think, one, there was supposed to be a case when ghosts appeared in the White House, and that was sort of a whole big deal, a whole storyline. I'm trying to remember when that happened. I'm trying to remember my Mr. President radio show. Yeah. And one sighting was of President Lincoln mm -hmm. that I know about. I don't know any others because I are not smart like you. you. You're smarter than I am. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, I think so. You are one of the smartest. Oh. You're one of the smartest bunny rabbits I know on the face of the earth. That's good that I'm a rabbit. I was considering having having some rabbit food after we finished. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I know. I see. I prefer cooked carrots. So, so if you haven't checked with your with your uh, you know your manuals and everything, you could check the oven. Cause I like cooked carrots myself. Okay. If there are any left over, I'll cook them for you. <laughs> Assuming I find them. I thought I'd find them in the freezer, but they are not there. We're not offering, okay. a, we're not offering a prize, everybody, so if you know where they are, just be nice and send Patricia an email. 
I will say nice nice things about you. <laughs> okay. I, about I, ghosts. About ghosts. Teddy yes. Roosevelt. Mrs. Roosevelt. No. This is First Lady. Well, Mrs. Bet Truman. Mrs. It was Bess Truman. <laughs> I made it. I'll say she could come up with this. Meeting up with any of the ghosts as I am at having. She's more upset at meeting up with some of the ghosts as she was having to meet the live nuts (laughs) I have to meet every day. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, so what's next? My geography question. Ooh, this one is kind of interesting. Your geography question. Mm -hmm. I am going to name the five top the, the most populated countries in the world, and you have to tell me which one is number one. Okay. Okay? All right. Brazil, mm-hmm. China, okay. United States, okay. Canada, okay. Russia. Well, I thought I knew one, one that's even more popular than any of those. Well, of that, of that group, I would say China. I did, too, but it's not right. Wow. Brazil? Isn't that amazing? No. Yeah, I thought the most popular country in the world was like India. Um, mm. I guess it's Russia. It is Russia. Huh. And in order, they are Russia, Canada is number two, United States, China, Brazil. I never knew that. I would have put China in there as yeah. the number one. Yeah. Russia has 17 million people. Canada has 9 million, well, I'll say 10 million, it's 9.9. Mm-hmm. 10 million. The United States has 9.6 9. <laughs> million. China has 9, 9 million. Wow, okay, 9.5 million. And Brazil has 8.5 Five million. Never knew any of that. Well, look at the. I, I thought, wow, how could that be? And then I looked at Russia and thought, how much territory it covers. Right. I mean, it it actually dips down and and in one little peak, actually touches China. Pretty incredible. Yes, it is. Okay, so that's good. You got your geography question. Okay, so we're down to Stump Walden and Brain Teaser. Anything else? Any uh, other? I guess my presidential question. We haven't asked my no. Yeah, my presidential question is next. Presidential question. Okay. Um, this begins with Jimmy Carter was not the most exciting of presidents, but there was one remarkable thing about it. It was a claim he made. What was it? Oh, well, I think uh, he saw UFOs. Very good. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, what did he say? It's not, he didn't identify it as a UFO, excuse me, but he, it it actually qualified because it's an unidentified Mm -hmm. flying object. Mm -hmm. And indeed, that's what it was, but, uh, because nobody could identify. Right. However... That was it. Okay. Doo-dee-doo-doo. What's next? My brain teaser. 
Another brain teaser. Okay. This is fun. I liked this one. Every day, a cyclist crosses the border between Spain and France carrying a bag. No matter how much customs officials investigated him, they did not know what he was smuggling. Do you know? Air. <laughs> Air. <laughs> Oh, Walden, Walden, Walden. No, it was not smuggling air. <laughs> that would be an easy <laughs> trick. Jeez. <laughs> uh, the answer will make you sl- slap the side of your head and say, oh, of course. Uh, hit garbage? I couldn't get it. Hmm? Hit garbage? No, no. but he has, he's, he's on a bicycle and he crosses the border. And no matter how much customs officials investigate him, they do not know what he is smuggling. They can't find it. They have no oh, idea. Oh, he, he's smuggling bicycles. That's right. Oh. <laughs> you are sharp. I could not get that one. Well, no, you helped you, 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 you help me by reading through that one a couple of times, so thank you. Well, you're welcome, but I still don't know how you got it. Oh my goodness! No, I was I was flat out on that one. No, you helped me. I had no idea. You helped me. I wasn't creative enough. Okay, what have we got now? Your stump, Walden. That's it. I think this is a gimme, but I liked it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Who said I am the greatest living authority on Jack Benny? I have seen him reach for his pocketbook. No other living American can make that statement. <laughs> Who said that? Fred Allen? Of course. Oh, gee. <laughs> I thought that was fun. That's great. That was a fun one. That's great. Okay, is that the end? That's it. We have covered everything? We've done it. Well, let me see. Got to mark this one out. So, yes, okay. So this is good. Okay. Uh, First lady question. Baseball question and your geography question. Hmm. We're all finished. We done it. We went through our whole list. So that means you have to be prepared for next week. That's true. Or else you can just say However, that. I've been prepared on some of them. I know. Or else you can just say I mean, I'm I'm just too busy, Walt. What? Well you could say you know I'm just giving you your baseball question next week. That's all. Oh, and I do have extra baseball questions. See, you're prepared. I do, I do, I do. And I have extra presidential questions. You're prepared. Oh, my gosh. That's all I've got. Wait a minute. I thought I had a whole bunch more than that. Oh, oh that is not good. Oh, yes. Uh, did I say I've got extra baseball questions? Yep, you did. Oh, dear. I'm not doing so hot. But anyway, I will be back next week with a whole bunch of questions. Wonderful. I so, know. So are we ready to duck out? Yes. Okay. So Patricia and I will be here with everybody next week with our special guest, Tom Dreesen. So with that, my dear, I will say good morning to you. Good morning to you, too. It has now slid. It has slid. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that that's 
Australia. It has slight. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking about this stuff the other day. Um, if, if you, uh, yeah, drive, for example. Uh-huh. You can't say drive. You have to say drove. Right. How many, how many people who come to this country just sit down and cry when they're introduced to this language? And, and it's amazing how many have such a good handle on it. It's just incredible. It is. It is. So I have to figure out how to ask for the bathroom in Spanish. Where is Celeste when I need her? She's probably sleeping by now. Uh, I'll have to ask her next week. How do I get to the bathroom (laughs) in Mexico? Well, she'll be able to tell. I hope so. Good night, everybody. Thank you for being with us. We had an unusual show tonight again, which is pretty normal. Good night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. Good night, everybody. We love you all very, very much here on Yesterday USA. Jaws Professional. One. Six Tracy Five. Alt Tab. Five Eight. Alt Tab. Sound Forge Pro Eleven Point 